to Movie Movie, the movie podcast about movie movies, that is, <laughs> movies that are movies. Uh, my name is Garrett Smith. My name is Dan Scully. And uh, we are here with, uh, this is like actually close to being our one year anniversary as well. This is one of the early things we did when we started this podcast. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're a, past our one year anniversary. We, I, I know we are, yeah. but we are, this is our best of 2014, mm-hmm. our top tens. Uh, this is one of the early things we did in the podcast last year, was the best of 2013, mm-hmm. when uh, I had seen 12, 12 movies. movies. I want to I so call out and applaud you on, on your mad rush to see as oh, much yeah, as possible. I, I, I uh, crammed uh, oh, yeah. over the last uh, two months uh, so that I've got a list of, I want to say I saw about... I, I didn't get a final count. It's somewhere around 40. I saw okay. about 40 movies for 2014. You so want to know my count? I did my count. Please. As of last night, I'm at 83. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So you still saw twice as many movies as I did, which means last year you must have saw about eight times as many movies as I did. Last year was more for me a list of two movies I really hated and yeah. everything else I saw. <laughs> yeah. It was just a comprehensive list of everything you've seen. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, as we do this, we're joined by a guest tonight. Um, this is one of one of my best friends. Uh, we... Uh, our friendship was forged around lending movies to one another in high school. So, uh, introducing uh, Scott Pagnotti. Uh, hello, everyone, and you still have my Empire record. No, I gave oh, it no, back because no, yeah, I never watched it because I didn't, didn't want to see feel it. Like it. <laughs> yeah, because it's a stupid movie. I, what's funny is it's I've eventually seen it. And that movie's garbage. <laughs> yeah. So I made the right decision. I think uh, there was it. that one, uh, and we pointed out the fact that the dog on the front of the cover is just not in the movie it's at not all. In the movie, and then uh, there's what, a dog. Do you the remember other, the other the one? The first movie you lent me was Last Man Standing with uh, Bruce it? Willis, and you were like. Uh, and I remember the quote you said, and you said it to me because you and you you had a, a shave out of your eyebrow because you were Scarface for <laughs> Halloween and it still hadn't grown back. And you gave me Last Man Standing. You're like, this is really good, but it's kind of in that era where Bruce Willis wanted to show his ass all the time, so you got to deal with that. <laughs> it's like, and it was. <laughs> yeah, I thought uh, I thought it was gonna be the uh, Don't Move, Don't Speak, Don't Even Breath. Oh, Judgment yeah. Night. That is a great movie. Have you seen Judgment no, Night? No, I don't know what that uh, is. Uh, yo, get this: Oscar award-winning actor Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> Jeremy Piven, Penis Leary. I call him that because there's one N in his name. Who else was there? Uh, Estevez. Oh, yeah. Emilio Estevez. This sounds amazing. Is this the best movie ever made? It's a great movie, but on the cover of the, the I guess it was a tape that you let me. I believe it was a tape. Uh, maybe a DVD. Either back way, then? it was yeah. an old print, mm-hmm. and the, the, uh, uh, the, the tagline on it was something to the effect of, like, don't think, don't move. Don't even breath, because it just was. It made it through production without a single person being like, "Um, that doesn't say breathe." <laughs> but you know, so it goes. It was a good movie, though. Oh, I love that. Oh yeah, that's great. I love uh, how Jeremy Piven looks so much older in that than dude. He's, 20 got, years he's ago. got the best hair plugs in Hollywood. Yeah, because in the eighties, like PCU, he's fucking bald, like old man bald. When he's on Seinfeld, he's bald, and now he's just like hip entourage guy. He might just be Benjamin Button. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know how we how do, how do we start this thing. I don't really know because we so we we essentially have three top ten lists. I assume we just go ten, nine, eight through each of them. Yeah, pretty uh, much. I, I think from a from a little pre conversation, they're different enough that this is going to be interesting and fun. Oh yeah, but I, I mean I, it's it's going to be a, 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 a bit of a madhouse. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be crazy, which uh, is fine. But, but I, I think we should kick yes. it off by talking about 2014 as a whole. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I yeah. think that this was and I, the thing is, I say this every year where I go, sure. "Oh, it was a great year for movies." 
But when you think about it, like what kind of movies it was great for. For example, um, the one year that everybody claims is like a great year for movies, and I want to say it was 2012, the No Country year. Mm-hmm. Or was and that uh, 2010 even? Let's see. Oh, nine. I forget. I think you because that's the year of There Will Be Blood. There will be blood. Yeah, There Will Be Blood. No Country for Old Men. What else came out that year? Was that Children of Men in the Fountain as well? Was that no, all that Children year? Two thousand seven. Fuck. Was that Almost the year a of com- Was that the year of like the the dominant comedy year with Step Brothers, Pineapple Express? Uh, it might have been Howard and Kumar too. Like just forgetting Sarah Marshall. I think that was that was two thousand eight. Yeah, that was like that. But was, that's the thing though. That year was two thousand eight. Like that was a good year for comedy movies. Yeah, that was. There's the so many. Two thousand seven was a good year for. Uh, how should I put it? Uh, Independent directors making prestige pictures, you know, things like that. <laughs> yeah. And so this year, there's a lot of different things that we that we talked about in a previous episode. There's sure. a lot of stuff about surveillance. Yes, um, that's a big one. Literally, a, a a movie this year that's literally about surveillance that I saw was Citizen Four, mm-hmm. and it's just the footage of Edward Snowden uh, leaking his story to Glenn yeah. Greenwald. And uh, wow, now what's the filmmaker's name? Something Poitras. Either way. Surveillance is a big theme. Mm-hmm. General portrayal. Um, but I think it was a good year for independent movies. Yes, I would agree. It with was that. a good year for this blowback against franchise movies mm-hmm. of in, of uh, individual movies that aren't part of something bigger. A lot of good. And that's uh, what most of my original list, stories. Yes. Original stories. Yeah. That's what most of my list consists that's a good of. Question. I think most of mine is as well. Actually, yeah, almost exclusively. There's there's a couple of things on here that uh, fall out of that, but. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, we talked about this, I think, a little bit, and I, I do want to get into this. If we're going to talk about this. I in in um, sort of rampaging my way through 2014's movies here in the last month or two. Uh, I feel like I got an especially good glimpse at like what themes were working their way through all of 2014's movies. Mm. Uh, and I was talking about I want to write an article called um, uh, 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 "Doppelgangers: Identity Crises in the Age of Extinction." <laughs> Uh, because I think that those are essentially... Is the that just tr- a direct Transformers uh, yes. reference, Age of Extinction? Yes. <laughs> uh, be- because, uh, one, because I think that that movie was better than anybody gave it credit for, although not nearly on a top ten list. Uh, uh, and two, because that, that that's is... That's actually it. my number one. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually a, a big theme in this year's movies, I thought. Uh, and this is a bit of a pessimistic view of some movies that overall do try to have a more positive ending than this. But a theme across a lot of movies in 2014 was we're fucked. Like, we've already fucked things so far, there's not even a fixing them. See, I feel like I feel like that's been recent for a couple years. Yes. I mean, even just at, after, like, 2005, everything was quote-unquote post-apocalyptic. Yes. I think this year was a reaction to that, which is now that... It's almost like the Fight Club thing. Now that we've been reduced to rock bottom, yeah. the question is, who am I? Right. What do I represent? Yes. How do I represent myself? And how do I present myself? Yes. And that, I think, was hugely thematic. It, it but is. I don't want to say for what movies well, yet. I, I a know, million yeah. doppelgangers. The, the, I mean, there were so many doppelganger movies. It's 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 down to... This is my, my thing about it, which I think is so funny, is that there were so many doppelganger movies this year. Even the Muppets movie this year was a doppelganger story. <laughs> Uh, Nacho Vigalando's segment in VHS three. You told me was that. a uh, was a dual universes doppelganger mm-hmm. story, which we get a little bit of in some <laughs> of the other doppelganger stories that I think we're going to talk a, a little bit. About I have one on about. my list. Yeah, and, uh, um, I, I actually I have um, I have multiple doc, doppelganger right movies on. on my list. Uh, that was just a thing that I, I guess really grabbed me this year. <laughs> uh, and there, but there's even more than just doppelgangers. I realized uh, you know things like and these are sort of spoilers for some of these movies, but. Uh, the guest and open windows and some of these things have not necessarily doppelgangers, but an idea of who we are looking at is not who we perceive them to be. Oh, yeah. 
they, they, they have quite literally changed their identity for a variety of reasons, right? So there is a big question this year of who are we and, and how do we represent that to the rest of the world? Uh, but there was also, I also think there's this Age of Extinction thing, which I think plays out in a lot of movies too, which is just like, we fucking, it's over. Like, we really fucked it. We gotta, we need to think of other solutions other than how do we fix this? Uh, because that's not a solution at this point. That really, really ties into my number 10 movie. Uh-huh. Should I jump into it? Or are I, we allowed honestly, to jump into it? I think it? I'm ready to jump in it. other than let's let's throw out the caveats. And the caveats okay. are there are some movies that I'm I think... I'm sorry, I meant number nine movie. <laughs> okay. Uh, there, my oh, caveat... No, I have two caveats. One is uh, there's some movies I haven't seen yet that I think could rock this list. And I know one of them is a big one for you as well, Dan. Yes. Inherent Vice has not come out yet. I think that's a movie that could rock this list for, for me and Dan. I don't know. You as well, Scott? I actually uh, was going to say something earlier when yeah, you were saying um, about... Yeah, you should just interrupt us. Yeah, oh, just okay. jump rule. in. Um, yeah. Just well, go crazy. Because yeah. you brought up Inherent Vice, um, and that's what I was going to say. That's pretty much the only movie left that I'm really looking sure. forward to. And in years past, um, there was a lot of movies like come December that you'd be like, oh, I can't wait for this, 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 and this to come out. But a lot of my movies, at least, were released... Prior to September. What are the Christmas movies? It's Into the Woods, The Interview, and American Sniper. And the um, the Angelina Jolie was in. Oh, Winter. Unbroken. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got to see that next week. I got to review it. Uh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be any yeah. good. I, I'm I'm doubtful. Although it is written by the Coens. Yeah, I mean, but that's American Sniper about. I hear is god awful. Um, really? Apparently the 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 consensus is that Clint Eastwood is old and tired. And so he just kind of points the camera at shit and just goes, ah, it's a movie with my name. <laughs> Which is a shame because I think that Gran Torino was of this era and was of is one of the you know high marks of his career. But uh, so it goes. Uh, then there's Into the Woods, which I know I'm going to love because I love, love, love Chicago. And I, I'm a sucker for musicals. But like that'll never make my... We're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Pine can't be that good a singer. Yeah. But if anyone could be that good a singer, it's Chris Pine. Um, and then the other one's uh, the interview, which like I know is going to be great and funny, but I, I don't think it's a game changer in some way. I do think it has or the potential to be changer. the best comedy this year. Well, I have one on my list, Sony hack. Fact, but I do think that it has a, a potential to be the best I have a comedy, comedy on North my Korea list. hacked Sony just to get info about the interview that's fucking crazy well the, the whole i was uh, looking forward to it because i thought it was the same uh i thought it was the same makers as pineapple express and i was like no neighbors um i'm good uh-huh. i'll still see it i'll still see it but i haven't seen neighbors Neither have you seen I. neighbors no. okay. oh uh i i have uh-oh yep, 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 yep. <laughs> uh-oh. had some long conversations yeah. about neighbors um I want to throw this out there just because, I, and it sucks because all of this really goes without saying, yes. and we're just killing time. Oh, I real quick, I want to add to that list for me because I know Inherent Vice is pretty much singular on yours, and maybe on yours as well. I still have like Whiplash, uh, Gone Girl, and Foxcatcher at the very least that I want to see, and oh, I I've think seen all of them. have yeah. the potential to rock my list. They may yeah. not, but they have the potential to rock my list a little bit. So I want to throw that caveat out there. Last year, I saw all these great movies, and then her didn't come out locally right. until after See, that, and then that became thinking. my number two. Yeah, so I, I do. There is a slot always open for anything Paul Thomas Anderson touches. I'm pretty sure he's my favorite filmmaker. He made my favorite movie, which is Boogie Nights. I owe it to him. I'm halfway through the book, and it's great. Mm-hmm. So I, it has everything that that I love. Um, yeah, but I just want to do a quick one. shout out. To Chef Coherence, the guest, Force Majeure, Only Lovers Left Alive, Grand Budapest Hotel, and Edge of Tomorrow. You were wonderful. I love you, but you just couldn't be here. You couldn't be here. Don't I, worry, you might be able to get a chance to talk about some of them. Okay, I, no, I, yeah. I, I hope wait, that we wait. do, uh, because I want to throw out uh, on my list um, uh, a couple specific. Like, I actually want to talk about a couple of these two, but like Grand Budapest, uh, Lock, Edge of Tomorrow. 
Uh, all of those were really hard to cut from my list. Actually, Edge of Tomorrow was like an original action movie, which was cool, right? Like, we don't see that a lot, uh, and, and it was great. Um, uh, Grand Budapest is, I mean, he, that guy's an amazing filmmaker. Wes Anderson makes great movies, uh, yeah. and this was one of his best, for sure. But It, it was just, so funny. Yeah, it was like, I, so but funny. I just, it, it had to get cut. Um, uh, Locke was, I mean, it's a movie made of B-roll, and it's like, it's and it's so watchable. Like, how did somebody do that, you know? Uh, Noah? Was something that I uh, was li- was going to be on my ten until like an hour before we yesterday when we talked about it. It was on your ten. It was yeah. on my ten as a lock, and I don't think anybody else is a even going to talk about Good. it. Yeah, I don't think anybody else is even going to talk about it in their ten of the year, which is so disappointing to me because that that is a movie that I should have every I have every reason to like really dislike, and it surprised me at every turn. I really liked it. It really, really resonated with me in a very human way. And Hermione is so pretty. (laughs) She's so pretty. I I thought it was really, really interesting and fascinating, and I really think people should give that movie a chance and watch it, because it it was really good. It was actually a lot better than I thought. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it didn't come close to making my... Well, I don't want to say come close to making my... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, But it was definitely very entertaining, and uh, It, it it was... the you know it was very big and and I, I do like big movies I'm a sucker. It for big really movies ended and... up being a high mark for me and I, I can't explain why even really. But I can the... explain why it's 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 because Aronofsky. these are stories uh, yes. that yeah exactly that that pretty much says it it's it's Aronofsky and, and it's important that you said that because as it is we're seeing this happen now where you know we can do fantasy epic level things now because of technology. Yeah. So Bible stories, if you no matter how you take them, and I just saw your revivalist shirt, that's awesome. <laughs> um, you know, no matter how you take them, they are great fantasy stories. And Aronofsky treats Noah as such, but also it has still that biblical reverence in a mm-hmm. weird way that that isn't explicit or literal, but uh, it's you know it's just acute. It's there, but it, I don't know. It, it 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 handles a lot of things. I think for a movie that could have been Passion of the Christ controversial. Yes. It also could have just been like stupid blockbuster. It walked that line in a way that was absolutely perfect. I'm telling you, man, it resonated with me in like a very human way, uh, which I did not expect to feel. Well, that's what I mean. Essentially, the Bible; those are morality They're stories. They're supposed to be, yeah. I and know. So if you got that, that's I, that's you know, what I mean. Like I, I was actually very impressed by it. I just and the, my quote about it is: it's the Star Wars of biblical movies, yeah. especially the first hour of it. The first act of it, it very much like reminded me of like a big fantasy science fiction. It was story. A, it was like a Bible opera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Well, I like, the, um, I like I like the I like the because like you were saying where it walked that line the seven days was was the best oh, oh yeah it was that was incredible. that was brilliant what an incredible I was like sequence. wow how simple and brilliant at the well, same and time we talked about this really... too I think one of the brilliant things about the movie is, that is so challenging and interesting to me is one of the questions you can ask at the end of it is so what was going on with Noah like was he just a crazy man because we there is no actual evidence in the movie that God spoke to him he has a dream that he claims is a vision from God. But there's no voice of God in the movie. And I mean, even it could when, be argued that that just his way of getting all the animals and putting them to sleep was uh, extraordinary. Yes, you know. But that, at the same thing, it's fantasy. Yes, it could just be oh, a Lord of the Rings also, magic thing. He was also walking down the aisle, wasn't he, with some smoke thing? Well, that's yeah. It, it could have been drugs that puts it out and keeps them from having to eat and all that. It's something that simply does not exist. I'm not trying to argue there's not fantastical yeah. elements. To this. No, there but, but the thing is, they're not. They're not elements. explicitly religious. They're anyway, not. Yeah. And even that it seven days of world, creation yeah. is through Noah's lens. Like we only hear it as the Creator doing yeah, these yeah. things because he tells us that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. What we see, what Aronofsky shows us, is just a beautiful sequence that could just as well be explained by science mm. i loved this i love that about this movie you know mm. what i mean it was it was very interesting to me um, i will say that noah uh it didn't run any risk of being on my list even though 
I saw it at the RPX, and yeah. so it was big and booming, and it sucked, though, because I kind of had to pee, yeah. so it was like a lot of water, so it was uh-huh. a little trying, but you know what? I came out of it a changed man. It was biblical. <laughs> but uh, the the uh, I watched Exodus last night, and that made Noah look that much better, Yeah, because they tried to do the same thing and failed I won't say miserably because it's a perfectly entertaining movie. It's just shitty, you know. Yeah. Like it's, but uh, yeah, it it made me like Noah more because I said they're doing the same thing, but Noah did it in a way that that didn't uh, it, it didn't beat me over the head with it. Yeah, and I'm not saying Exodus did, but it was so much more explicit in how it did it that it just felt like it almost felt like fan service where it was like, oh, oh, are they going to have the the plagues? I hope <laughs> yeah. they do because that was my favorite part of the the book. You know? Yeah, so, the frogs. Yeah, all the frogs. I like how they did that. Well, it's almost like can you make a religious movie now entertaining to people who aren't religious? Right. And I guess Noah pulled that. D- I mean, that's what yeah. I, it was very impressive to me. I agree. And I, I, I don't, I don't, even I don't mean think to it talk would piss about off so religious people. Yeah. I think religious people would see that and be like, oh, right on. You know, like it's it's there's enough there. It uh, I, and I don't even mean to t- talk about it so much when it's not in my ten, you know. <laughs> it's not in any of our tens. I, I, just, I, I feel like ten? it's not in your ten, no, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just, I can't. I, I feel like no best movie of the year. You no heard it here. Even going to no talk one. about it, you know what no, I mean? No. I feel like it needs to be talked. Well, about. Well, you just did. I we all did. Uh, the, and the other thing I really wanted to bring up, and I'm sorry, unless it's on somebody's list, Calvary. Calvary's Calvary not. I did not see that. Can I throw this out there real quick? You know what the slogan, the the tagline should have been for Noah? Ready? Should be like Darren Aronofsky's Noah. Say your prayers. <laughs> right? Imagine that. Uh, lines out the door. Round the block. This is why you need to hire me, Hollywood. Can I, uh, can I read, uh, read off the tough cuts? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, please uh, do. Before we get started. Um, enemy, the only reason why I even cut that was because uh, technically it's uh, 2013. And I, ch- I, I almost wide che- release in May 2014 I, for us. Yeah, it's but a, but but I, I almost that was almost a cop out for me because it was on my list. It was like number five. Oh yeah, and then I was well, like, oh this, is, and there was so much I wanted to put on there. There's so much I didn't. Want I don't want to put too list. much into your caveat because it is on my list. Yeah, so. no, no, <laughs> it's very. But high on but my I list. didn't. I, I, it was like not, like I said, it was like number five yeah. on my list, and um, I can't wait to talk about it. Yes, uh, we will. But. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I was like, oh yeah, this is an easy cop out. It says 2013, so I'm just gonna take it off. But um, so but uh, sorry, enemy. Yeah, it, <laughs> we'll talk Inter- about you Interstellar in about an hour. was a tough cut for me. Mm-hmm. Boyhood was a really tough cut for Ooh, me. Oh yeah. Uh, Snowpiercer wasn't necessarily a tough cut, but I enjoyed the enjoyed yes. the hell. Another out of just it. super original action movie this oh, year yeah. that deserves to be seen and talked and, about. And 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 a real tough cut was Raid Two. I mean, I, I and and I I'm right there with you, dude. I, I think I, I might put it back on my list. Oh, right, <laughs> are you gonna I'm call it audible? It. Really, it's honestly that's, not tonight, but I didn't consider it for my list. And it, I didn't even put it in my tough cuts, but I'm going to absorb it to my tough cuts. Now that it was literally a tough cut, but that it now that I'm thinking about it, I would like to put it on my list and then cut it to make it a tough yeah. cut. What an original, it's, fun, cool. We should and just be so rewatchable. That, yeah. So know? rewatchable. Yes. I mean, the, the only the only thing that I think that's what killed me about it though is the it's first a little one long is more the rewatchable. Comparatively, yeah. Only, but I respect the idea that they tried to put like yes. a big plot into it. Yes. That's yeah, cool. and that was a. It's funny because anytime anyone brings up like if they've seen the raid, like the mm. original. I'll say, uh, you know, it's it's the raid with, uh, like, hundreds of more people, or uh, no, hundreds of more weapons, thousands of more people, millions of more dollars, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. and and it really is, and and, and, and of one blood. and one extra plot because oh, there's yeah. only a plot, there is actually an actual plot in it, 
and it's uh, oh, and a lot of mud too. That was a good oh addition. What yeah. a it mud really is. And, and you watch that, and you and you look about, like you look at it, and you say, like, how the hell did they? Like the the choreography yeah. of it is well, is amazing. And also That's... think about how distinctive the action sequences were in the oh, movie. Yeah. I can nothing like I it. can tell you about each of them because they were all so distinct from one another. Oh, the budget on just bone breaking noises <laughs> must have been out of the out of this world. Yeah, but what uh, what I like about those <laughs> movies is we talked about this before how. A lot of times now when we see things that are created, you know, through through CGI and stuff like that, mm. it's not always bad. It always sounds like we're talking shit on it. It can be done great. Sure. But um there were some movies this year I think that did it. One of the things well. that, that we that we talked about before was with CGI, it's like check out we made it look like we did this. Mm-hmm. But with like practical effects, it's like we did this and we pointed a camera at it mm-hmm. and the raid is that. Yeah. You know, like there's there's some choreography there, but like they did that. You know that there's there's no tricks up their sleeve. I don't sleeve. think it's any it's less impressive crap. than it's choreographed. That's even more impressive. Well, I, think. I, like, I think these guys are taking hits. Yeah, I mean, there's some shit that they're, oh, they're those definitely guys came out of hits, that man. broken, yeah. and it's it looks good, it looks real, it looks awesome, and you, it, you feel it. The good guy gets hurt. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that's the the reason why it gets so compared to the original Die Hard, the original Raid. Yes, yes. Is that the the hero is vulnerable? He's so vulnerable. Yeah, you know? and I think that carried over into the second one rather well. Um, he was still vulnerable. He didn't yes. become a, an uber man. He wasn't super you know? cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meet the cop. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Who can't be stopped? <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. That was a super hard cut. I the the reason Calvary was so hard cut for me. Not one of my favorite movies this year. I don't think it was one of the ten best movies this year. I swear to God, I was like legitimately depressed for a week after I saw that movie. No movie this year rocked me as hard as Calvary did, and I just felt it was worth noting that it was that impactful. I called Garrett. I was like, hey, you want to come over and work on the show? And he was just like, hey, man, do you ever wonder like how much blood there is in a human body? And I was uh, like, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah, what are you I've, talking about? I haven't about? seen it yet. No, that's so no that. reference to the movie. It's okay. just I'm just saying creepy shit. That uh, didn't happen. That no, didn't happen. Uh, that is not that far off from <laughs> Someone gets happened, Someone no. gets drained, don't they? No, no, not at no. all. It's, just, it's a heavy movie. It, that, that it's lit- This is how I described it. It's about the last good priest in a world gone to shit. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's it's sad, and it just made me and think about who, my mortality. Who is in the situation he's in yeah. because he's a good priest? Yes. And not even through fault of his own. They just nope. was. But the thing about that, it, and it's it's a role for Brendan Gleeson, which is which is key. He is fantastic. Um, there's a it. lot of older actors that do the quote unquote memento mori role. Sure, yeah. Um, Crazy Heart with uh, mm. Jeff Bridges mm-hmm. did that, where it was just an old an older person looking back in their life, and you know, just taking account of it all. And uh, I thought that that. Kind of in a way, like whereas Brendan Gleeson's not going to be dead for a long time, nor is Jeff Bridges. It it had uh, it had that feel to it, you know. Yeah. Someone it, mentioned this too, though, and uh, that's that's another thing that like you almost never see. Like I think uh, you've never seen like a, a woman Memento Mori movie, and it's not going to happen until Meryl Streep's like ninety, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. but like it, that's it's really something that you see a hundred percent of the time with old male actors. Yeah. Road to Perdition with with uh, Paul Newman. I feel like it was Helen that kind Mirren of a thing. Is having a little bit of that, not I'll quite, but they're, 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 I feel like they're doing a little bit of that with her. It's gonna. I mean, you know, there's a movement now where that will yeah. follow, where it's going to become Which a palatable thing. Yeah. And so you know, where it's just not as palatable. You don't yeah. buy it as much yeah. just because that's the way it's programmed. But yeah, like that happens a lot. And I think this was a Brendan Gleeson at least shades of that that kind of thing for me. And that's well, no, wait a second. So did affecting. you guys see the guilt trip? I really think that did something for. Was it Barbara Streisand? And that's our show, guys. Oh, uh, we're not going to have any more episodes after this until I find a co-host who knows how to work <laughs> I computers. Don't wanna, I don't want to talk but, uh, about the guilt trip. <laughs> um, 
it's funny you said that about like there hasn't been a a, a woman movie like that yet because um it was it I watched a show the Americans not that good of a show but the one episode. The guy goes, so, honey, what'd you think? You know, wasn't Meryl Streep great in that? And it's an 80s, I don't know what yeah, movie yeah, they're yeah. watching. It takes place in the 80s. And she says, no, it was okay. He says, what? It's Meryl Streep. She's great. She says, that was a role written by a man. Uh, but, and, and like, yeah. it, and I think we're finally coming to that point where it's like it. there are roles being written by women. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah, and like, yeah. there's more to, you know, she goes in on it. But uh, you it's know. like they're finally getting good at making movies, you know? <laughs> <Hey-o>. <laughs> That's the, well, I do. Uh, I do think that there's actually uh, and we'll get into it as we get into our list this year. But I think there's actually a lot to talk about in regards to women in movies this year. This is, I, mean, I actually think that this was the women I, movement is, is happening again and it's happening this year and it's happening now and, and, and it's the, always going to be like every year oh, we're going to have course. this conversation i think well, you know but conversation, it, but i think it, it more so than other years partially because of social media and just partially because there's been a lot of like talented women just really absolutely. rising to the top um you know just the business is changing cool yeah, you know and so yeah. it's it's happening i'm excited to talk about that as we go so i think we're about a half hour into the show are, are we ready to, to hit our number 10s anybody have any more caveats any nah, any other I'm movies they want to bring up that we didn't hit yet how do, uh, Here's what I think we should do. Let's yeah, all do drop our do? ten with absolutely no commentary. Um, let's let's just drop the number ten, and then we'll see what we talk about. All right. Uh, my number ten uh, it is actually a little bit in reference to what uh, you were just talking about, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Right on. My yeah. number ten is Interstellar. Uh, mine is Joe. Joe. Right Whoa, on. Okay. okay. I want to talk about all of these movies. Uh, I, I, so, did you see Joe? I I saw Joe forever ago, and I don't really remember much of Joe. It was one that I watched half drunk. I so. feel like that's for the best. I want to talk about how uh, why it's on your list. Um, it's just I, I love David Gordon Green uh-huh. when he when he takes more serious roles. And uh, I don't know if it was you or another friend we have, uh, Kevin, who had the best. <laughs> he, was, quote, he was last. last who had the, no? Who had yep. the yeah? Who had the best quote on it? It said, uh, "It's what Mud should have been." Yeah, I was. I, I was kind of. I thought Mud was good and uh, wholly uh, just bland. I just found it yeah. to be bland. I was bored by it. I get why people like it, but I don't give a shit. That's yeah. how I feel about Joe. I, I just was like not like at all it, like it did not capture me in any way. But did Cage uh, really get into like a lot of Cage <laughs> stuff? Uh, was yeah, anything I, on fire? <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like Joe just because it it was uh, you go into it and, it and and there's not a lot of movies where and David Gordon Green's great. He's known for you know his comedy, and then you go into it and you just see him just cast a ton of real people and it just it's almost it's is it mostly cast by non-actors yeah 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 it's, well i guess yeah, it's yeah, like nicholas cage counts as 10 actors yeah <laughs> it's so. a mix between nicholas cage sure. ty, that's cool ty yeah. sheridan and then i think everybody else is really everybody else because uh, it, it almost, does seem that well way. the old guy in real life i think didn't he die the father the i don't know yeah. i, I did really know. i don't know in real life he just no 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 in real life the actor because he was just like a homeless uh, man just oh okay and and it's oh you know now now that you mentioned that i do remember reading that i think he is dead yeah yeah and and it's just it's just a very almost like a day in the life gl- you know glimpse through a window of that that world that doesn't try and be crazy they don't they throw a little bit of a plot at you but yeah. it just it just works it just pays Can- off can I tell you my? Because I, I don't even want to shit on it, because, especially because it's on your list, but also because it's not a bad movie. My biggest problem with it was that it it was this sort of like great slice of life of a world I knew nothing about to the point where I was like, I'm not, I, I can't even tell if this is real. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's so outside of my um, understanding of like what you know life is mm-hmm. that like I I was uh, like I it was either completely real. 
or it was like, or it was like a fantasy world, right? Like, and I couldn't really figure out which it was. It's gonna be about so, two worlds my colliding. My biggest problem with it was then Nicolas Cage was in the middle of it. it. The weirdest thing to me about that movie was it felt like such a real space and a real world that there was just a movie star in the middle of. Does that mm. make any sense? I actually really like that argument because I'm it's more a- of a Joe protector. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, um, I, I missed your Nick Cage uh, live one last week, so I kind of regret <laughs> that. But, um, yeah, no, I, I actually like that criticism best. of it because I don't know if it would be uh, higher on my list if that was if, if it was a, a lesser-known person. Because that's like if you – And he's you watch, not even bad at it. Yeah, no, you know that's I mean? like if you watch Treme when you're like, oh, this is a day in the life and some of these people are real. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it would even be higher on my list. It, that's one thing that I thought me. was so cool about the movie you were telling me you watched yesterday, Bernie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was a lot of real people, I agree. and it was a lot of it worked in that movie for me a lot. Playing people that are real people who are mm-hmm. still alive, but mm-hmm. I guess just couldn't couldn't cut it. You it, know? it worked for me in that movie. There was something strange about Joe for me where I was just like, ah, oh, this is weird. It just feels like Nicolas Cage showed up in this town. And is now like cool. now, and now there's a movie happening. You know what I mean? Like, but isn't that how it would? How happen? is that a bad thing? Imagine I don't know. I, it just it didn't work for me. There was new version Nick. of the Music Man. It's like the Movie Man. Yeah. It's just Nick Cage shows there, up from the Wells Fargo wagon. His name's it's Joe. Like, it's not Nick. How, you, how are you confused? We're make a movie. There was, and I, this is another thing that I have trouble explaining because I don't think the movie was doing this, but I had a sense of it making fun of those people a little bit too, and I don't think it was necessarily trying to, but there were a few moments where I had a sense it was making fun of them a little bit. I can imagine I David. Like Gordon Green having that because his yeah. movies, especially his dramas, do have a small amount of pretension, right. which I think he backs up with talent. Yeah, but I mean that's just part of it. Um, it I find an issue with the mumblecore thing because yeah. every once in a while you get to the point where where you know it just feels pretentious. Where it's like, oh, I get it. You guys are friends in yeah. real life. Cool. The, there Give was a, a little bit of where I felt like it was making fun of these people, and I was like, man, if this is a real world, which you know, the more I've heard about this movie, it mm-hmm. seems like it, it is. It, uh, like, don't make fun of them. Like, that's a very sad existence. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think it was just very, you know, it was kind of filming. I think it was more of a day in the life. I mean, I, I think I agree with you. That's at least its intention. For and at sure. the same time, there's a lot of times where y- you watch things to kind of just, uh, you know, you'll, you'll slightly laugh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from our little high perch. But uh, sure. oh sure. yeah, you got to tickle that. I, I that's. So Wait, what was, that what was your, your 10? Because I, I think we have a format here my, that we can do. My 10 is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Okay, so what we'll do is if, if there's no repeats in the list, we'll yeah. just talk about that one. That's right, yeah. Because I feel like, is, is Interstellar on anyone else's list? It's not, no. Okay, well then we'll get to that next. But I think, just in the interest of moving on yeah. from Joe, partially because I didn't see it. Yes. Um, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Let's talk so about th- it real okay, quick. Okay, this is how it made my list. I've re- not seen that, by the way. Okay, yeah. fair enough. So we'll, uh, we'll make this one pretty quick, too. There's nothing really to spoil because we all no. know it ends in Planet of the Apes. So, you're, <laughs> you know, it's... It, the, yeah. the, the thing that I really liked And about it gets rebooted as Mark Wahlberg and Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if this series was actually leading up to that movie? Oh, that would be that was like the big twist at the end of all of this. I, like... would, I, would, I would hug everybody. <laughs> that, that in, oh, God, that would be amazing. I want an ultimate like 30-year troll to happen. This would be like a 60-year troll. Yeah, I thought it was just the prequel to Spring Breakers. And... Oh, yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> We're all... Yeah, that's the, Spring Breakers is the other end of things. After the apes take over... Franco uh, just uh, fucks yeah, it up James so Franco bad that he becomes alien. <laughs> I did not see that movie yet, and I would like to. You should see Spring yeah. Breakers because I don't even know if I should call it good, right? But I will goddamn be very confident in saying that it's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's and and I, that's higher praise. I, that movie is an interesting, and whether you whether you like it or enjoy it or not, that is an interesting uh, 
just very relevant movie. I yeah. don't know. It's, it's, I gotta it's, see that. It's immediate. It's, I gotta oh, see it. See it. I, so this is how Dawn made it on my list. Uh, Dawn made it on my list because this year, we talked about this a little bit, there were a lot of original action movies. In, in general, a lot of original properties. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about like the action movies we've had this year because just as much as we've had original ones, we've also had a ton from... Oh, I mean, that's the hugest franchise one there was. I mean, Apes is a franchise right. that spans yeah. you know, multiple TV series. And even. we had more Marvel movies. We had Godzilla movies, right? Yeah, so we yeah. had, it's like we had these sort of two things. And I was trying to think about like, oh, okay, well, what, what did I really like as an action movie this year? And it ended up being Dawn of the Planet of the Apes because of a bunch of things that I, I think it's sort of... Even though uh, Edge of Tomorrow was this sort of like out of nowhere great original, like very funny, like you know action movie, and don't and, worry, we'll talk about that one. <laughs> and and the Raid Two was this you know the great. Don't worry, we talked about that one. <laughs> a- a- action movie. Uh, this was like the effects were incredible. I oh, thought. they're amazing. We, we were just talking about this. It was a great mix of practical but also digital effects, and one of the first times digital effects have like truly really worked for me. And well, I you know why in them. this is a term that that I've heard used to describe the effects in Planet of the Apes, mm-hmm. which I think speaks to exactly why it's so special mm-hmm. it's not a digital recreation of something right it's digital makeup yes because the the performances of the actors yep. that play the apes do come through yeah. and it's it's scary it's because weird. you you see i mean oftentimes you see apes at the zoo and you go that we laugh because they do something that's yeah. that's uh you know kind of human mm-hmm. you know we all understand how that came about with evolution and all but in because they're becoming more human mm-hmm. It's it's eerie, and so yeah. we have these humans acting as apes, and it captures that. In a, it captures an imp, not an impossible thing. It captures just a thing we've never seen in a way that's legitimately real. Yeah, and I, I just be because the effects were so good, you end up having this story that actually has some real depth to it for what is otherwise ostensibly like a Hollywood blockbuster. And I mean, oh, that's yeah. always been the and famous it's big. thing. It's a huge, it's huge blockbuster. That's always been the thing about the Ape series is that mm-hmm. they are these blockbusters with a brain kind of like something to say, a story to tell. Uh, and this was maybe one of my favorite of them. Like really, oh, like going back through the you, whole series. You're making like, me want to put this on my I, list because really now that I'm thinking about it, that was really great. good. And it made me feel something and think oh, about yeah. my place in the world. And and at the end of the day, it was still like a great big action blockbuster. Oh, it I haven't like, seen it, but I, like your description and your love for it is just—it's my number one now. <laughs> um, you, I feel like people got to see this movie. I really enjoyed it, and that's the oh, thing. Yeah. At the end of and the day, I think it will translate to small screen too. Yes. You know, whereas when you want to see it on the biggest screen possible, like that is a big enough movie to oh, do yeah. it because it's not just spectacle, right? You know, it's 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 a a lot of people drew this comparison, and I think that it's a. It's a relative comparison mm-hmm. because I get what they're saying, but they, in terms of sequels, they called it Empire. Yes. Um, and people said, you know, this is the Empire Strikes Back sequel where you go, all right, this ends in a way that, you know, it ends, but it's bleak. Yes. And it's so much better than the first one. It really is. You know, and, and the first it, one's not even bad, to be honest with you. Not like, at all. That, that it's fantastic. Planet of the Apes is a pretty good movie. This was a really good movie. And I think it's the, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is the second one, right? Yes. Which That's is weird. so funny. It is weird because I feel like Dawn should be the it's, first yeah, and Rise is the sense. second. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the, they the, fucked up a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah. The, the, Shit. The reason I put this here is because even though Edge of Tomorrow was really good and even though The Raid was really good, those are really fun original movies. This is a really fun uh, movie with some depth, right? Like this movie actually like brought something to the table, I think, that those movies don't. And so I felt like it had to go on my list. If I was going to try and pick out an action movie this year that was really a great movie, it had to be Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I um I I like I said I haven't seen it. I've seen uh, Rise and yeah. I've seen uh, 
the remake and you know maybe when I was a kid some of the old ones. But I, I think I think the one of the good things about Planet of the Apes is uh, it's almost like a global horror movie. Sure. And yeah. and and what is the closest animal to man is, right. is an ape and and. I, you know, I don't know if it's a subconscious fear that no, the people even when do I said have. It, I said they're like, like, oh, it's oh a God. Thing that could, and then I said, oh, it's a yeah. thing that maybe couldn't. But like, I, even my doubt was there because yeah. it feels like it could happen. Right. Yeah, it's like a, yeah. a phobia of like snakes and spiders where it's just it's it's generations and mm-hmm. generations deep. Maybe we're just the, deep down afraid of uh, apes that they're sure, going to. Yeah. Well, it's an identity crisis. And it's also actually partially to a social thing that's been big this year. But. It's an identity crisis in terms of, as humans, I think we're starting to see a lot of factors where we go, oh, maybe we don't have a foothold on this planet in terms of where we are dominant. Yes. Now, granted, yes, humans are the dominant species, but that it's it's a thing that we understand now, you know, despite a lot of religi- religious beliefs and stuff, there's a widespread known fact that humanity is just a phase. And so this Our makes hold that more on immediate. This is fragile. It's fragile, exactly. Yeah. George Collin has a great joke. He's like, "Don't try to save the world." He's like, "The world's gonna be just fine." <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it will be gone, but the world's gonna be fine. Yeah. And uh, but also at the same time, there's a huge classism thing to yes. that because suddenly these apes are having human feelings, so mm-hmm. we can't we can't question that they are that they are uh, you know sentient in the way that we you know we go. Oh, it's just a dog. But yeah, but dogs have feelings, right? Yeah. And so these apes, they don't have feelings. They have desires. They have goals. They, they have, have culture. They have culture. They have the the term that I hear all the time, but I think it applies here. They have agency. They are yes. doing what they do. And it's a very hard thing from the point of, to abuse another term, an oppressor class, uh-huh. to accept something rising to your level or being discovered as at your level. Yeah, um, That's the thing that a lot of racists and sexists run into is that they go... All right, you know you can be you can be the same as us, so we'll all agree, right? Mm-hmm. But I know, yeah, 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 I know where we are, and there's a crisis of that against the apes because it's like these apes, you know, they might be slightly dumber because they're apes, but like they they have rights now, yeah. you know, like they they should have rights now, well, and they're I, fighting for it. Yeah, and I actually one of the things I like about the movie is I think there's also a question of maybe they always should have had rights. Maybe they, yeah, you right? know what I mean. Like the, it's it's very it's it's really interesting. It's a question of what is our place in all of this. What you know, what does it really mean that we have some form of consciousness that we consider above or greater? You know, it's it's really interesting. Well, I want to jump into my number Please. 10 with exactly that. I chose Interstellar. Yes. You're talking about advanced levels of consciousness and yes. all that. Uh, Interstellar, first and foremost, I think that everybody in the world should just be giving a collective hug to Christopher Nolan for a couple of reasons. Uh-huh. One, because everyone goes, oh, Transformers movies are stupid. He consistently delivers blockbuster fare that whether you get it or not, whether you like what it's going for or not, Always at least try earnestly and effectively to have a brain. Oh, yeah. And and it's great. He delivers the spectacle, but you don't big, come out yeah. of it feeling... I didn't feel like I was abused by it. Like Whereas if I watch... like Transformers 2 was a good example. And I, I well enough like the Transformers movies. Yeah, but yeah. 2, by the end of it, I was like, I feel like that movie just beat the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. like, that wasn't enjoyable. It was just throwing... Ah, enough. Well, at least in 2, you could tell the uh, robots apart. That was, yeah, right? That was yeah. the only good thing about that one. I was like, oh, I hope the blue blur g- beats the gray blur, because the blue blur is the one I'm <laughs> rooting for. I like blur of Oasis. Um, <laughs> the uh, it's a thing. Um, 
<laughs> the the thing about Interstellar is that it is a blockbuster with the brain, but it felt like classic Hollywood to me. Oh yeah, just classic like our big actors mugging for the screen. Which who better than McConaughey to do that? He has been a force in the last couple of years, and like this is the kind of thing that'll make him a Paul Newman, mm-hmm. and and I think it will. And it's not because it's his best performance. It's not, but it's because it's you big, fucking made me it's cry, honest, man. It's real. I fucking cried, and it wasn't like I got edgy. There was tears coming out of my face, which that didn't even happen when family members died. Yeah, it's I'm a cold person, but McConaughey <laughs> pulls it out of me. That was a that was a real tough cut for me, um, and I can't really go into too much what I like about it without like spoiling. So I we won't. spoil we, we spoil everything, even in the top ten. Yeah, I mean, I mean, don't go I crazy. Don't, yeah, but no, no, you can be liberal right, with well, it. The, yeah. the one I I had a couple complaints, and like, and this isn't why I cut it from my list. Um, but uh, like the one, the, the only the only complaint I had is I was like the music just did not match up at some point. My favorite thing about it was the music. I lo- no, Hans I love the music. Was out of his no, league, no, I loved the music. And it just became this like I loved the music, ugh. but there was so many points where I, I just didn't think it fit um, the scene. And then when he me- this isn't too much of a spoiler when he meets Michael Caine till the time he uh, re- Michael, Michael Caine Michael Caine Mike until he Kane. actually leaves the planet. It was like there should have been twenty minutes, but it was at. Two hours, fi- 49 minutes, yeah, and I think that, that makes stigma, hard, yeah. because if it, if it was at two hours and 50 minutes, I think people would have been like, oh, that's a three-hour movie, not yeah. a two-and-a-half-hour movie. And If this movie was three hours and 15 minutes and they sussed more out, it could have been a masterpiece. Um, but, I, yeah, you can't sell a well, three. Well, and that's, that's funny, because um, this, the, you know, that and Boyhood are two movies that I haven't, that, uh, that I haven't hoped for a, a, a director's cut. Yeah, oh, you know, yeah. Long, I haven't hoped for a director's cut in a long time, and and Interstellar and Boyhood are two movies that I'm like, oh, I hope there's like another 20 minutes when they release that on Blu-ray, and I hope there's a a director's commentary. It was just, I you know, I don't know why I cut it. It it might come back on my list, but I doubt it. But uh, I mean, it was just so big and grand, and just such a great little sci-fi. You know, uh, not your typical. Not your typical well, action no movie at all. Boops, but yeah. there's still a wave that's like crushing down on West oh. Bentley, and you're like, ah. And that's the other thing. Like that was the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. Is, we have to honestly admit that this movie exists for one reason: spectacle. Tidal waves. It's spectacle. It <laughs> yeah. really is just spectacle. It's just movie magic. Boom! Hey, check out all this crazy stuff. Yep. But it's not empty, and that's why no, I respect yeah. it. And even more so on another level, if we just want to talk about technical film level. Uh, Christopher Nolan fought tooth and nail and said a lot of gnarly things about a lot of important people just to get his end game to have that printed on 70 millimeter IMAX film. He believes in having the film partially because it's a great format to watch a movie on, Mm -hmm. but because it's disappearing. Mm -hmm. And if, let's say, something happens, we're all dead and our culture is rediscovered, a hard drive is going to mean nothing. Mm -hmm. But a film could mean everything. Mm -hmm. And he works a lot with the preservation, uh, you know, film Mm -hmm. preservation. I don't know what the society is called. It might be the Film Preservation Preservation Society. You know, like, so we have the Library of Congress where things are, are, you know, into it. <laughs> fucking Eraserheads in the Library of Congress, great. <laughs> but you know, beyond that, it's it's important to to have that physical medium of the films, and he fought for that. And Interstellar was a big thing for that, especially because in the seventy millimeter IMAX, something that you have to go out of your way to see generally, that's very expensive. People came out in droves. Yeah, 
That's I cool. I, I, I didn't see it in 70 millimeter IMAX, and I, I kicked myself but, in uh, the But ass. it was still good. No, it was, it was great, but I still um, – I had this conversation the other day with uh, a friend where he was like, hey, gravity in. And I was like, did you see it in 3D IMAX, like legit 3D IMAX? He's like, no, I saw it in 3D. I said – that's like watching a Tarantino movie without the dialogue. Like, yeah, it yeah, really... Yeah. And, and Gravity, uh, I... I, I feel like Gravity should be released every year just yeah. for a oh, week and, 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 and I go see it again. And same thing with, like, Avatar and stuff. Like, I, like, yeah, I would actually was, go see there Avatar was, again, um, if I had the opportunity. Uh, for Black Friday everywhere, I had Gravity on Blu-ray for, like, four bucks. And I'm like, I know. Like, I loved that movie. It was one of my favorite movies of last year in... 3D IMAX because it was a it was a it was a, a ride. I'll throw it, this out it there. Wasn't a movie. I watched it on HBO Go like four times and it was cool. <laughs> it was good. It's a good movie. It's it's a good movie, it's but exciting. but but the whole uh, the whole doesn't look fake. Yeah, but the whole uh, in, in that 3D IMAX when you're immersed in it, it's a it's not a movie. It's a it's a, a theme theme park. Exactly. Ride. Yeah. It's a, a ride. It's, I've ne- I'll never go to sp- outer space in my life. There's a million and one and reasons I not to go to the theater. That, that movie, and that's a reason to put asses in seats. And I think Interstellar is very much that, which is why we respect it. I feel like we have to move forward, we, but no, I, I want to throw this out there too. This. Interstellar okay. steps on one of the themes that you talked about. Yeah, the reason why Interstellar is happening is because humanity has said we we're fucked. We're fucked. And there's still this movement where they 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 uh, try to culturally uh, eliminate the space program from mm-hmm. ever having happened. There's there's a, th- I mean there's a movement to just say the moon landing never happened yep. that exists in this world, and everything's about let's just get farmers, let's just fix yep. the planet, and so the whole idea. And it's weird because this movie champions the idea of just saying fuck it, let's move on. Yeah. And that is an issue that we talked about at the start of the show that is big in a lot of movies. And this one, in a way. You know, it was the first one to almost have an opinion on it. I that think so. Suggests that it's a good idea yeah. to just be like, maybe it's time to wipe the slate. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a weird argument, but a lot of people say the resistance to the electric car is that we're we're embedded in in you know fuel powered you know right. uh, tangible fuel uh, powered cars, and it's just too much to change the business. Yeah. And the good move would just to be like, well, fuck it, let's just cut it and start <laughs> yeah. over. You know, and. It's just a it's a natural human tendency to resist, yep. and so uh, th- this movie champions that. And I thought and this it, movie was fantastic. Like, the it was NASA really good. program, yeah, that's one don't of my have, toughest cuts. This yeah. enraged. We don't have a like NASA that. program anymore. I mean, we send drones everywhere, yeah. which is cool. Which is, I mean, Mars is entirely inhabited by robots. If yeah. You think about that? That's yeah. pretty awesome. And it's 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 cool that we have the technology to put you know cars on on things, and it's we landed on a comet. Well, yeah, we landed on a right? comet, and that's great. Yeah, but, but we stopped the manned mission. And whether that's maybe that's a good thing, maybe it's a bad thing, because really the the remote control cars are the are the thing of the future when Tyco has its <laughs> has its. You know. yeah. But uh, it's the the whole idea of like I feel like there was a magic lost of the whole like the mysticism and romanticism of the space program, and I feel like Interstellar really champions the idea of because we can is actually a good enough reason. Yeah, yeah. In things like this and and I don't know, that's everything I have to say about well, Interstellar. Well, <laughs> like to to on that note you were saying is uh I, I think they haven't sent a manned or they haven't sent a person a manned spacecraft past like 2 miles outside of the Earth's atmosphere in like decades. And you know it's wonderful. It's all it's all, it's all unmanned uh, like yeah. you know. It's like oh yeah, it's in it's just just off, you know, out of the Earth Earth's atmosphere. But it's it's they haven't sent a you know a person that far out into space. I think it's poetry to think that the International Space Station is like the one place in the world where just all nations have peace. Yeah. If you can get if you can get to the space station, 
Come on out. Let's explore. That's so fucking awesome. Interstellar, number yeah. 10. Uh, yes. Uh, let's move on. Number yeah, let's nine. go to number nines. We'll go around, and if there's a repeat, we'll skip it and just yep. real quick. Um, I'll give you mine. My number yeah. nine is Whiplash. Is that on anyone else's list? That's that not is on not list. on my list. All right, I'll keep it quick for this one. What I like about Whiplash is... Uh, see, I don't want to spoil it, but the whole idea is that this is not a movie about obtaining... It's not a movie about about gaining success. This is not a movie about somebody who wants to become the most famous drummer in the world or the most famous teacher in the world. This is two very driven, very flawed, very angry people. One who wants to be the best drummer and one who, almost based in his own insecurities that he can't, is going to create the best drummer. And it doesn't matter how fucked up he has to be to get it. And nothing is off limits for either of them. And to see these two personalities, one in an old man and one in a, in a very young kid, clash without any bending or breaking to ultimately create the product that they both wanted is it's insane. Yeah, I really it is want a, to see it is this not movie. a nice it's, it's, movie. It's a very, very good movie. Really it's a mean movie. movie. There's yeah. so many times that I was sitting there in the theater and J.K. Simmons would open his mouth and I would be like, if I was this kid, I would hit him with my drumstick and be like, you uh, fucking yeah. dick, you look like a goddamn turtle and I'll <laughs> kick you in your stupid penis. I hate you. Like, I was so mad at him, but at the end of the day, like... His actions cannot be morally justified, but they can be justified based on results for both of them. And, and neither of them are good, are nice characters, but they're great characters. It's it's fucking good. I love I love the fact in the movie the whole time I'm thinking like, is there like I am not driven in anything in life that much that I would allow someone to talk to me like that? Absolutely, and be like, oh well, but I really want to be good at this, and like, and but um, I liked how the characters weren't they, they they weren't oh we're in a movie because there's several times where the characters change yeah, yeah. and like it's like oh yeah that and then if, if some people criticize that and it's like uh hey stupid like how many times have you <laughs> how many times have you like someone p- does something or or makes a point where you're like oh, yeah. uh my opinion on this changes or my attitude against this changes and without spoiling too much like yeah. that there's there's moments where and they and they're they're very they're acted very well in it yeah, yeah. Uh, between uh both and then um yeah that's pretty much all I have to oh, say. Man, well, no, I, and, I really and, gotta see this. what what I think's cool about it is that that there's no apologies for any of the characters Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> it's just happening. It seems real. It seems immediate. It's going, it's going, it's going. But when you think about, like, think about, like, the, the tortured artists and all that. You know, we, we, we know the, to- the Forever 27 Club, the tortured artists, like, creation and, and sanity don't go hand in hand, at least as the, the, the romantic ideal of it is. And this is just a depiction of that. Yeah. You know, this kid, I, I'd be willing to bet the kid after this movie, when it ends, ends up becoming a fucked up, crazy alcoholic who's just really good, dead at 52. Mm-hmm. You know, and, but that that's not what the movie's about. The movie is called Whiplash. And that movie, you know, closes with a performance of Whiplash. It's great. Yeah. I, th- I thought Car- great. I thought Caravan was better. Yeah, right. Uh, inside joke. <laughs> no, oh, honestly, I've been listening to it a lot on Spotify, and I Caravan's better. Yeah, Whiplash yeah. is like two minutes, and then Caravan's like eight, and I'm like, yeah, Caravan's better. But a testament to the editing, real quick. It's very hyperkinetic. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. This is written and directed by the guy who wrote Grand Piano, another movie that was great from earlier this year. I, I, I got that, that at the very end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was a cool movie. But one of the things that made Grand Piano so remarkable is that they really made it look like uh, Elijah Wood could play when, in fact, he absolutely cannot. And it was, uh, 
It, yeah, it's it's it was all simulated. But Whiplash, you know, it's not the same director. It's just the writer. He obviously got something from that. It really looks like this kid can play, and I, I haven't researched whether it's true or not. Kenny, yeah, uh, I think it's, it's, I think they're saying um, my roommate drums, and he was saying that Miles Teller apparently on Twitter was showing uh, pictures of his hands bloody. Oh, right, on. and practicing. I think uh, I don't know if some whoever told me uh, he was. I could be wrong about this, but was practicing like four hours a day to, Good. at, at yeah. drums. So and that's his character too. Yeah. That movie was was this year's like version of Eight Mile. Yeah, when you think about the end of Eight Mile, like so what? He won a rap battle. Yeah. His palms are blurry. He's gonna go back to the to the. He's gonna go back to hating his life. But he had this moment of glory and all that, and it came from all these forces pushing at him. And so Whiplash is like that, except the forces that are pushing at him are ones that he is drawing to himself and are being put on by one of the best villains of the whole year, which was J.K. Simmons. Yeah. But that's not on anyone else's list. Let's Man, move on. I, I Wait, was that, uh, yeah, what was what was your nine? My number nine is Neighbors. Okay, uh, I've not seen that. So here's the reason I put it on my list. I think it is the funniest. Is it on your list? No. Okay. It's the funniest comedy I saw this year. Uh, and I want the trailer. The whole uh, uh, why are you guys dressed like Robert De Niro? You talking to me? That kills me, dude. That is so funny. And you got to see that whole scene because yeah. the way it ends up playing out is like really. It gets to the point where like. Some of the kids aren't even dressed as Robert De Niro, yeah, 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 or they're or they're doing lines that aren't Robert De Niro lines, oh. and it's really starting to piss the older over the last forty eight hours. The kids don't get it. You have sold me on this movie in the last forty eight hours. Not that I was ever resistant yeah, yeah. to it, I just missed it. It's it, it was my it is the funniest. I think it's the funniest movie I've seen this year. That's why I'm saying like the interview could end up being the funniest movie this year. I don't know. I always toy around buying it just because I like the color orange. Is my they're talking color. beer. What's that called? Um, it's some grapefruit beer. It looks like some pussy beer, but I always just dance around buying it. And I said, "Why not tonight? It's <laughs> Christmas, guys." Nice, Merry Christmas. Thank uh, you. Merry Christmas. The the reason it's really on my list for the mo- uh, to be honest with you is that this this sort of idea that this year was like a good movie for women in in movies, mm-hmm. a good year for for women in movies. Newsflash. Uh, it's uh, it's fucking delicious. Yeah. Speak, speaking of um, women, what are you drinking? <laughs> oh, I'm just, uh, it's it's oh, a Schoferhofer grapefruit beer. And it's it's orange. It's literally orange. But uh, it's it's. I mean, I, I'll never have more than one ever again in my life. But it's tasty. Oh, uh, hey, bro, you need to mouth. get your eyes checked. That's pink. <laughs> Grapefruit. It's pink grapefruit. Okay. Yeah. So please, yes. No, I'm uh, sorry. So I didn't the, mean to do okay. The the original script for this it's movie. Fucking it's fucking good, right? Drink this. Okay. Drink this. Then talk about. Now, now talk about women in movies. That's really good. Uh, <laughs> right? It's fucking good. The original script for this Suck apparently dick, was what you would expect, which is uh, you know, a 30-year-old dude who is supposed to be mad at his college-aged neighbors for partying too loud starts to party with them and then has a war essentially with his wife, really, who's the nag at home that you know doesn't want him to be doing that. Uh, what the movie became once Rogan and uh, his you know writing partner Goldberg got their hands on it uh, was a movie that was more about this team of this husband and wife that sort of, you know, they, they yeah, they're in their 30s and they have a kid. And, Did they do 50-50? Uh, Rogan and Goldberg? Yes. Uh, oh, I, I do have Well, actually, that. that was, I think, a Paul Reiser. It was somehow, Paul Reiser had something to do with 50-50. 50-50? Yeah. I, think I, think right now, I think it was Goldberg. I think it was The director of 50-50 did... Um, but writing-wise, I think it was 50-50. Oh, okay, I would say 50-50, I think he's the one that went on to do Warm Bodies. Um, I did. I did not see that. I like that kid. Right, sorry, I didn't. Uh, that's okay. Uh, but the 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 concept is more that like the basically the the wife character becomes this more much more interesting character, which in the sense that like these two characters kind of like 
they she has just as Will Riser did 50 Will Riser, yes. Ah, okay. uh, had just as much uh, uh, um, agency as he does. Mm-hmm. He, she has just as much fun throughout this movie. She's as not an obstacle does. for him to like got got to please the old ball and yeah, chain. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like she participates in some of the uh, 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 looter things that happen in the movie, uh, and is just as interested in trying to maintain her youth. And, and it's and Rose Byrne who is just oh, she's she's, fantastic just, she's just lovely. She's so <laughs> love funny. Yeah, I love how you're talking her up, and you ref- you haven't said her name. <laughs> I, she, I mean, she's Yo, she was in Insidious. Yo, Insidious. <laughs> oh, that that ish was song. scurry. scurry. Uh, I just I really liked this movie. It's very funny, and it, it was a uh, it, it. I think it's a, it's it's legitimately noticeable when you're watching it. You're like. I've not seen a female character like this on screen before, and yeah, yeah. and I should be because I f- I know women like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. it was it's really fun. It's really funny. I I just I we're living in a post bridesmaids world, yeah. guys. Yep. Let's get more women. Uh, all right, my number nine uh, is Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, um, I, I threw honestly it on the- that is on my list. I just didn't put it on my list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there were, I love. Uh, Big budget movies I don't always love, but when you know when some one comes out and it's 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 good and it's that year because Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be watched for decades. Oh yeah, and it's going to be people are going to watch that for decades. Um, you know, and I, I couldn't not put it on my list just for that reason. Where mm-hmm. in twenty years, a lot of the movies on my list, no matter how much I like them, no matter how much you know, I'm, Guardians is going to be the one that. People are still watching. And, I and think I Guardians to, I might be my, my favorite Marvel movie. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, well, besides the original Spider-Man two, I still don't think we've topped Spider-Man it. Spider-Man two is great, and yeah, I didn't like any weird. of the any of the Spider-Mans except Spider-Man Dave Piccolomini, com- Philadelphia comedian Dave Piccolomini said something about Guardians of the Galaxy that stuck with me the other day. He was uh, on Super Crappy Fun Time, SuperCrappyFunTime dot com. Um, we were talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, and he said, out of all of the you know Marvel movies, this was the one that was more like. I'm trying to think of a good example. This movie was a James Good James Gunn movie that happened to also be a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. It was not a Marvel movie made by James Gunn. Whereas Avengers, like that's a Marvel movie made by Joss Whedon. It's not a Joss Whedon movie, really, by any stretch of the the means. He's just that talented. But uh, like this was a James Gunn movie. It really felt like we're watching, you know, something like Super. It's subversive and and just kind of. I don't want to say I don't want to say mean. I use that a lot, but. Uh, it's it's mischievous mm-hmm. in a way that, that that James Gunn is, but it's it's also like part of the most this highly the uh, fashionable brand on the planet. Same guy who did Super. Oh yeah, he did Super. Oh. Oh, he wow. did Slither. Slither, which is just you know, that is that is the one of the yeah. best movies I've. That actually might even I would even go to say that Slither might be in my top ten all time movies. Oh, wow. I fucking love Slither. Slither is crazy. Um, it's cool. It's yeah, Gu- Guardians for me like it. Like I said, it, it's a movie that's accessible to or and appealing to any age, uh, whether it's a, a little kid or you know an old person who's like, oh yeah, that it's Star, Star Wars, Wars movie. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, exactly. and I don't mean to say, and I don't mean that to be like, uh, oh, they just they, yeah. man, they made Star Wars. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's because it is similar to Star Wars, but it's like it is as close as anyone's ever come to making Star Wars. I think it's. It, it, I read a review that said uh, watching Chris Pratt was like watching Han Solo. Yeah. Birth Harrison Ford, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it is. I mean, Chris yeah. Pratt is. He was in what? How many movies this year? Three hundred and fifty. Dude, and he became, he a, became movie a star a, in this movie. Exactly. He was that guy who was funny on a TV show. Yeah. He's a household name. Yeah. You know, there was a time where I was like, oh, you know, the guy who's kind of chunky from uh from uh what's that show? Yeah. Uh, he was Parks and Rec, right? Yeah. yeah Parks yeah. and Rec. 
you know the guy. He's really funny. Yeah, and that I was think he's six months ago. Ferris. That was like earlier this year. The, yeah. And now I'm like Chris Pratt. I'd fuck him. You know, yeah. it's it's. It, we're I there. mean, he lit- it, it and it, like when he's just dancing under the title of that movie in the beginning. Oh yeah. And it's just one of the. It's so joyful, and so you just feel ha- the. And the tone of this movie is there immediately. Oh, actually, I mean? like yeah. Speaking of the beginning, like that actually was a very, very emotional. Oh yeah. Scene. I was like, wow, this this it's movie has a yeah. This this movie has a, a gut punch right from the start. Yeah. And like, it uh it shattered records at least in terms of what it was in in soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It oh, sold. God. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and that's why I mean uh, it's not my it's not my favorite, but I I felt that I couldn't I couldn't not have this on my list because like I said, in twenty years from now. Um, you know, this is this is the movie that a lot of people are still going to be watching, like religiously. I think you're oh, probably yeah. right. So, yeah. So I've watched it twice. I had to put it on the list. So, I mean, I, I've seen it a couple times. Since. I, I will. I've, I've only seen it once. I, my list comes with a caveat because that absolutely is one of my hands down favorite movies of the year. It was probably the best time I had at the movies because I went with my dad, who oh, had never geez. seen IMAX or 3D, yeah. and he was seeing IMAX 3D that, and he fucking loved it. <laughs> yeah, and he only likes. The only two things I know he likes are uh, Goodfellas and anything that's anti-Obama. That's the only thing. Those are the only two things that he likes. I don't even think he likes me that much. He likes he likes but, camo uh, fleece pants. Oh, I've yeah, noticed. but you know what? He got me a pair for Christmas, and I like camo fleece pants. They're fucking deliciously comfy. But uh, he loved that movie. But um, that that for my list the caveat is if it's a marvel movie it is a foregone conclusion that i absolutely love it and you should go see it but i don't need to tell you that because you already saw it <laughs> so i just left all marvel off my yeah. list i tried but to but that deserves to be there but yeah we'll get there <laughs> uh, that was a uh, nine Punching I guess. kicking people nine? off yeah. a boat kicking people off a boat yeah i did i mean it's, it's, did I any other I movie can, have that this year i saw that movie once yeah. and i can picture that more than anything oh it's <laughs> Oh, it's great. Uh, okay, no, okay. So number eight for me, uh, and I think this appears on a bunch on everybody's list in some way or another. So we can either talk now or wait for this one. Oh, no, Birdman we'll is now. my number eight. Uh, yeah. You know what? I, I say we that. wait we because wait. I have we that totally pretty prominent yeah, yeah, feature. Uh, my Birdman. number eight is Boyhood. Does anyone else have that? I don't. I do not. That was another tough cut. Because I actually didn't get to see this one, Reed but you too. guys can can have. I'll just it. say this about Boyhood: the reason why it's on my list is because what they did. Is impossible. Yeah, and they did it. You said this to me earlier. I was fascinated by this. Say this the is, same thing. Yeah, I, 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 did you see it, Garrett? I did not. Oh, okay, okay. As background, right. if you don't know what Boyhood is, it was shot in segments over the course of twelve years, so that you watch this entire cast grow. And it's a large boy. cast, <laughs> and over twelve years, not a single person died. Well, so that, actually, that first off I'm is curious, a miracle. I'm, no, I'm curious. Has has he gone on record and said that because? I don't know that maybe someone that's did, true. and then they just wrote him well, out. And that's why that's uh, what I said earlier uh, was was I haven't looked forward to a, a Blu-ray release or well, DVD, oh, yeah, like a release uh, to to not only just an uncut, but I haven't looked forward to, like because Interstellar and this, but I haven't looked forward to a director's commentary in like oh, ten yeah, years, that's literally. True. I and I cannot wait for the director's commentary of this movie, and like I want to hear. What and and even just the special features of what was yeah. cut, what they you know what they had to cut because yeah. this person just didn't feel like doing it or someone died. I don't know if that, oh, any yeah. of that happened, but yeah. th- it had to have. And and but what I like about it though is that yeah, exactly. Been it doesn't. The plot didn't. lines almost seem to come naturally. Now, of course, these aren't real people within the right, the right. story of the movie, but it it just kind of goes. 
Actually, I think the most, the biggest miracle is that that kid didn't just be like, "Fuck you, man! I don't want to be in your movie." And just beast. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and and he was wonderful in it. But you notice the, there wasn't the any that, shots of uh, his shirt off because they had like whiplashes. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> whiplash. <laughs> no, but it's it, it was just it made me think two things about myself, and the first was like, "Wow, twelve years really can pass in a blink of an eye." I'm 30. I remember 18 like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that's like almost half my life ago. Mm-hmm. And the other thing it made me realize was that like... I, I, gotta, I gotta figure out how to put this. It just... It, it, it made me like motivated in a way that was like... I, I, I can... My my life is my life, but like life can be a movie. Yeah, nothing happens in this movie that's extraordinary that demands being filmed. It's just a very realistic portrayal of a life. Like life is cinematic, and as someone who loves movies, I have a cinematic out view on life. And you can find you can find movie star success in just being normal. Yeah, but at the same time, like you can also press yourself over twelve years to make a goddamn masterpiece of a movie. It worked on every level. I was moved. Oh, I was cool. floored. You that know? really makes it, me it, see it. Yeah, it's, I, I really, really liked it. Uh, I watched it uh, twice. I actually watched it again. Um, it wasn't on my list yesterday, and then I was uh, listening to some music, and Coldplay, Yellow, came on, what, what? and that's the opening song of the movie when the kid's just laying there in the grass, uh, and I pictured that, and I was like, you know what? I forgot, but for the month after I saw Boyhood, I thought about it every day and just like cheesed, but felt, you know bleak in a way is yeah my that's a, that's a richard linklater's a goddamn genius oh yeah did God you see the uh, before trilogy i've never seen oh my single god one that's that's like but yeah, it's that's my favorite movie the, because the before you know that follows the, one relationship over you know a couple decades uh boyhood follows just a family dynamic over yeah, a couple decades no, it's so amazing oh. there's that the before trilogy is absolutely amazing like there's so many several like there's several um, That's one of the few movies scenes, I've heard Oliver Yu or Matt Matthew saying yes. say uh, that he liked. Interesting. He's he's a Chris O'Connor where he just yeah. doesn't like things. <laughs> yeah, Boyhood was Boyhood was great, and like I said, like rewatching it the second time, I was saying I, I was thinking to myself like, oh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot in the beginning where you're like, oh, there's there they could have filmed more of this. They could. So it was it, I I found myself nitpicking it a little bit until so they I didn't got even to, try. I let it wash over I, me. It, I did honestly. I mean, how can you be a guy our age oh, and know, not see know, yourself in that kid oh, in no, some way? I did There's a no way. Times. He was slightly of a later generation, but as there were so many things that that were motivated probably just by the actor's own just attitude at the time mm-hmm. that it, it just. I remember that. Like yeah, I, I remember so, yeah. it, and it seems silly it's, now. But like there was a time where it's like that was me. That was my def. That was how I define myself. You yeah, know? it's and, so relatable. And that has changed. It's so relatable. Um, the one, the one thing I think that stands out really well is, um, is I think Patricia Arquette. It's, it's not Rosanna. It was Patricia Arquette yeah, Patricia. who, if she won Best Actress, she should, I would, I would, I would go to, I would start going to church. That yeah, awesome. she, she, she definitely deserves a, a, no, a, a nomination at least at the very, oh, very yeah. least for that. And, and I think she got the SAG Award for it, but I don't really? remember. Yeah, and I, I will she say that um, that even Linklater, uh, you know, best accomplishment in directing, because that's, oh, yeah. that's, that's what that's what that's what the award used to be called is best accomplishment in directing. No, it's it's best achievement in directing. It's it's still yeah, yeah. is we just abbreviated it yeah. as best director. But so best achievement, I mean, that is probably the Last best year achievement. Last reflected it. Gravity got it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah exactly. That's, that's yeah. cool. That might not be the best movie of the year, but like it's the best achievement. Quran did something. Yeah, that is definitely the best achievement. Yeah, in in directing. Boyhood that. 
movie hurt. Oh, it was, man, it I was can't good. wait to see this now. I'm that like was really what, excited I'll to tell you what this. happened after Boyhood. I called my whole family. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, I, I loved the, um, the – this isn't a spoiler. Like, towards the end when they were just like, oh, here's his uncle and his boss, and they were just fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. You're like, what? what there's people like yeah, that in like, your life, yeah. you know? But, but they, didn't, they didn't add that z- – like, it wasn't zany humor. I don't even know how to describe it. Just, like, weird weirdos, like, that are in your life. Like, they were just – Hilarious, stupid, drunk weirdos. Oh yeah, and they were. I was like, "This is fucking hilarious!" Like, and, they, they, and that's they didn't appear like, throughout the whole, link later. Yeah, you know that was because he probably just made them get drunk. And, oh yeah, and yeah. shot them. He probably got drunk later. Is a guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I actually just watched a uh, sidetrack. I just watched uh, what's his uh, slacker. Oh, I, like I've two months ago. It's on Netflix. Amazing! It's been on yeah. my queue for for years. It, it, it's the it's the movie and like you know, remember the Simpsons episode where they just kept kind of going around Springfield. And it was several different episodes, yeah. you know, mm. several different uh, day in the lives. That's exactly right. what uh, Slacker was, and just I was like, like, I have, Austin, right? oh I yeah, mean, I've never later, seen he's that. just a. I mean, every one of his movies is different, and it's always original and creative. It's never lazy. Yeah, I will say this before we move on from Boyhood. Because I, I make this joke all the time, but it really did happen. When I first sat down for Boyhood, my first thought when it started, I was like, oh, wow, Ethan Hawke looks good. <laughs> it's like he's like 12 years younger than, oh, I'm retarded. <laughs> okay, we can move on. What was your What was your number eight? Yeah, what's your number eight? Uh, my number eight was uh, Foxcatcher, actually. Oh, Not right. on my list. Uh, it wasn't necessarily a tough cut just because that's not my flavor of picture generally, mm-hmm. but that's a great movie. Yeah, I really liked Foxcatcher. I, I mean, the acting was absolutely amazing, and uh, it, just the the big three or the the three main characters. In I really it. thought Carell's whole like I, I talk I, I, was going to be like stupid Oscar bait, but in context, it was terrifying. Yeah, it well, he was great. I, what, what I liked I about love, it, too- I love three men stories. It's oh, a weird yeah. thing to say, but I love stories that are just like three men kind of at odds with each other or oh, sort yeah. of trying to do something. You know? Yeah, it, like the whole movie was just like uh, just shot it's very unsettling. Bleak. Yeah, it's just bleak and just. Even Three even Men and they... a Baby is my favorite of that genre, but we can oh, move right on. on. <laughs> you know what it actually kind of reminded me of tonally? Shutter Island in the weirdest way. Oh, just, really? Man, I, I, I like that movie. I, I love Shutter Island. Yeah. The thing is, it's I didn't nothing get that, like though, Shutter probably. Island, but I had that feeling where I was just like, I am trapped. Yeah, and this yeah. is bad. Yeah. Shutter Island. But uh, that's that's how it felt. I, I think like uh, it, it worked so well because it was very bleak the whole time, even just the scenery. and um, But when something happened, whether you knew it was coming or not, it was unsettling, like so, and it was my so theater, impactful. Like my theater like, screamed. Boom. I oh, jumped cool. out of my seat. My theater screamed. See, I don't the, know the what this moment is you're talking about. I know that it builds I. to something like that, but I don't know what it is. But even, so even other moments. Real quick, what do you know about it? All I know is it's a murder plot. In some okay, way. That's, that's all, all I, knew I know going in. Yeah. So you don't know who yeah. dies or who right, kills. Nope, nope. And even though like you can figure it from watching, sure, there's still not enough. Yeah. And yeah, I I didn't I've I'd never heard this story before. This movie sat. I'm with excited me. to be surprised by. And it. I did a little research on it. I wrote the thing for Cinadelphia about like right. true, stories. true stories. And Foxcatcher yeah. is. Rem- there are different things. Sure. There's a time shift. Yeah. But when it comes to the events and the motivations, it's like spot on. Yeah. It was. I mean, the the I, I could talk forever about the acting just because like, dude Ruffalo. Ru- yeah, dude. When Ru- uh. Ruffalo at, at one point the he way said, they they move like yeah, wrestlers uh, is it was unreal. when they first start they they you oh, know the Ruffalo and uh, Channing Tatum when they start just. They're like stretching each other out, and they start to drill, and it's like, I you know, for lack of a better word, it's it's very gay. I don't want to say you know not a bad way, but but it's also very animalistic. Yeah, no, but it's also very animalistic. Like like when you watch when you watch two animals play, and it was very just 
but then it, it goes from just like a, I'm stretching your shoulders, mm-hmm. or you're stretching my shoulders mm-hmm. to just a, like just attacking yeah. each We're other. Doing drills. And We're that doing was drills. that was beautifully shot. And just but the acting was what just I liked the, about that the is body positioning. You say animalistic, and that's dead on because when animals play. And you you always see it is they they test each other's limits mm-hmm. and then one of them breaks the limits and then they stop. Well, the, the and then whole they get back into the whole it. Com- and in that scene, like they're doing drills, they're doing stretches, they're drilling with one another. Then it starts to get heated. Then one of them gets a bloody nose and they stop. And there's never any moment of just mm. like you fucked up my nose. Fuck. It's just like all right, let's clean up. Let's start over again. Mm-hmm. Well, the whole comparison so was yeah. to the horses. Good call. I mean, oh, they, yeah. the whole the whole comparison of the movie was like, yeah, they're basically animals, and and um, well, that's, uh, that Dupont, was which, Dupont's mom was yeah. the, the horse wrangler, yeah. and he wanted his yeah, and thing, yeah. and Steve Carell, who plays John Dupont, was the whole time he says, you know, I want, you know, he kind of wanted to be a wrestler, mm-hmm. he wanted to, uh, you know, train the wrestlers, and and he, you know, he had a, almost a higher air about him, obviously. But um, like I said, there were so many points in it where you either knew something was coming or mm-hmm. something came out of the blue and it impacted. Like I mean, there's a scene where there's a, a you know a, bi- a bitch slap. Oh and, yeah. And I was like, oh, you and know, it's funny too. The, I was so scene. taken back. Oh, the coke scene. Coke was scene was great. But there's so many points in that movie. Coke where, and a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but uh, sounds extravagant. It's awesome. <laughs> And on their way to Philly, I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, let's think it's a local story. Well, Channing that's the Tatum, only way full to transformation. He's downright ugly, and that man's a beefcake. And <laughs> he plays like a dumb guy. That everybody has a uh, has uh, practical effect makeup of cauliflower ear uh-huh. because they're all wrestlers. Yep. But he plays like he seems like a Neanderthal kind of. Yeah. It, it's a different person. Well, he does look awesome. like a thumb. Yeah, he's uh, but he's got like an underbite, and he's kind of dumb in this yeah. movie. It's, there's it's cool. uh, there's Good a shit. scene where uh, some like. Uh, Ruffalo, real quick, uh, goes to someone's hotel room, and then after they shut the door, he's just standing there, and it's fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. like, he's just got this weird dude. He transforms. He's, such a, though. You know, he's always a physically great actor. I mean, look at Eternal Sunshine. He gets, he's just like, oh no, no. Like, spoiler alert! But when he gets shot to death in Collateral, I have nightmares about that. Oh still. fuck, I forgot about because, that. Because yeah, he has, but he captures this moment of where he gr- he grasps the whole gravity of the situation. <laughs> Gets the two in the chest, realizes he's going to die, realizes the whole plot at the same time that you realize the whole plot, and then takes one in the head. Uh, that shit is heartbreaking, and he does it all with his eyes. I love you, Mark Ruffalo. The kids all right sucked, but I forgive you. <laughs> and wasn't that like the only thing he was nominated for, too? Yeah, it was oh, garbage. <laughs> he was good in it, but that movie was so stupid. Um, we we got to move, we gotta did, move did forward. Did you do your number eight, Garrett? Uh, yeah, it was Birdman, so we'll get to that oh, as, yeah, as we hit other. So my seven was uh, Enemy. Okay, we should hold that because that's okay. later for cool. me. My seventh Snowpiercer. Uh, that did not that, make my loved, list, I but that. I would love to talk about it. All right, what I like about Snowpiercer, and this just squeezed onto my list last night. Um, the uh, it's weird. I yeah. like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you were saying before that like science fiction used to be weird, and now it's like homogenized. Almost. It's it's clinical, yeah, which is great. There's a lot to be sure. said about that. But I, I was reading Drew McQueenie's list, and he said Snowpiercer was just like weird sci-fi, and I was like, you know what? I really liked Snowpiercer a lot. And for uh, Jun Bong Ho, yes, he did Mother, which is awesome. I haven't seen uh, Mother. Oh, Mother is great. It's yeah. funny. It's weird in like that old boy sensibility yeah. where it's funny and it's it's weird, but it's it's light and like carnival kind of mm-hmm. it's a uh, for for a director to come to america make their debut adapting a manga there's no reason why it should be this good mm. and the only thing that all of that working against it manifested in was it didn't have a wide release yeah but it's it's just a great movie there's a singular vision through and through that i think is true to that director's form 
and it it says a lot about our culture, despite the fact that it was written, you know, a, a few years before. And although it's weird, good. it features some of the best performances this year. Tilda Swinton they're weird performances, it. but they're great. Ed She's Harris, fantastic, amazing. And, yeah, and and Chris Evans, Chris Evans, career is best. I'll say great it. in this movie, career best. They don't have bullets. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, it's so good. I, I think first of all, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be huge on Netflix. Oh yeah. Oh, it is. yeah. And not only yeah. yeah. I um yeah because it was just put on Netflix. Uh, go see it if you if uh, go yeah. see it. Go yeah. home and see yeah, it. Out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, get off your computer and Dude, get on your computer. Sequence like it's got some unique, interesting action I, oh, sequences too. There's a you stupid fucks. There's a tunnel ahead. I forget the exact line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but there was, yeah, that movie, I, I, I started rewatching it the other night on, uh, on Netflix. That's what won me over. I put it on last night while I was writing and it was, I kept looking over. It's like 10 bucks on Blu-ray at Target too. Go pick it up. (laughs) I got Netflix. Um, yeah, I, exactly. I have Netflix. Um, and and what I love about this and, uh, it's kind of the same thing about, uh, what was it? Sunshine where they kind of just throw the, throw the, yeah, me too. They throw the scenario at you where they're like, okay, sci-fi scenario. This is the, this is the world you're living in. If you have any complaints about that, shut the fuck up and watch the movie. Where it's oh, just yeah. like, oh yeah, the global warming, uh, you know, tried to counteract it by shooting bombs in the air and uh, shit didn't work, so now everyone's alive on one fucking train. Shut the fuck up and watch the movie. And if you if you do that, if you if you suspend your reality, if you don't be like, well, wait a minute, uh, quite, you know, I, I got a question. If you this take reality, the story at face yeah, value, it's it's a it's, it's just a straightforward, action, great man. little action movie. Um, and I don't think it has really any commentary on it, which some people I might think. I think it does. It's it, it's actually quite literal with it, without battering you over the head. I mean, back of the car is yeah, poor people, no, front I'm, of the car is, and as you get higher and higher, not yeah. only does the status rise, but you gain more knowledge of the situation. Yeah, it's certainly uh, got see a it. Yeah, now that, yeah. now I see it. Now that I'm at the head of the uh, car, and actually, one of my my <laughs> favorite things about this movie is uh, some of the things that are implied by the quote unquote reality of it. If we buy into the reality completely, there are a bunch of really great, like, funny, just interesting things about this movie. Oh, For yeah. instance, uh, there's a the, basically the the way it's set up is everybody's on a train and every car is like its own world, right? Its own microcosm of mm. the world we used to live in. Yeah. And so they get to a car that is the school car. That was it's, a great scene. It's where they teach all the children, right? Yeah. Great sequence. When we get to the point where there's like guns involved in the sequence, it's really crazy and fun. Oh, yeah. But, but here's it, it my favorite thing about it. has that cheeky wink, wink and nod of old boy and, oh, and totally Lady is. Vengeance Here's and my shit. favorite yeah. thing about this sequence. About 20 minutes later, we get to a sequence where they get to a car that is just a rave that's happening all the time. Oh, it's like yeah, a 24-7 yeah. rave. Yeah. Which means... At some point every day, a group of children wake up in the rich part of the train, walk <laughs> through, through a 24-hour rave, and <laughs> go to school. It's oh, I love you all gotta. the weird implied sort of things about oh, this yeah. world. Well, it's, maybe it's maybe weird. the rave is like 22 hours where they take a break <laughs> off for the kids to go to school. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to throw this out to you, Scott, because I know you've seen it. But my favorite thing about Snowpiercer is that commercial from uh, Movie 43 would exist yes, yes, in no, the world yes, of yes, that's exactly. But I don't want to say it yeah, because that's the yeah. big hook. Well, that's what I said to you. I said, that was fucking hilarious. Yeah. That was like, that nailed me over the head. Oh, my God, yeah. I'm going to read this quote. I, exactly I posted this about. on Facebook the other day. It's from Grant Morrison. Okay. I love and, Grant um, Morrison. I posted this oh, yes. uh, because this I, I just found it to be a very interesting quote. And it's, uh, <clears throat> kids understand that real crabs don't sing like the ones in The Little Mermaid. But you give an adult fiction, and the adult starts asking really fucking dumb questions like, how does Superman fly? How do those I-beams work? Who pumps the Batmobile's tires? (laughs) It's a fucking made-up story, you idiot. 
Nobody pumps the tires. <laughs> yeah. And Snowpiercer. I'll have an obvious answer for this. 400. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it's a cheap way to say it because this is the wrong word, but I can't come up with anything better. It leans on that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, okay, it, it trusts us to do that. I'll yeah. put it that way. It doesn't lean on it. It trusts us to do that because do you care, asshole? Enjoy the the Magic Train movie. I, you know? In general, I think as long as the movie plays by its own rules, there's no reason to, to get too upset by it, right? Like it, Absolutely. Uh, Snowpiercer establishes a world, establishes a bunch of rules for that world, and plays within them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't pull the rug out from under us at any point with those rules. Oh, no, not it at all. It follows those rules to a T. So all we have to do is suspend our disbelief that, like, yeah, that's not the world we live in. The rules of this world are not the rules of our world. Mm-hmm. Buy into that, and you're good, right? Like, a, but but anytime a movie then pulls the rug out of its own rules, I think that's when we have problems. But I, it's frustrating to me when I see people start picking apart things. Yeah. Like, actually, Interstellar was, I think, a little overpicked apart this year. Oh, absolutely. I think Interstellar plays by its own rules, uh, and and it is fun and better for it. I've always, so many people have said to me, Interstellar. I don't know. It was kind of dumb, and in my head, I'm going, "You're dumb." Yeah. But uh, I mean it, but I'm not going to say it and, to you. And listen, I, I had problems with Interstellar. It's not in my top ten. But the, uh, it, it is way better than anybody gives it credit for. Oh, it's, yeah. And for those reasons. It, and made, me, it made me pick up a Stephen Hawking book because I, I am adamant that uh, the whole black hole uh, – thing in time travel is just not fucking possible uh, like no, i swear like the effects time yeah, nope, I, it nope, was, it's nope. so hard to I'm, accept, I'm, i think i'm on that chapter of a brief time or a brief history of time Dude, and that I'm was like, the hardest thing for me to grasp no but it's one of those nope. things that there's no <laughs> nothing expl- you say mr hawking is making sense like i'm reading there's no shit. explaining <laughs> it it just is yeah. and it's the hardest nope. thing to take nope. on faith because it's not faith it's <laughs> science but oh it's crazy yeah but the okay. thing about Snowpiercer, yes. uh, to jump into uh, just real quick before we leave from it, one, it's an original movie. Yes. It's completely original. And well, it's basically two, Yeah, but I mean, it's it's not a franchise. It's yes. a story. No, I, I know you where you're what going, I mean. yeah. And two, at the end of the day, it's a question, once again, of who am I? Yes. Because when Chris Evans finds out how that train is running and realizes that he is relying on the system, even though he's at the bottom of it. The story he's been being told, that's just a story. What, what do we know? Yep. And so, I, Snowpiercer rocks. Uh, I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, I for me, it had some uh, third act complications that I think. Uh, I think a lot of sci-fi does. It, it does. You got to yeah. tie that it's bow, just, and it's yep. like, but the box is too full. Yeah, you, know, yep. you just gotta. Yeah. Uh, but it was super enjoyable. Anyone else's seven? Did we do sevens for what all of you? Se- I think we put that one on hold. Too. Mine was enemy. We put oh, it yeah, on yeah. Hold. Okay. Uh, 22 Jump Street. Did you see that? Not on my I list. I did see 22 and, Jump and, Street. And, uh, I, did I haven't see seen it. Neighbors, so that's why I was curious that I want to bring it up. Um, so, so you think it, it I, actually... Listen, I, you know, I didn't see 22 Jump Street, so I'm going to pee during this. Please right. go for it. Go for it. I loved 22 Jump Street. I thought it was really great and really funny. Mm-hmm. The only reason it's not on my list and I don't think becomes like my favorite comedy of the year mm-hmm. is because as funny as 22 Jump Street is and the fact that it's even a good comedy sequel, which is something that kind of doesn't exist, is mm-hmm. like fantastic. It is a comedy sequel. And it's just like I didn't need another one of those. No, does that my, make any sense? It it does to a, to an extent, but I think uh, th- th- I, I am going to use that as the argument for why it's on my uh, okay, my yeah, list. sure. Because it, it's it's not only just you don't see a lot of com- well, comedy sequels usually suck. Yes, and sequels aren't always the best. That's true. So, yeah, you, know, you, in you always you always have the question of like, oh, what what sequel is better than the original? And I will flat out say Twenty Two Jump Street because and and not only do they use the fact that it is a sequel, I love that they. They they're just like okay, this is a sequel. We're gonna beat it over its head, and without like giving away too much. If it, you know, um, I, I just love the fact that it's just 
you know, well, how did, how did they, how did we pull this off? Oh, because we, you did so good on the first case that we have a bigger budget. Like, it's just the a actual slap you plot over the, the head. The actual part of the movie is what did we do last time? That worked, right? Let's yeah. Let's do it and, again. And I think that's absolutely brilliant. I mean, and, and the fact that they just clobber you over the head with it, it does not get old like it could in any other movie. And then there's just so, so many original things in it. Like, a, you know, they have, uh, or you know, new things that they don't—that's not their only crush right. to, to 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 lean on. But I mean, the the girl from Workaholics was she was uh, fantastic, and everybody in it was. Yeah. I mean, and there's a, there's maybe a scene or two that I don't think was that I didn't p- find personally hilarious. That other people were like, that was hilarious. I'm like, I I'm glad you think so, yeah. because it was it was one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, and it's definitely the best comedy sequel. It definitely surpasses the first as not just a, a comedy, but as a sequel in whole. And I, like I said, you never see that. Like, there's. You, did they do anything to tie it into the series like they did with the original one? Uh, Are there any like throwaway jokes? Yes, yes. Because I love oh, that. Do, yeah. Is that cool? Post, post credits, yes. yes. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Because yeah, I'm definitely going to see that. Oh, and that's another thing. The post credits are, are freaking great. It does Back-ass. have this brilliant. Uh, I mean, because the central conceit of the movie is it's a sequel. We're going to. In the same way that the first one winks at, like, hey, we're remaking a television yeah. show. This winks even harder at like, hey, we're making a sequel to a remake uh, of a and television it, and it show. And it works so yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, and it works really well. And so then the post credit sequence is just the biggest like double wink, double middle finger, fuck you. Right on. Like the it's. it's I'm, I'm definitely gonna see this. It's and it's, dude, it is it is worth seeing because it really is for a comedy sequel. It is like exceptional. And and it's you know and I mean? it's. I, I mean, that, that, and I like the first one. Oh yeah. And and the first one's a good funny movie. One. Yeah, it was great. But this movie really is it does. Better? Oh, it, as as a comedy and yeah. as a movie, it surpasses the second. Right on. The first I'm one. Into I mean. it. And and Th- that's a rare thing. I the only movie that that collectively people seem to think might be better than the original is Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that, but I can see disagreeing with that comedy sequels that are better don't happen yeah but i I, I actually disagree with with scott on that but uh, but only in like the slightest of ways like i only disagree with it because it's just to me it's like it's no better or worse than the first one and just because comedies are the way they are it's just yeah. like I don't need another well, one of these you can't just you can yeah. never justify a comedy yeah, sequel's right. existence yeah, it's never that, happened exactly yeah, never happened. Like, then, I, but I don't in, need in that extent movies, you but. can't justify a comedy's existence yeah. in exactly it's, right. it's, yeah. it's there, oh, no, it's there to make you laugh it. it's there to make no, it's, exactly. it's there to entertain and it's great I want to see it I just missed it I think it does a better job than the first one that's fine Yeah. and just as a sequel as and it, it it gets around that whole stigma mm-hmm. of being a sequel by just slapping you over the head nonstop, reminding you because it, I like so a, rarely see comedies in theaters just because they don't require a theatrical yeah, right. exactly, viewing. Yeah. And, I didn't uh, see it in theaters. I saw well, it on it an also, airplane, and, and then and I so bought I, I it. I tend as to soon miss them when out. they when they disappear. I will say this had two of my favorite moments this year. It had one of my favorite lines this year, uh, which was as they so one you know the one of the jokes of the movies. There's call out the fact that they have more money this time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so they walk into their new headquarters at Twenty Two Jump Street, and they're just like. Wow, look at this. It's so expensive. Like, there's just, like, wildly inappropriate. We don't even need most of this stuff. And then they look up, and Ice Cube, who's, like, their, you yeah, know, their yeah, captain, yeah. is standing in a room that is just a cube made of glass. <laughs> and they go, like, they go like, wow, he's, like, in a cube of ice. There's, it was, like, one of my favorite you things in a movie this year. During, one of, during one of the zany chase scenes at the what end is where this? they're... What is this thing? Uh, where they're going back and no, all right, where they're going back and forth Scott across. Was doing a school marm gesture. Well, it's because <laughs> it's because they're going back and forth across oh, okay. the screen, 
and it's zany music playing. Do you notice the building they pass in front of? Oh, I don't know. I, I forget. It's it's the Benjamin Hill School of or building of something. So it's Benny Hill. Oh, that's so funny, they're doing. Yeah. And, oh, that's really clever. And, but then there's another clever one that I hate to spoil. But man, well, Miller and Lord are pretty yeah. good yeah. at that kind of there's, shit. Now. There was another uh, another thing when uh, they're saying like uh, Ice Cube's yelling at him, saying like you can't do anything else. The first time it worked so well. This is what you're gonna do. And and Channing Tatum says, but uh. You know, maybe we can just like join the CIA and I can protect the president or something. And like, so they just yeah, slap. Yeah. I mean, there's so much slap the audience in the oh, face, yeah, and so it many works. Winks it, the, it, even in the trailer, when he's yeah. just like, uh, "We had to move to a new address. It's 22 Jump Street." Well, and the whole thing is, like I said, like um, we like, didn't I, expect it to work the first time, <laughs> and it worked in spades. Yeah. So we got to do it again, cool. but this time we're sending you to color. And, and, and I need, I get what they're going. Yeah, for. I needed a comedy on my list. This is by far like I, I didn't Do see I neighbors, have so a I can't say. On my list? So this is by far my favorite and f- uh, my favorite comedy of the year, and I think yeah. the funniest. And like I said, it, it it really works as a sequel, and it, it trumps the first well, one. In my I, opinion, I, by no far. it on did my list have one I thought exceptionally. I'll, I'll get that. Uh, one more, just an exceptionally joyous moment this year in a movie mm. was, and this is a little bit of a spoiler, Dan, but there's a moment in this movie where. Uh, one of the it's sort of discovered as a twist, but it's like midway through the movie. It's That's not that fine. much of a twist. It's, it's, one of the discoveries matter. is that it turns out the girl that um, uh, uh, spoiler alert, yeah, yeah, not Channing Tatum. Uh, boy, I can't think of his Jonah name. Jonah Hill. Now. Jonah Hill has been sort of hitting on <laughs> is actually Ice Cube's daughter. Oh, okay, uh, okay, and it turns out he's not just been hitting on her. He finally sealed the deal with her, and uh. so and they all discover this collectively, like at the same moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it just turns into Channing Tatum realizing it slower than everyone else oh nice so nice, like nice. everybody else gets it. he's got comedic chops oh, that are that dude, are it is a unexpected. joyous moment of like like uh uh jonah hill and ice cube like having these eyes with each other like holy fuck and yeah. then all of a sudden it registers for tatum and there's just this joyous moment of the camera holding a really wide shot yeah. of him just triumphantly marching around the 22 jump street <laughs> space yeah just making just like he fucked your daughter just like <laughs> uh, just so joyous i can and, get like, into that it's so funny it, Ch- it's, yeah you gotta see fox <laughs> channing tatum's great i don't know what the first you gotta movie see a guy to recognizing your saints yeah uh, well, that was i was gonna bring that up i don't know what the first channing tatum movie i saw was but i never I, you know i didn't buy it uh, by him as an actor. Side effects. But then, but then when, yeah, I saw that after. But when uh, I remember, I think I red boxed that, and I was like, I bought it. I was like, everybody's got to fucking see this. This movie's excellent. A guy to recognizing your saints. Oh yeah. And that uh, movie I never even heard of until you showed it to me. It was, was a like, red box. It was a it was a straight to red box. And it was fucking good. And that was like that was early in in Channing Tatum's career when and and. I put it on for like I kept saying, "Oh, you got to see this to everybody," and that that was like the movie that it was like, "Wow, Channing Tatum's not a joke. Like he's a really good actor. Yeah, and he's a good dancer, he's, but he's also a good actor. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he's great, and he's great, he can and step uh, up. he and can also fucking throw down. He's 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 uh, award uh, deserving in Foxcatcher, and then he's just great comedically, yeah. you know, in in Twenty Two Jump Street. So he's movie, he's man. my number one movie of the year, Channing. Tatum. <laughs> Channing Tatum, which moves into number there's a one. Porn, there's a porno version of a guide to recognizing your saints called <clears throat> a guide to recognizing your taint. <laughs> Should we move on? Does it have uh, hair on it? Number six. I don't. I have a feeling this isn't on anybody else's list. Mine's it. It is Captain America Two: The Winter Soldier. Not on my list. Go for Not it. Not on my list. Okay, at all. so here and it ended up over Guardians too, which I, and I, here's why. This is oh, I'll put it this way. Like I said, this it's on my list, but it's a foregone conclusion. So I, 
omitted it from my this list. This is the only reason it's on my list. I did not have more fun in a movie theater this year than watching Captain America kick a man off a fucking boat. That was badass. It, I, I I can't explain it. The, and that this was whole the dude at the beginning, full. right? That first yeah. throwdown on the ship. That yeah, was yeah. fucking. That whole scene was like it, just oh, boom. It was incredible. This movie was. What, they did something that like you were talking before about how one of the things that's so joyous about Guardians of the Galaxy is we're watching a James Gunn movie that yes. happens to be a Marvel movie. Yes. One of the things that I liked so much about Captain America Two was it it sort of figured something out that I think we're now going to see through the next phase at least of Marvel movies, which is. We're no longer watching the origin stories of heroes, although we will get new origin stories. But even those are going to be wrapped up in some other genre's stamp, yes. right? Yes. These are no longer just going to be superhero movies. For instance, Ant-Man supposedly will be a heist movie Yes. about Ant-Man. Iron Man was a Shane Black movie. Yes, Iron Man was, Iron was a Man. Shane Black movie about Iron Man. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was a, a James Gunn movie set in, in the Marvel Universe, right? This was a, a central... To me, like, this is the thing I loved about this. This was, like, all the president's men. <laughs> it felt like a Bourne in, movie in Marvel. Captain America yeah, instead yeah, of Bourne. Yeah. And it, Falcon. It, yeah, <laughs> yes. It was yeah. a political thriller. Uh, oh, in, in the style of, like, kind of a 70s paranoid political thriller. My only and criticism is that it's, for Captain it's America political thriller in the himself. bigger picture. Yes. But... It still works in a vacuum. 100%. I really, really enjoyed this movie so much. It was just so fun. And oh, I, yeah. I, and I just, I couldn't, I was trying to make this list, and I was looking at things that I, I, I wanted to put on it, and I needed to take off of it, and I just, at the end of the day, couldn't bring myself to take Captain America off of the You've list. You've been talking I, it up in every episode we've done since I you've seen it. I didn't have yeah. this much fun in a movie this year. It was oh, just, it was, it was the most fun I had in a theater this year. Absolutely. It's got to be on my list. Uh, the reason why I loved Captain America, too, it was uh, the first movie I saw post uh, Under the Skin. Uh, with Scarlet, and yes. I'm like, oh god, oh yeah, so fucking hot. <laughs> um, that is actually my six, but uh, we'll get to that. Oh, with, uh, fascinating. With um, uh, Captain America, and I, uh, I don't want to cheapen it for you. Yes, I really wish you stuck with Agents of Shield because yeah. when those two weeks added yeah. up to Captain America, and then the following week finished it, it was like. A primo pop culture moment, yeah, and that really informed a lot of Captain America Two to the point where when things would happen in Captain America Two, I was like, "Oh my God, what is Coulson gonna do?" <laughs> <laughs> and so like it's it's cool, but uh, that's a testament to just the fact, uh, and also the reason why it's not on my list is like Marvel A plus. Yep, like you're just killing it. Yeah, even your worst movies are still great. Yeah, so do it. Yeah, but we had this conversation in front of my building the other day. They're not even so much movies anymore, so much as it's just proper execution of a fantastic brand done by talented people. It really is. Like, we were talking They're about just this. pumping it I, out. I almost didn't want to put Captain America on my list, and it's kind of the reason I didn't put Guardians on my list, is at the end of the day, when I go back and watch these movies a second or third time, I, I don't care as much. It's yeah. not as much fun. Like, they're so disposable. I think so Captain disposable. America exceeds that a little I bit, though. I think it does. Captain That's America how it ended up on my list. But like, pretty good. It, it just, like, they just, they feel... Very, the, the Avengers, to be honest with you, like, I went back and watched the Avengers after seeing Captain America 2, after being like, whoa, this is what you can do with a superhero movie? I was like, oh, the Avengers is a cartoon. The Avengers is a big cartoon. That's all it is. Oh, yeah. I, like, and that's... I, these movies feel very disposable to me overall. That, and... But... For the first time in my life, I'm not even saying that as a complaint. I know, that's not even a bad thing about these movies. I think that's just it's just the way they are. It's what they are. They're they're issues of a comic book. Yeah, and it's you and, know what I mean. And and that's what they should. That's what be. they should be. Yeah, it's all about entertainment. Yeah, Captain America Two is cool, and and I. 
it was just now a we good fuck Chris Evans it was a good dick. sit man it was a good fucking time at the movies it was a good sit that was better than the sit because I popped out of my seat more than once it was a good time at the movies man Chris Evans is is awesome he was fantastic he really nailed it he went from doing Smellular and not another teen movie to being he he is Steve Rogers as I've always understood it's not a Sunday it's you know like he really really I'll do you one better that's one of the best lines in any movie ever I'll stand by can I do you one better though he made me understand Steve Rogers. I don't think I, don't I give understood a shit about the Steve appeal. Until I don't now, yeah. think I understood the appeal of Captain America before I saw Chris Evans bring life to him. Here's how I describe it: Captain America. I'd be like, "Oh, my dad liked Captain America. Yeah. It seemed like a daddy hero." But this, like, I get. And he's actually out of all of the Avengers, I'd say he's the most relevant. Yeah, because we're at a time where we are questioning the motives and methods of just the American identity. process, and it's an identity question, surveillance, and uh, and it's and. Partially just because, you know, he, he defines the ideal mm-hmm. and will not break from that ideal, which is a role model that we can all use. Mm-hmm. But the movie itself, just contextually with Hydra versus S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. just asks the same question we've all been asking is, are these people that we trust to lead us, is there something more insidious? Yeah, are they protecting and, us? But then there's also the question of, like, maybe this is just always the way it was. Right. You know? And so right. Captain America addresses that, and the Marvel Universe is addressing that. Yes. That's why they are always going to be relevant. Because yep. even at a time where I'm almost just kind of uh, saturated with superhero movies where yeah. I'm over it, they still manage to keep it relevant in a way that I come back and I'm glad I did. They're speaking to something that's exactly. happening right now. And that's always a comic book. issues have been. of a comic book... It, yeah, it, yeah, it exactly. Is. Yeah, that's they're they're speaking to something that's happening now, and they can do it because they're a little bit subversive, so people kind of ignore them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I guess you can't really say that about Marvel movies. They're huge. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But it, it, that, I, I don't know. It, yes. That, no, that is. I think Captain America above probably any of them. Yeah, like you said, it does. It, you, you, it's, more, it's more real yeah. in a way uh, th- than the other ones. Like the mm-hmm. Hulk, it's, oh, okay, it's a big experiment, and Iron Man, oh, it's a big rich guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there, there's definitely, well, mo- there's with, definitely relatable moments, out, but Captain America... It, it was, but I think with Captain America, yeah, there's definitely is, and I love the movie. I just yeah. you know didn't see it on my top ten. Yeah, but um, yeah, it, it's funny that we do live in that world now where you know it's not your crazy uncle or crazy fucking hobo on the corner or a guy at a bar saying like, yeah, the government's gonna skip it. No, it's 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 every it's every decent movie, you know, almost any movie, and it's the movie that you're taking your kids to see, or you know, it's your. The, the summer blockbuster, the first summer blockbuster of the year. But at the same time, like Captain America, like you said, it is relatable. And, you know, here, here's a guy who is um, ethically inflawable almost. I mm-hmm. mean, he, he really is the most ethical uh, in, in a time where we like to see flawed heroes. Mm-hmm. He is not flawed at all but at the same time you're like well you know what it's good to see that again it's that's refreshing because we got so tired of seeing the the you know inflawable hero remember, oh. remember colson's line he was like uh, when you see what's going on uh people are going to need a little bit of uh, which what was that in uh avengers yeah, avengers, okay. yeah. because he said oh you know i helped design your outfit but it's a little old-fashioned and I forget what his response. Do you know what this says, thing you know, does? When people see what what's going on, we're going to need a little yeah. old fashioned, and that is quite literally what Captain America is supposed to represent. And through Chris Evans, has now represented to me personally. Yeah, like, that's that's and, cool. Yeah, he's great as that character. He's just he's fantastic. So what what do you? Chris got? Evins is Canadian. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he Wait, might be. Was, your six was what? My six is something that we're not going to talk about now. I'm sure. What was it? Uh, Lock. So. Oh that's, yeah, that's not going to happen six, yet. Yeah. And I think my six is also not going to talk about yet because it uh, was under, under the, the skin. Under the skin is a little bit higher on mine. So okay. yeah, we can okay. sit on that. 
So number five, my number five is Locke. Oh, fascinating. Is any okay. is Locke on anyone else's list? Uh, no. Is it on your list? Oh, yeah. It, it just was. was. So let's six, talk yes. um, well, a star is born. I mean, Tom Hardy is now a name. Yeah. He used to be a face. He was a character actor when you look at like Star Trek Nemesis, who mm-hmm. was just essentially a nobody. But, uh, and Band of Brothers. Uh, and Band of Brothers with Fassbender. And uh, Jimmy Fallon. Simon, Simon Pegg. Well, and Simon Pegg. Yeah, but Fallon was already known. But Simon yeah, Pegg but I mean, and you know, Fassbender. Yeah. And, yeah, that's great. Band of Brothers. Sugar Bakets. Sugar Bakets. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Locke was so cool to me because this was a movie that could have just been... Um, actually, recently I watched Diplomacy. Mm-hmm. And Diplomacy was a play that was adapted to a movie. And it was a good movie, but... It didn't really justify its existence as a movie because it's a good play. Mm-hmm. I watched Roman Polanski's Venus and Fur, another play adapted to a movie. A little bit better at justifying itself as a movie. Still probably better as a play. you got to see Carnage, Locke, by the way. <laughs> not a play. Great movie. Equally good if it were to be a play. You yeah. could have done that with a man in a chair and it would have been just as good. I, uh, but the film enhances it because the filmmaker, you, you said uh, uh, it's, uh, it's all movie B-roll. made a B-roll. Um, I wouldn't say it's completely B roll. That undersells it a little bit, but it's. But I, I get what you're saying, yeah. and like it has that 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 feel to it. But to me, it was it was it was one of those movies that I've frequently talked about on this podcast, where you go, that would make a great Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. but you don't know if it would if it would justify its own length. But this one would make a pretty great tri- Twilight Zone, but, but not an amazing Twilight Zone. It makes a much better movie. And for for a movie that isn't as cinematic as everything, it still manages to justify its existence as a movie. And it has to do with literally every level of production. But then again, at the heart of it all is Tom Hardy, who... He's fantastic. He's phenomenal. I mean, that's... This guy knows... I heard somebody say this on a a review of this movie, uh, maybe on the Slash Filmcast or something, that I thought was really interesting. They were like, he's so good in this movie... That the performances of people over the phone are like noticeably bad in this movie. They're acting so hard because they only have their voice. We can't see their faces. Well, I wonder if if they were even recorded at the same time. Right, I don't or know. If they Who just knows? fed him lines. Right. You know, I uh, I I think with uh, Locke, like I said, it was my number six. Um, it, it, I I think that it's great because if you were to tell me like, it, oh, tell what's the description? What's the description of Locke? And you say, oh, it's a guy in a car. He's going through, you know, some sort of, uh, um, not midlife crisis, but some sort of crisis almost, uh, you know, a life crisis. personal crisis. Yeah, yeah. personal crisis. And uh, it's, a te- a, it's him a in test. a car. Yes. It's him in a car. And there's not one other person in the mm-hmm. whole movie except him, you know, phone calls. And you'd be like, oh, that sounds all right. But you watch it and you put anyone who, who can sit there and not ch- look at their phone every five minutes. Well, like I usually do. But, I mean, you, you make someone watch that movie, shut the lights off or stick them in a theater and say, pay attention to this movie. And if they're able to, that movie is fucking great. Like, and the thing is, I don't it, think it, that it's it, so that good. It's and engaging. It's so much more engaging like, than it should be. Someone who would be like, oh, it's I stupid. I don't want to watch him talk for an hour would actually still get into it, I bet. It, I mean, the, the it was... Uh, t- to be honest with you, it was like exceptionally beautiful for what it was. Oh, I yeah. thought it was like this had this mesmerizing, beautiful sort of like it, it felt like Michael Mann a little bit. I, the truth. I, th- I think I think the uh, I I forget what movie like I, I realized this a while ago where like that that um, th- there's a very th- to me it's nostalgic where y- you're driving on a highway where like the lights that 
go over your yeah, car yeah, and your car's yeah. illuminated again. I don't know if it reminds me of when I was a kid. When going I was a on, kid sitting in the yeah, back of the car, just sleeping, you know, yeah. sleeping, and 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 it's 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 a very nostalgic feeling. And I don't know if if the director was you know fully aware right. uh, fully I aware think he was of that. Going for, aware of it, yeah. But no, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's such a great movie for what it is, and the description of the movie, like I said. Is, well, is, here's how I could sell that description to somebody, I think, because it's one of the things I found fascinating. You're stupid if you don't like this. No, no, no. It's one of the things <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's one of the things I found fascinating about this movie is what Locke is going through in this movie is something that I think is a very complicated issue for a lot it's of people. It's an identity people. crisis. It's, a, it's very much an because identity crisis. Because he realizes he fucked up, yeah. and now he's trying to handle his fuck yes. up in a way that's the most, as dignified as something undignified yes. can be. And his commitment to that is admirable kind of but it's rooted in the point i'm trying to make is it's rooted in like this um he decisions that classically we shouldn't be making right like he actually to some extent if we just want to look at him from sort of like an american ideal right Mm. is a villainous character kind of right like he does he does things we are not supposed to do as good Normal American citizens. They all right? come up, come across as human and believable. Where you, you almost don't. One hundred percent. That's yeah. the point I'm trying to make. One hundred percent. And the the reason the movie is so interesting and fascinating is we are trapped in a small space with this man. Mm. This man that is making very trapped questionable, very questionable decisions, very difficult decisions for a person to make, but very relatable decisions for a oh, person absolutely. to make. Absolutely. And we are trapped. I have no doubt in my mind that he loves his wife. Yeah. You know, and like yeah. he, he understands. And we are know? trapped in a small space with a man that's you making say these tough choices. We're locked in a car. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. No. Um, but I, they I should g- make a prequel called Child Locks. <laughs> and <laughs> I thought that was challenging and interesting <laughs> in its own yeah, way. Absolutely. Well, I, th- I think, um, like, having said that, like, I think that when he's dealing with people on the phone, he's he is black and white. His decisions are made set in stone. Um, and that's actually, if you watch the movie, that's not a pun either. But like, um, yeah, um, his, his decisions, his decisions are made. Yeah. But then when he's not on the phone, he's questioning everything. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's questioning himself. But then he gets on that phone. It's like he flips a switch and he's like, "I am a that man. Movie, this is my decision." That movie's very much about control. Do. He exactly. does have those yeah. dialogues, and at first, it actually put me off. Where I was like, I, "That's cheesy." I still have and a problem then, with that. And then it sold me. Where he had those dialogues with his father. Yeah, and uh, but there's a piece of me that I was like, that's a little bit cheesy. That and like still a feels a little ham-fisted to me. But as his character was fleshed out, you realize that he's kind of a man of passion, uh, and yeah. so it turned into this thing where it's like he's doing this almost in a self-realized way, where he's trying to prove to himself, like that. That's a, when he's talking to his dad. That's the moments where he's going, "I don't think I have control," yeah. and he uses that device to talk himself into having control. And it was one that's of the, how I justified yeah. it, because that was where, putting it, it first. It was one of those things where I like what that convention got at, and I, and the information it was able to give me about Locke and who he is and where he comes from yeah. and why he's making some of his decisions. I hated that that was how I had to get that information. Mm. Well, I really felt like that was a very sort of... That's where it felt more cl- like a play to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that that's felt like a very clunky way to have to give me that information. I was but gonna... I don't... But I, I can't... I can't I think, think of another way to get it to me. I, I respect the that. The yeah, effort I was there to that, justify though. it. Whether it cleanly pulled it off is yeah. up to question. But I, I think where that movie won its most points with me is like, it's fucking cool. It, like, yeah. it is it, a cool-ass yeah. movie. I, I, compl- I completely think it, because there really was no other way to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I couldn't to, think of a better way to, to do it. Yeah. Aside from I don't think you could justify doing without it. Because like, you need that in his character. I think you do. Yeah. It, so, it gives us a lot of really interesting information about his character, and mm-hmm. it also informs 
it, it, what it's telling us is this is some of what informs his decisions. Absolutely. Right? And it also, you can tell that if his father was this abusive or neglectful right. guy, like some of that has imprinted upon yes. him. Here's a man who has experienced infidelity. And, and you know, and he feels like he needs to rise above some of those uh, infidelities. And he's got to be his, better. Yeah, well, not yeah. only that, but I it's mean, it's kind of how, petty almost. How, at this point in, in the game of filmmaking, how do you deal with um, like like someone going it, like inner monologue, basically, and, and someone dealing with their, de- their you demons? Don't do sweat. That would have been so. Yeah, exactly. So how do you deal with that now? Because, I mean, there, there's several. I mean, well, even in life. When, that like, was a theatrical and, way to do yeah, it. Yeah. And in life, like you deal with so much, so many things where you're like just pissed off about something and whether whether it's. You know, you're rebelling against what, like, if you if you're angry at a parent or something, and you're rebelling against that. How do you, or, or just a, you know, a girlfriend or a boyfriend, whatever the heck you want to do. Like, if you're angry at that person, or just rebelling against either what they're per, um, they're perceived. I'm I'm trying to figure out a way to say, if, you know, their their perception of you, or just like, oh, I, you know, my father's like that, and I'm going to rebel against that because I don't want to be like, how do you, how do you show that on, on film today? Oh, yeah. And the, that's, that's probably, it in my opinion, character. that's one of the best ways to do it. And, the, and I think, and I don't it's think. It's probably the best way to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's just clunky by nature. Well, this yeah. is you my, know, yeah, my it's only just, counter to any of this, and it is maybe an unfair comparison, and we're going to, I know we're going to talk about this probably pretty quickly, uh, is Nightcrawler, as a counter to this, does a thing where it doesn't really tell us anything about the character. Yeah, yeah. It's all implied through the performance of the actor. The only difference and through though some is the story. Nightcrawler doesn't try to heroicize right. the lead person, whereas Locke, like, it really does want you to root for him, it, and it you does. do. Yeah. And and I don't think that it's not in earnest either. Right. Whereas I, Nightcrawler, like, you're supposed to be uh, cautious of, of this guy. I'm just saying you it's know? an example of where a movie can actually and a performance can instruct us on what some of these uh, pieces of information we need Absolutely. are. And I think there was probably a way they could have done that in Locke that they didn't. They instead chose to have him just tell us. Yeah. Uh, but, but the thing is, I don't know if it was outright telling. It's close. Yeah. Uh, but I, I will say this. When it comes to performance, oh, one of the things fantastic. that I think is so amazing about his performance is it's not Tom Hardy really doing a character, as I make air quotes, doing mm-hmm. a character. But it's not Tom Hardy. Right. You know, like, if you put, like... Trying to think of a good example. You know, if, uh, maybe this is cheap, but if you put, okay, if you put Christopher Walken in that character, <laughs> yeah. he would be absolutely Dad, great. I hate in it. you. Yeah. But at the same time, is there'd be no way to separate yourself. Going well, it's Christopher Walken right. if he's in a car and he's got to deal with this shit. You know, if you put Jack Nicholson in there, yeah, he might be capable of doing a character, but you know, he's Jack Nicholson now. Tom Hardy, he's not quite. Tom Hardy yet. Mm-hmm. Bane is Bane, but Tom Hardy is still malleable. He plays a character that is real, that is recognizable of his star power of Tom Hardy, that is decidedly not Tom Hardy. Now, I don't know if that's because I haven't established a Tom Hardy stereotype that's in my head as to who he is, but it's also just because the character that he plays, I, I cannot recall his name, he's that character. So it is a showcase for yeah. Let's say I, I don't know what the what John the, Locke. Yeah, we'll call him John Locke. Oh. Um, yeah, what's funny is I didn't even think about his name being Locke. Um, presumably Locke is it Locke? <laughs> um, Locke is it uh, Locke? Yeah, he. Um, 
Uh, what's if that is? Lock, I wonder. He, uh, if, I wonder if that is like supposed to be like he's locked in a car. Like I wonder if that is kind of the. the I'm sure there's something. Maybe it has something to do with the philosopher John Locke. I don't know. <laughs> All I know is that it is Tom Hardy, as much as it's not. That's so much that a star is born, but it doesn't affect the movie with star I, power, and that is fucking wonderful yeah. i like that point about tom hardy Warrior. because tom hardy yeah <laughs> tom hardy has been in so many things he's so many iconic roles and you talk to you know anyone from uh, a, a a very big movie fan to somebody who just you know goes and sees the the big blockbuster or and they not a lot of people unless you're a movie a real like big movie fan can call him tom hardy you know they'll I know mean, his face bane, yeah they they'll won't know his face yeah. well they won't know his face from batman but um yeah but but you got bane you have warrior um and and i keep one i haven't rewatched it in a while but rock and roller when he was just oh, handsome bob that. dude um, fucking but johnny quid is in black mirror I gotta johnny watch quid. that shit um but I, I love the fact that as um, is the girl from attack the block same uh, episode I, I love i love the fact that you brought up that you know it, you know it's tom hardy but it's not like yeah but tom hardy is is in an actor who hasn't just popped yet and like he's he's amazing and he's that actor that and i think fastbender is the same way too well, i don't think you can anchor a movie like tom hardy yeah is oh exactly until mad max comes out that's oh, it. Oh yeah. Well, that's He's my number one movie of this year. Yeah, the Mad Max the trailer, trailer. trailer. Yeah, and I, I'm yet to watch that trailer. Yeah, my, it's my, all my top safari. three movies of this year are uh, True Detective, the series, Fargo, Fargo the series, yeah. and the trailer for Mad Max Fury well, True Road. True Detective was uh, last. And year, I'm going to throw Black Mirror in there, even though I haven't finished <laughs> it. It's that good. Uh, yeah, is that it time to move on? Yeah. No. No. That was your Honestly, number five. It's worst because that was. Oh my yeah. Six. Did you do your? What's your five? Grand Budapest. Grand Budapest was such a hard cut. Yeah. It was a hard cut for and me. And you know what? The reason that I cut it isn't because of any flaws against the movie. Nope. It's myself. Yeah. Yep. I'm just tired of Wes Anderson's shtick. Yeah. And here's the thing. That's probably technically his best movie. Mm-hmm. It's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. I enjoyed it harder than I've enjoyed so many movies this year. But I, I just, because I'm just kind of over the Wes Anderson thing, it felt dated to me. But I hope he keeps making them so I can keep seeing them. Like yeah. I, I have no hatred towards it. It just wasn't my cup of yeah, tea. Yeah, that was definitely uh, visually but it was a tough cut. That was visually my favorite Wes Anderson. It was and, all uh, the best of Royal Tenenbaums and all the best of Life Aquatic, mm-hmm. just hyped up into Overdrive mixed with Looney Tunes. Yep. It's in, like it's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, and it really is. Like I, I did rewatch it and uh, I, I liked it just as much the second time. I have a feeling that's what I'm missing. I bet a better rewatch now amidst all of these other like good that. movies, I I'm, I might realize. Like oh this is actually better oh, than some is, of the other stuff. I've harshed classically on this show to Moonrise, and I recently rewatched Moonrise, and like oh, it's still good. I think his weakest by yeah, far. Yeah, my rewatch but, uh, on Moonrise. I, d- I don't like it dislike less. it like I did when I saw it. Mm-hmm. I did see it on a particularly poor date, but it was a uh, man. Know, I actually liked that one a lot. Moonrise. Well, yeah. I, that that I lost value bad. on rewatch for me. To mm-hmm. be I thought it was bad. Now I just think it's his worst, which is still good. Yeah. Oh, man. See, sense. that was how I felt about Darjeeling Limited. I don't like that movie at all. I uh, love yeah. Darjeeling. Oh, uh, Wilson's speech about how he crashes on the bike when he has the moment where he's flying. to. Oh, no, the, one of my favorite parts is um, it's like it, uh, when they're talking about the tiger and uh, Angelica Houston's like, yeah, they one of the sister's brothers. And they're like... Pfft. And then she's like, I'm not, or they're just, they just laugh about it. And they're just such quirky little assholes. And even the scene in Darjeeling actually that really got me. And it was such a, such a selfish scene. And of course it's acted by Adrian Brody. He's another amazing one, but it's such a selfish scene. But at the same time, it's very impactful when uh, I think it's Adrian, like when they rescue the kids out of the river and Adrian Brody goes, I lost mine. 
Yeah. As in, like, it was hit, you know, like, they all went in for a child to rescue, um, and, and I lost my, ah, that, that, that It's line, personal and it's distant. And yeah. it's so, you know, it's so selfish yet, and, and, and he's really broken up about it, but what's he broken up about? Losing a child, like, not being able to rescue the child or losing out to his brother? Like, I don't know. And that's the thing. That's the question yeah. that they want you to ask. Yeah, so and that's, um, but, but Grand Budapest, I loved it because it's more Wes Anderson. It might not be my favorite. It's lighter. Yeah, it's um, lighter. The stakes are Although, lower. It actually no, felt a lot like Clue. no. no. Because the, the the I actually re- forgot the ending, and I, I you know I, I got it on Blu-ray like two two months after. Wait, describe I the ending because I actually really don't remember. Um, slight spoiler alert. Uh, it's fine. The yeah. second time on the train when Ray finds or Ralph finds whatever, like uh, it starts a big controversy. They kill him. You don't see it, oh, but they, yeah, they yeah. do say like, yeah, they killed him. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, okay. And they, they do it lightheartedly. I just love how he calls everyone darling. Yeah. And he's just aggressively bisexual. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so funny to me. It's, it, it has great rewatch value. I it's go to so, bed with all of my clients. Yeah, it's so quirky <laughs> and it's so adorable. And it, it creates a typical Wes Anderson world, but more so where it's just so like, it's a very comfortable, like, it, this is the perfect time of year to watch it. Because you're oh, like, oh, yeah. it makes me feel like I'm in one of those miniature Christmas villages. It's quaint. It's yeah, fun. And, it, and it's, it's very dark. I think it might be, uh, is, is it, it's rated R? I think. Yeah. yeah. Is that is I know it takes place in the okay. land of imagination from Ex- Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Exactly. All Wes exactly. Anderson movies yeah. take place but, but where one, Prince Friday lives. This one <laughs> this one's my favorite. I, I well one of my favorite. This and, and Darjeeling I think might be my favorite Wes Anderson. I don't think he's movie. ever topped Rushmore. Yeah, and the thing right. is, he's come close. I, I would go Rush, Rushmore, Tannenbaum, and Life Aquatic are just his three yeah. best movies. They just yeah. Life yeah. Aquatic. When I first saw it, I was like, "That was cool." Yeah, that was I, how I felt too. Now have it's like I found it to be probably God the most rewatched. I do have yeah. a confession: I have not seen Life oh, Aquatic. That movie is that's so funny. That and uh, I don't and think Blanchett. I made it. I don't think I made it through <sighs> Bottle Extremely. Rocket. I, I, those are his Bottle Rocket's good. Bottle Rocket's him earning his spot. First time filmmaker. So yeah. I will say this about Darjeeling. One of my favorite things is at the very beginning, uh, Bill Murray can't catch the train, and he passes his bag off yep, to Adrian yep, Brody, yep, yeah, yeah, who yeah. essentially plays the yes, Bill Murray of yes. the movie. It's amazing. Yeah. He passes the torch, yes. and it's almost to the point of just like, ah, oh, we're going to try a new cast, but it's also just Bill Murray's like, I'm so busy, I actually can't even do this movie. Adrian Brody, you have my, yeah, you have my briefcase and my blessing. That's probably my least favorite thing about Darjeeling Limited <laughs> is that movie is so on the nose, it's unreal. When it gets to the last shot of the movie and they are in slow motion leaving their baggage behind oh, to get yeah, on yeah, the train. Right. I was like, this fucking movie. But I mean, isn't on the nose like a little bit of what Wes Anderson's oh, doing? Oh, t- yeah, totally. It's on I just, the nose, that one was, and then it's a wink. And then you're a Wes so Anderson much, no, that is, now. I've read that in a lot of critiques. So that literally way. running yeah. from baggage. And it came out in a year that wasn't 2014. Yeah. Did we all do our, uh, did we all no, do okay. our, our five? five? No, I'm sorry. So my number five, I don't know if we'll talk about this right now or not. The one I love was my number five. That was, a tough cut, but I only let one it. one doppelganger. Okay, I'm sure you can enough. guess what it is. The one I love was uh, to me a soul sister to uh, extraterrestrial, uh, not Nacho Vigalando's second movie, where it's just a Woody Allen movie. But the reason the misunderstanding is happening is because of sci-fi. Yeah, and that is awesome. I, I really, I you got to see this movie. I, it really like I can't stop thinking about it. This is why it's so high on my list. It's I, a Futurama episode. 
but done Duplass style. It's great. Is it is it Duplass or no? It, uh, he's in it, and he's I in think it. he had a hand in writing yeah. it, but it's a different director. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a first time director actually, which is, is another it? impressive thing about it. It's you a it's it's a it's, it's a very assured uh, directorial debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. Um, oh, and the girl from uh, Mad Men. I, I mm-hmm. don't watch it, but she's in Mad Men. Which one? Uh, or the redhead. Uh, the blonde or the redhead? The blonde. Oh, okay. Wait, wait. This his wife or? I don't watch Mad Men. Okay. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, okay. uh, but I know that this woman is blonde. Uh, Moss is her last name. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I I know who you're talking and, about. And uh, she she's great in this. Yeah, it's just Peggy. it's Peggy. a little bit of a spoiler to say, but it is a doppelganger movie. Uh, That's of, quick though. Yeah, one of my favorite things about this movie is it it, it what something I hate in movies, but happens in a ton of movies, is a misunderstanding between characters that leads to the plot line. That could very Honestly, easily, though, like, the whole plot line could be undermined by them just fucking having a two-minute conversation about <laughs> what This could have on. been a zany Ben Stiller yep. comedy and a very good one. Mm-hmm. But instead, it's like a mumblecore comedy. What's it, what's it called? The ones I love. The, the one, one I love. love. The what I like. It's about on it, Netflix. Oh, it yes. is. Okay, yeah. I'm what I liked about it so much is when the weird thing starts happening, where they discover that there are doppelgangers of themselves, they immediately tell each other and and have a moment of experimenting with the idea of doppelgangers, where they're just like, "Are you but seeing that's where what a lot I'm of seeing? the strain on the relationship is? Isn't because of a misunderstanding right. due to the doppelgangers." No. It's a misunderstanding or a miscommunication due to their reaction to yes. the doppelgangers, which is what I think makes it so different. Yes. Because it could have just been a, that wasn't me. Right. That was my doppelganger. Exactly. Instead, it was like, how are you reacting to this right. sci-fi situation? It's like, do you actually, it's like, do you like this person? Yeah. Like, what, you know what I mean? It's not a matter of... I always of, say at the end of a zombie movie, it's all, oh yeah, we beat the zombies, happy day. But to me, that wouldn't be a happy ending because I'd be living my life going, but zombies can happen. Right. We got to be on guard. Yeah, and this is this is that kind of a thing where they're reacting more to the sci-fi element. Yes, but due to strong writing, it also relates to the relationship. Yes. It's it's actually a really a, like a truly great script. It really is truly and, great, and, uh, and asks a lot of its actors, and they're very good in it. Uh, oh yeah, that's true because they all have to do dual performances, and it doesn't feel like no, you know, like there's a, a grain in the screen. It's, yeah, you know, it's uh, they're they're very good in it. Uh, E- even more so knowing that apparently this was another Duplass movie where there was no script. There was like a 30-page outline, and they just sort of like worked it out. The fact that they're then also playing dual roles on screen with each other is like even more impressive. Does it have any R.E.M. songs in it? Uh, I don't Actually, so. to tell you the truth, I don't think there's any sort of abject songs yeah, no. in it so much as there might be like a, a, a plottingly digital Blink, score. Blink, yeah. That's all I can think of. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, and what I will say is there were a lot of doppelganger movies this year. They all have very interesting endings that give you different things to think about. Oh, we talked about this for a good long time because the there are of so many connotations. fascinating because there are so many ways you could interpret it. And they're all right. Yes, and yeah. they're all very interesting and say very different things about who you are as a person and a viewer and a, and a participant in your relationships and it's 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 really really good. What's weird though is of all the little things that they talk about, all of the little things still just support the same thesis yes. of the movie. You know, like there's still a distinct message. Yes, but there's so many ways to extrapolate it where you're like, oh, I wonder what his motivations are. Mm-hmm. And it's another one that uh, whether it's a, a good example of women in cinema because I know we went back and forth we about, talked this, about this especially because the Stockholm Syndrome yes. angle that we talked about don't want to get into it because it does get spoilery and the less you know the better yes. generally but the, there's a statement that's being made how it's being handled I guess is up to you to decide but the yes. fact that the statement is being made still speaks to the fact that it is a 
it's still an artifact of the current culture mm-hmm. in a way that's relevant and immediate and, and important. Yes. There, you know, there are, does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, it does. I, I don't want to say too much, and, but I don't want to sound like an idiot. And, <laughs> and what you're dancing around a little bit, to be just slightly more specific, is the issue of just men and women and the way they interact and, and, uh, in relationships well, and What they in the view world. each other yes, of. Exactly. I mean, in a relationship, there's a certain level what of roles possession. What roles do we fill and why? Yeah. And like, do I own this person? Mm-hmm. What is the extent to which I yeah. own this person? And what are my rights and limitations that are you know afforded to me because of our relationship and previous yes. history and, and that, I, th- that I think Dan and I have a question as to whether there's positive or negative portrayals of those things in this movie yeah. that being said this movie is chewing on those things oh yeah and I think that I think we should say it is a positive really portrayal because I don't think it says anything negative. You're right, but it doesn't condemn the thought of ne- like it doesn't right. it doesn't uh, dismiss that as something that isn't there. It certainly it makes, it a, it. It makes point, it a talking love. point, which I love. You know, it is fantastic, and it's about really it. funny. It is funny. It's, it's a, a Woody yeah. Allen movie. Yeah, it is. You know, done it, like well, like I said before, it's the same as what's it called? Where as uh, extraterrestrial, where it's just it's your classic romantic comedy. But the MacGuffin of the whole thing... Science fiction. ...is that there's a sci-fi element Uh. that not only are they dealing with, you know, on the level of how it affects them directly, but on the level of, like, oh, this can happen? What does that mean? Yeah. And that says a lot. It's. I really recommend this movie. Check it out. It's on Netflix. I put it it on my my notes because I'm... Turn my thing on airplane for mode, sure. So I don't want to check it out, man. It it's, I I really like this movie, and it stuck with me. Like I, I keep thinking about it. You know, mm-hmm. the ending really just I, I keep churning over it, and that's how it ended up. So I'll, I'll watch list. that while I'm waiting for Mad Max three in the mail. Cause I'm <laughs> already subscribed to the Netflix DVDs. Word. Um, uh, what, so, so we're going on to number four. What is number four? I'm starting to feel like I have to take another pee break because I'm pounding I, these. I beers. actually am too. So maybe why don't we do that? You know what? Let's take a break and then Let's we'll and then we'll do four through one. Four through one. Okay, All right, sounds cool. good. Sound good, guys. We'll be back. Go watch those movies while we're on break, and then come back and be like, "Oh shit, you guys are right. Yes. We're wrong." Just tell us in the comments. All right, and we're back. Movie, movie. We are uh, getting ready for <laughs> the final four, four through one of the best of 2014. But before we get going, oh, um, since this episode is so long, I just want to toss this out there. This Thursday, oh yes, December 18th at Philomoka, we are doing our uh, holiday spectacular. Yes, of movie, movie live. We've got Dave Teruso, Mike Rainey, both recently published authors, fantastic writers, and Ryan Shaner, who is a fixture of the Philadelphia He's film. One of the com- funniest. Uh, community of, of he is becoming one of the fixtures of the is. film community I mean, he's the funniest part of every short film you see on youtube right now he's so funny he's absolutely brilliant and he's going to make this show alive so definitely come check that out uh, at the same time the night before is night terrors last oh, yes. week's le- uh, guest uh, rob scavarla yes uh, is doing some programming with the movie we did silent night deadly night as well as a uh, follow-up feature it's a surprise come out uh we know what it is it's great Check it out. Yes, have fun. And um, then also, uh, why not? Uh, I don't know if this is going to publish before Saturday, but if it does, uh, come on out to the mausoleum uh, holiday party. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, I sadly cannot make it, but Garrett will be there. Yes, you can I'll get be- a preview as well as some answers to some mm-hmm. of the questions at Movie Movie Live on Thursday. So it's a chance to bump up uh, your chance to get some prizes. And it's going to be a great party. It's Christmas. Come be festive. Indeed. Uh, let's do it. Number four. 
All right, number four, mine. I know neither of you have even seen it. Okay. So uh, should I just it. do it or uh, it follows? Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, it follows is a horror movie that I saw at Philadelphia Film Festival mm-hmm. this year. It was actually the night that we saw the guest. Yep. Um, I was panicked because the show started like twenty minutes late, and I was like, "We're not going to make the guest." Yeah. But uh, I was absolutely floored by it. Follows. It's an original horror movie about a sexually transmitted haunting. Um, to go into the details of it would 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 make Dude, it sound that cheap. Is all you need to say yeah, to me. Say, that's really sexually it. transmitted haunting sold me on that movie as soon as you told me that sentence. It's so cool. The the device that they use to portray the haunting is downright terrifying. There's a lot of ambiguity, but there's a lot of flash, a lot of fun. It is a classic. Uh, it feels like a horror movie out of the 70s, but with a modern post-conjuring spin to it. Mm. And it stars the uh, the, the girl from... Yeah, I wish I guessed. knew her name. Uh, we have, it, we have a is, smartphone. Is this on Netflix? This is not on Netflix. Nah. In fact, I don't even know if it can right, rightfully be called a 2014 film, because I don't know if it got picked up by a distributor. Right. It was a film festival film, but that being said... Uh, it's it's scary. It's legit scary. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's interesting. It's a new idea. And it's still, at its heart, a classic, quote-unquote, teen scream. Oh, to, sure. To borrow mm-hmm. a Netflix subcategory. <laughs> it's a teen scream through and through, but it's not empty. It doesn't follow the whole whore jock nerd thing. But it does follow. But it still feels classically. I mean... It was this year's Your Next to me. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, why the guest didn't make it was mm-hmm. probably because, A, I thought Your Next was better, and B, I saw it after It Follows, and I was just completely floored by It Follows. Was it's Your Next this year? Scary. Your Next was no, last it was year. It actually back. was on my list oh, okay, last year. Okay, okay, okay. Um, if Your Next didn't exist, the guest would be on my list this oh, year because okay. that movie is... It's not on my list, but I can't think of anything I'd change about it. Yeah, so, your you next know. was. I'm not a big fan of horror, but when something great, uh, good horror movie comes out, I fucking love it. Like oh, your yeah. next Absolutely. cabin in the woods. Her name is. It's like Michaela something or something like that. It's, uh, uh, it's Maika Monroe. Yeah, uh, she's in the guest, and she's wonderful in that. Mm-hmm. She's in It Follows, but It Follows turns out to, in classic horror sensibility, be a morality play because, you know. Of course, the virgin will survive. Mm. But it's also a story about friendship. It also is, it's just scary. And it's not zombies, vampires, or murderers. It's a haunting done in a new way. It's effective. It's crazy. It feels like Fright Night, though, because it has that just like circus style. Just, oh man, it's it's nuts. But it, it, and, and I imagine that upon repeat viewings, when you understand the connotation of what's going on, It'll be even more scary. The mm. opening scene particularly sits with me knowing what is going on. Yeah. You don't know going in. But it has an ending that is in the fashion of pretty much the rest of the movies on my list. Dances around in ambiguity. So it it has a through line. It has you know an ethical end. But it doesn't have a literal like this is what happened. Mm-hmm. Or this is what's happening. And so it's up to you. Beautiful. You know, I, I love I that. I really want to see that. Sounds good. Yeah, uh, there was a. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie. It's called uh, The Woman. It's on Netflix. It's Lucky McKee who did uh, uh, All Cheerleaders Die. And um, oh, no, I can't think of the name. It's got Angela Bettis. She builds a Frankenstein out of people. Either way, it's he's a great director. But I tweeted at him once and was like, hey, what did May? this mean in your movie? May. I've uh, seen that movie, one. actually. Yeah. That movie's cool. Yeah, Lucky McKee's a good director. And um, All Cheerleaders Die is on Netflix. It's not perfect, but mm-hmm. it's really interesting. Okay. Uh, but I, I tweeted at him, and I said, there was a post credit sequence in um, uh, The Woman that I didn't understand. What, what did that mean? 
And luckily for me, he tweeted back and was just like, I don't know, what what do you think it meant? <laughs> and that said everything to mm. me. And It Follows is in that classic horror sense where you know, there there is a message, but at the end of the day, what happened could be could be anyone's interpretation. Yeah, yeah. There's enough evidence for all of it. But what you take from it is going to be entirely individually you. Mm-hmm. And you're not wrong, but it will affect oh, you. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And it affected me. And so I whenever it comes out, I I highly recommend it. Uh, it's really cool movie. I'm so It was so good it knocked I the know. guest off my list. Yeah. That's and and that's saying something because the guest is perfect. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've yet to see the guest either. So mm. Yeah. Uh, Garrett, what's your number? You four? would actually love the guest. I, I, I'm telling you straight up. Yeah. <laughs> My number four. Uh, I'm curious to see if we match at any point because I feel like as we're getting in, higher into these lists, there's a potential for us to match. Uh, is Nightcrawler? Nightcrawler is on my list, but it's not number four. It's higher up. So. Yeah, we should we should so wait on that. Let's wait. That's, that's, that's uh, I think, that's I, think uh, I think the rest though is it's going to be the three that we're all probably going to rave about. Well, what's what's so your four? My number four is uh, what we talked about a little bit before. I mentioned is Edge of Tomorrow. Ah, yes. And uh, I, cut I that absolutely loved Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. It was. From beginning to end, it was entertaining. It was funny. It was it sad. Was it was, it was it, funny. There, I mean, the the if the the one you know the one scene where he just I don't know. Bill Paxton made it for me. Bill Paxton um, was great in and it, it a was, lot of movies. And the, the, <laughs> great year for Bill Paxton. What I, loved, yes. what I loved about the movie too is like there was several scenes like because they just constantly show you know show the same stuff over and over mm-hmm. again. Um, and there were scenes that played out. Uh, you know, sometimes the scene was funny and sometimes it was sad, but it was the same scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just different. And I think there's a lot to be said about that movie. Like, yeah. If if there's, I, I don't know what the editing Oscars The called. editing, that's what Fashion I was going to say. Editing, yeah. The editing shit. was great and there was so many points in it where, like, you know, you, you got caught up because it was a cra- crazy, great action movie and then it kind of hit you with a punch like, uh, you know, oh, how many times have we been here? Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah, every yeah. time you die. Like, there were so many well, things. I feel like you feel the frustration he has oh, of yeah. having to start yeah. at square one mm-hmm. every day. But it never feels like you're going, all right, we're starting over again. Well, what I really liked was... It's like was, a video game to me, like it, a checkpoint. It is. Yeah. What I really liked was it, you know, the convention of the Groundhog's Day convention of it is something that... The fact that I can't even say that sentence, mm. it's something that we've seen before, right? But what they did with this that I thought was really interesting and made it really fun and cool and, and feel fresh was it used that convention in ways that I don't think I had seen it used before. Maybe oh, Groundhog's Day I know has exactly it, but how I don't to describe this. But like it in some scenes, I, th- I, 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 the movie has instructed me to think like, oh well, he's experienced this a hundred times, and then it pulls the rug out from under me and goes. No, I don't. This is the first time we've done this. I, I've never yeah, gotten yeah, this yeah. far before. And then other times, it's like, ooh, shit. It's like it started to lull me into the opposite sense. And I'm like, ooh, shit. He doesn't know what to do. And he's like, we've done this a million times yeah, before. Yeah, exactly. And it always goes exactly. south. And I loved that it was able to use the convention of its story to actually like change the way I was uh, uh, receiving that story and accepting mm. that story. You know what I mean? It really played with its own conventions I, in ways oh, that were really fun. And I, I, I do want to say that I, I, I personally can't stand Tom Cruise. Like, just because he's... There's, there's a couple actors... He didn't play Tom Cruise yeah, as there's we know a couple, though, yeah. There's a couple actors... Like, I like Brad Pitt, but Brad Pitt to me is usually Brad Pitt. Same thing with... Um, you know Johnny Depp or a lot of those guys, but Tom Cruise, like I just I did not see in the beginning he did because he played like a you know almost like a not well you can't say rich but like a pompous you know above it all asshole. Um, but then you just he be, uh, goes from that shitty character 
to just a great guy and like a great character. And it's just, there's, uh, I mean, you, you go through several steps of it, but like it, you hit the nail on the head. Like there's so, exactly with, we're like, Oh, oh, they've, they've done this a million times. Oh wait, no, they didn't. Or, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, this is the first, Oh wait, no, this is the 40th time they've mm-hmm. done it. And it's, well, when you think about the conceit of it, where it's like, he's, he's in this, mm-hmm. there should be on paper, no stakes. Right. He can just go yeah. over and over right. again as many times as possible. No stakes. Who gives a shit? Until you get it right, just keep plugging away. Yep. Yet somehow it uses that convention to evoke tension. Oh yeah. And I can't I can't explicitly describe yeah, exactly. what it is it's that they to... do, but it, it, it shouldn't even be possible. But it's yeah. not only possible but palatable. Well, that to me is and, and truly I love yeah, exactly. Amazing. There, there's it, has, some... it has fun with the discovery. Yeah. Do you know oh, what I mean? Absolutely. I think that's why it becomes so tense and watchable and feel like it has stakes mm-hmm. because it, 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 it gives you a moment of discovery over and over and over And again. every time there's a punchline, whether I'm it's like a sad... A, a picture of all of us. A, a whether, whether, the, uh, whether the punchline is, is sad or funny or what you know whatever it is, it, it's just great. And every time... Uh, every time... Uh, That's you, just for you, the yeah, ladies. Just I'm just texting my girlfriend because um, she's texting me. Okay, yeah. So anyway, uh, you bastard. Uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. No, no. But um, and and what I wanted to say is the reason why this is so high on my list is because this movie has some of the most rewatch value I can think of off the top of my head. Oh, and it's, it's funny so because because not only that, but then I guess you're seeing the same scenes like eight thousand <laughs> times. I, I was just um, going to say the parallel of the actual experience yeah. of the movie there is hilarious. But but um and uh, I mean the ending. I love the ending. There's you know just even the last shot without spoiling anything. It's perfect. I'm not going to say whether it's you know this or that. Um, I'm going to ask you the question Garrett asked me that ultimately made me trade this movie out for Snowpiercer on my list. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the last fight scene? Do you do you yeah. remember the Louvre? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I my biggest problem with this movie is I feel like the the third act. Oh, that's a very the, big spoiler. The sequence in the I don't think so. I think saying the Louvre I don't think is that much of a spoiler. Yeah, the, I don't even really know the connotation of how that's a spoiler, but it's been a while since I've seen it. it, it so it's I, kind my, of spoiler. my my yeah. my biggest problem with it was that sequence. The whole movie is so exciting and so entertaining, and then for the third act, it just fucking pulls an e break. And like goes into just like a weird slide where it becomes a much smaller, tighter movie, which yeah. I could see. I could see why you might want to do that as a filmmaker. Like, oh, I've been hitting you over the head with all of this stuff. Like, let's maybe I mean, like that's try a challenge of pacing. Yeah, to, to it like just, really I, make that was, movie work. It, yeah, I really, I really felt like the third act was unfortunately just slow and not well paced compared to this like excellent breakneck movie that came. Before I don't know. Well, I th- what sold I think me on is that I just. Don't really remember the that's third the thing, act. I don't and remember that's, it. That's what yeah. made me when you brought that up, and I was like, "Oh, you know what? I actually don't really remember it." It clicked where I was like, "Oh, that says something to me." Yeah, just whereas it, Snowpiercer, I can close my. I could probably direct Snowpiercer right now to you <laughs> uh, if you gave me all the tools. Yeah, the, I, it wouldn't be good, but it would at least have I, all I the think, content. I think with. Uh, I, I think with. Uh, oh, but Edge of Tomorrow, I'm not knocking Edge of Tomorrow no, because that movie was fucking oh, no. amazing. Yeah. I think I think with Edge of Tomorrow, it it, it does change paces a couple times where um you know you have the you have the typical video game style mm-hmm. action in the in the beginning and like the the beach the beach I mean right. it's obviously a reference to you know uh, Normandy and mm-hmm. any kind of war movie like that 
Then you have the big machines. But then it almost does like a Matrixy kind of uh, mm-hmm. action style where you know, uh, you know, without giving too much with you know the 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 the, not the robbery. But you know, you guys yeah, know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yep. And then the third act is kind of like okay, the stakes are a little higher. Uh, but there, actually, there's a tone in the movie that really gets me where Tom Cruise just kind of stops giving a fuck. Yeah. And that point in the movie is great where he's just, with, for lack of a better saying, soldiers on. And oh, like, yeah. you're just like, fuck. But you know, then he gains from that. Yeah. Though. Oh, yeah. You know, he totally oh, yeah. gains and from then, that. And then the pace picks back up a little bit. And then you have the last, uh, you know, the, the, the last little act, which is, you know, oh, okay, it's a little crazy in sci-fi again. And, uh, you know, but it kind of brings the whole team together in a sense. Um, and then, and then the last shot of the movie just gets me, but, um, I, this movie to me, uh, it, it makes me laugh when I think about it. Cause did you guys ever see the Tim and Eric movie yeah. where oh, Will yeah. Ferrell sits them down to watch Top Gun in his office yeah. and immediately after Top Gun's over, he just watches it again. Yeah, we have to watch and it And that's one more like, time. that to me is the Remember edge of tomorrow. Because I told the story about the cracking the Liberty Bell. And they're yeah. like, we don't think you understood. We're going to uh, tell you again. Yeah. Don't tell me again. No, we're going to go into a lot more detail <laughs> and, this and, time and, so that it makes more sense and to And that you. to me is like Edge of Tomorrow. Because like I said, that's why Edge of Tomorrow is so high on my list. And that's why it's all, essentially on my list. Because that rewatch value of of that movie. It is to me, very is, rewatchable. Oh, like there's 100%. so much rewatch. And a testament to that movie. I watched a great behind the scenes documentary about it. The reason why the action is so effective in that Ooh, movie is tell. that it is just CGI enhanced practical shit. Yeah. Tom Cruise bounced around a crazy landscape on wires in a magic suit fighting legit things that were just painted over with CGI with real exp- that is some sweet action. Jumper oh. rules guys. Jumper is awesome. And I will say by the way like I, I was talking before one of the reasons Dawn of the Planet of the Ace made it on my list is the effects are like so exceptional in a world where this we're always complaining about This is the same style of effects, yeah. The effects in this were like I it's the first time I've been impressed with a new creature. Oh in, like, yeah, a really that creature long was time scary. That I think about. Uh, but you know the, Yeah, the no, I like the that creature. creature I'm trying to think something did exist. Just- like within the frame, like in the same way with Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, like they didn't create completely CGI right. villains. They enhanced practical villains with CGI quote unquote makeup. Yeah. I also you know, like how they I also cool. liked how they jumped into it. Like a lot any any kind of um any kind of alien invading movies is always like has a big setup, and this was not at all. It was just right. like we're gonna jump right into this. Aliens invaded. Uh, you know this is oh, the, yeah. this is the this is the the, the night the this the, would, the dawn of the 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 last battle. This would be like, like if, that's it. If if uh, you know if Independence Day didn't end with us defeating them, right? Oh like, yeah, yeah. This would be like six months after the movie oh, yeah. Independence Day. You I would actually I mean? say, and this might be bold, and it might even be inaccurate, but this movie is definitely a post District Nine movie. Um, oh, I'd agree with that. Because it, it, in terms of, like, the conflict that they had, they they equated it to D-Day a lot. Oh, sure, yes. But it didn't feel like that quaint... It, like, it did feel like that rah-rah military thing, mm-hmm. but it still felt modern and, and in the new style of war. Yeah, but that's also... No, I, 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 yeah, I don't, okay, I don't I, I actually I don't jumped, know what I'm saying. I jumped I to agree with you, and then now I'm going to uh, go back on that. And, I, and, I don't even know what not, I'm saying. Tell I'm not going to disagree... Yeah. It's, you know, I don't really play video games, but if you even watch commercials for video games, it's all about like World War II 
and then modernization of yeah, these yeah, yeah. Just giant robot creatures that you're in. And that's exactly what it was. Like this was. Well, I think they I literally mean, say like this is our D Day. Well, you know, not like well, not only thing, that, yeah. but the battle plan is launch from England, storm France, and that's yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. what D Day was. But now you have they're in these suits that is almost every like not almost every, but like all these big video games where they're in the suits. And then what? And then yeah, essentially, mechs have become like a big thing again. Oh, well, yeah, and yeah. not not only that, but like uh, well, I like these though because they weren't superhuman mechs. Like oh. there was there was definitely like it. it it had its benefits weapon wise, but mm. it was definitely a cumbersome thing yes. to wear. Like yeah. it wasn't, you're not some. You would have to be highly killer. trained to to even function. It in felt it in like any way. we were. It was real. It felt well, like something yeah, that and, actually and, and, could and exist, even though it's illogical. Essentially, like the whole movie, like I was saying before, is 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 the exact thing of a video, like not plot of a video game, but where it's like, okay, you died, you're now, but now you know how to get past that level. Yeah, and yeah. that's exactly like playing a video game. And I'm not a big gamer, but I, I can imagine like gamers would love this movie. Oh, yeah. Or they would just oh, yeah. hate it and be like, well, I just want to play you know video games. how many games. times I've so, watched yeah. I, I hate playing video games because you know what I hate? But I love gamers. I hate when I get to a certain point and I die and have to start over. Yeah. I hate that. But there was a time me and Steve, Steve, he was he's been on the show mm-hmm. before. We polished off a case of PBRs while he played through Arkham Asylum. Oh, and man. I did not play an ounce, but I watched it. Mm-hmm. And I think Edge of Tomorrow spoke to that inclination in me, mm-hmm. which was like I, I don't like the pressure of it's me dying, mm. but I'll watch you die over and over until you get it. I, I can that resonates. I yeah. can I can do I can dig it. No, I appreciate that this movie's on your list because I toyed with putting it on mine because it was it was just high such on my a list. Great I, fun yeah. original action movie, and it's so rare that we get that anymore. I feel like you know everything. Oh, yeah. my action movie was a franchise movie. Well, and, and the the thing that I think hurt Edge of Tomorrow, but if you watch it, helps Edge of Tomorrow is that it's it's not. Ethan Hunt of the no, MI, no. MI6 yeah. or whatever the Mission Impossible crew is. He's a prick. In the um, he, he's an asshole. He's a mm-hmm. pussy. He doesn't want to fight. He's not bred to fight. He realizes that he's five foot two and not ready to fight. There's a great and arc for this character. And he really grows. Mm-hmm. And by the time he's this badass killer, not only do you believe it, but it doesn't betray that original person he is. He's still there. His values have changed, but he, he he's out of his league. And... I think a lot of people saw that and were like another another oblivion. It's Tom Cruise, right. the unstoppable Superman, do it fighting. <laughs> and that's computers. the point of this movie. I was, yeah. uh, <laughs> I was at, it subverts that, yeah. but the only way to catch that subversion is by seeing it and by not advertising that no one saw it. I I, I was and at, it's a shame, but I think it's gonna get a cult following. I was at DVD. Best Buy last week so. uh, with my friend, and uh, he goes, "I almost bought a Edge of Tomorrow because I thought it was eight ninety nine and realized it was Oblivion." I'm like, "Yeah, exactly. Like it's oh, yeah. like almost the same case." But I'll throw this out there: Oblivion. It's okay. I want to see that movie. It's worth watching. It's the same director as Tron. It's yeah. exactly Tron. Yeah, I want to float this out there about yeah. uh, um, Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, beca- before we move off of it, because I th- this is another point where I wanted to talk about women in movies this year. Uh, Emily Blunt. A- and oh it's God. actually something that I I consider a problem with the movie, and it's not Yoga really pants. the movie's fault, but uh, the this movie features a great performance by a female this year. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and a, a female action star. Like, we had Lucy this year, which purports to be, like, this great, like, female-led yeah, action yeah. movie. And at the end of the day, doesn't actually have a female oh, doing that much action. she kills motherfuckers in this movie. She, she like, she mostly is just, like, doing stuff with her mind in Lucy. Yeah. This is, like, she's, like, physically doing a lot of stuff. She's, like, a woman with agency. She's a hero. The world sees her as a hero. You know what I mean? Like, she, mm. this is a strong female character. And one of my biggest problems with this movie is the plot of this movie is there was a female that had the power and was going to save the day and everything was going to be great because she was a woman and she was going to save us, but she lost it and now she's going to teach a man to do it. I got to undercut you here. 
because he couldn't do it without her. Oh, and I agree. At, and at the end of the day, he gets literally no glory because of the time right. jump. The glory is still yeah, hers, and deservedly sure. so. Sure. And he could not have done it without her. But the bigger parallel to make is not necessarily in the story of the movie. It's to the parallel of Hollywood, which is... They oh, yeah. would you not have, Tom have Cruise, made yeah. Edge of Tomorrow if Tom Cruise wasn't the star of it. You wonder if they flip-flopped where Tom Cruise is the guy that couldn't get out of the loop and then she pops in. The, I think that there is I a... Know, what's be- weird is I would watch that movie. I would, yeah, too. I, I think totally there's a movie. better movie here that is led by Emily Blunt, uh, but Hollywood didn't I think they could sell it. I don't know if I want to say better, but I want to say different and equally marketable. Yes, yeah, my and more is, interesting this, this movie to me is, and, and definitely more interesting. This movie to me is flawless. Like Maybe that would be a better movie, but I can't imagine it. Sure. Um, no, and, and I don't disagree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. That's what I'm trying oh, to yeah. say. Is like I almost don't think this is a problem, but it was like frustrating for me. I was like, it's oh a, my it's god, it's a missed opportunity. I almost got to see the fucking movie we've all been waiting. For. Not all oh. been waiting for. They made Alien, but like, but the, you know coming. what I mean? Like, I, I almost got mean. to see it. It's a missed opportunity. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that it's a step towards that opportunity totally being is. taken in the future. That's the and thing. So I don't want to cool. take it away yeah. from that either because no, it totally I, I is. Totally and she was great in this movie. And I love that every time that he starts the day over, it's her like flexing in yeah. yoga pants. I know this goes against all of this women with agency thing, but as a guy, I'm just going to tell you that Emily Blunt in yoga pants fighting robots. I get uh, it. Boner alert! It's awesome. <laughs> I get it. I, I think she has <laughs> like awesome. she has like the sexiest underbite I've ever seen. Oh my goodness. <laughs> And she's also hilarious. just like one, like you know, a movie I think is so underloved. Did you ever see the Adjustment Bureau? Oh, I, was, I knew you were going to say that. that. I love it. Woo! I love it. I love I, it. The the listeners at home, I'm fanning my face with both <laughs> hands right now because I am moved both by the absolute just sensuality of Emily Blunt in that movie, as well as the fact that that's a great movie. Oh, I thought you were going to say the sensuality of Matthew. Woo! David. It's a Philip K. Dick. David. Um, I do I, love me. I will say on my last note I blew of Edge myself, of Tomorrow. Michael, you know? <laughs> on my last note of Edge of Tomorrow, I will say that uh, that I was very pleasantly surprised when I realized, like this is a slight spoiler, but this is something that I was like in the back of my mind just like, this better not turn out to be this. I was so glad when it didn't turn out to be a simulation for the fight. Like, oh, right. yeah, so, yeah. Like, I was like, he wakes is, up. I, I, yeah. I got it. Like, I, I was predicting that the whole time. And, like, I was just being that asshole going, I, I called it. I'm going to yeah. tell everyone I called it. I called it. He, it was a simulation for him to fight. And it wasn't. So It wasn't cheap at all. Yeah. For a was, lot of that, action stars yeah. that stumble into an ending where it's like, oh, good. It kind of worked out. There's a little bit of that at the end in terms of the time jump, but as far as like where he's at as a character by the end, like that was fought and paid for yeah. with with blood and and diligence. You know, what right. number was that for you? I'm I'm lost. Uh, that was your. We're, that we're was moving your... on to number three now. Okay, so we've all done yes, three. That was my four. No, 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 that was number four. We're moving that was on number to four. Number Did three. you do your four? What was your four? Um, well, my four was Nightcrawler. We didn't. Oh, so, so we're we, done. Yeah. Okay. Uh, What's three? Well, so this is my three. I don't know if anybody else put this on their list. Anybody? I but I do think you saw this at least. Coherence. I oh, fucking love. I, did. I did, not see you did not see coherence. That is that is a doppelganger movie of of epic proportions. Of epic proportions. Here, okay, so it's co- another great Futurama movie. It is. Yeah. So coherence was like one of these. It, it, it part of the reason it's so high on my list is it is a super low budget. It's like as low budget as you could make a movie. There is no production value to this whatsoever. It sounds like I'm shitting on this movie, and I'm not. Uh, but it is it is a movie that takes place in essentially one room. <laughs> Toilets are more expensive than yeah, this movie. Yeah. It takes place in one room of one house, essentially. Am I it, wrong about that? You know, it takes place in two rooms, but they're just one room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It <laughs> takes place in one room of one house the entire time. We break from that here and there. We go into a kitchen. Yeah, yeah. No, we go the outside most part, of the it's house. It's quote-unquote a single location it's, movie. It's, it's yes. a one location movie. Uh, and, and one... 
smallish cast. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe, uh, it's an ensemble. Uh, ensemble, eight characters, maybe something like that. Sixteen characters, but there's only eight. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, it is the smallest budget movie with the highest concept. Explored. Well, it's like in the, the one I love, way. where the reaction isn't any. Like, there's some personal interactions going on, but at yes. the end of the day, the whole movie is about normal people reacting to a sci-fi concept yes. inserting into their lives. Yes. So it's not the sci-fi concept and them and and them. How should I put it? It's not the sci-fi concept showing up and being the problem. It's them reacting to the existence of the sci-fi concept, yeah. and that becomes the the you know the the. I know MacGuffin's not the word, but the 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 thing of it all, you know. My 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 bit my point. Oh man, it's I really liked this movie. It's it so is, hard to talk about. Such a, I know it is. It is such a cool concept, and the way it reveals that concept to you is so interesting, and it it is so fun to to sort of like experience. What I love about it though is what I'm trying to say is. Interstellar had some of the biggest ideas, I think, in a movie this year. I, I saw black holes on a screen this year. You know what I mean? Like the, the fifth dimension. Yeah, like yeah. I saw concepts that I didn't know there were visual representations for this year on the screen. Coherence is bigger than that movie. Oh, yeah. The, what Coherence is doing and talking about and experimenting with is even bigger than anything I'm in Interstellar. I'm going to add this on my to-watch to list. But, oh, man, it's really, you would like it a lot. It's cool. But it does all of that in the tiniest way. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it is, it's, it's, it tackles such a big idea, the biggest idea well, I've ever seen a movie try and tackle. They never even get to the why of it. Right. They just get to the what of it and the how of it. Yep. But they never get to the why of it. And because the more important why. And they don't even really get to the how of it. They, they just They dance around the how yes. of it, which is enough. Which is totally fine. Yeah. The, because the more important why is the question that she is faced with at the end and that she decides to try and find a solution to Who it. am I? Not just who am I. Who do I want to be? Oh, kind yeah. of right. Like what? Well, given, what's what's the end game of yeah, any yeah, of my the, actions? Given yeah. the choice, given the choice, what existence do I want to lead? Oh yeah, does that make sense? Oh, it, 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 it's not at all. Because I feel like yeah, our, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like our listeners are like, what? And I know exactly yeah. what you're saying. But I think that's a testament to this movie: is the less you say about it, the better, yes. because it's. It's really cool. You got And I guarantee it. that out of anyone who's listening right now, 50% of you right away are going to be like, wow. And the other 50% are going to be like, whatever. And then a week later, you're going to be like, wow. Yeah. Because you're going to think about it. It sits with you. Really, and But I wouldn't say I'm that so it's, confused. I I don't even know that what it's a like heavy right movie in terms where there's it any really of those. Isn't. It's actually a very it's light, enjoyable, really Twilight Zone, Futurama-style yes. movie where it's just an exploration of a sci-fi concept Played out in a in an accessible world. Yes, but what they do with it, I, I honestly, uh, to it is me, so fun. We talked about time crimes many times yes. in the past. It's very much that where yes. the 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 main character is just the concept, but it doesn't sacrifice the characters involved. Oh, it with doesn't it. at all. You know actually, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, and for anyone that cares about this kind of thing, first time I've seen Nicholas Brennan on screen in the better part of a decade or two, and and playing. A version of himself yes. in a way that is both wink and nod funny to the Comic Con crowd because this is that yeah. at the end of the day. Yep. But it's also like it, it 
it's essential to the plot. Yes. There is a certain part about how that plays into his yeah. ego that plays into... Huh, I, the, the budget really went to glow sticks and him. That's uh, it. it. Like, dude, that's all it is. It, this movie is kind of incredible. I really, really liked this movie. Local comedian Oliver Yu slash Matthew Sang, whatever he's going with. We're in a transitional period of stage name <laughs> to real name or real name to stage name. You don't know. And... Um, I was at Fergie's with him uh, rather recently, and he was he was telling me he's like, "There's this movie that came out at the film festival a couple years ago, or not a couple years ago, like last year. Yeah. I, ne- I I saw it. No one else has seen it. It's a really cool sci-fi concept." And I was like, "Oh, is it Coherence?" <laughs> and he goes, "Well, no, but it's a maybe. I think it's like Compliance. I'm like Compliance is the girl at the fast food restaurant. He's like, "Well, it's not a fast food restaurant." But it's these oh, people at a movie. dinner party, and yeah. then they kind of run into it. I'm like, it's coherence! Yeah. And so we finally met, and he realized we were talking about the same thing. But it's one of those movies like that where it's minor, where you can't yeah. forget about it. But then when you see it, you go, oh, that's big. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> it's, that, it's that's to, cool. To, to, it's so to, to hook the listeners in, but it's yeah. so Ooh, minor, but yeah. it's unforgettable. To hook the listeners in, and, and you as well, Scott, the sort of general concept is it's this group of old friends at a dinner party together on a particularly unique night because there is a comet that's going to pass by uh, over the planet that we'll all be able to see at some point. Uh, and as they're sitting discussing, they're uh, just having a good time talking. Uh, one of the girls brings up, like, oh, I read this article about, like, the last time a comet past this close was like hundreds of years ago Mm. uh and there was some weird reports like this one woman reported uh this was a specific story i read that uh like a bunch of police showed up to a domestic dispute call and when they got there um you know police hundreds of years ago whatever that is some sort of you know the military yeah, Yeah. yeah yeah uh when they got there it was a woman claiming this isn't my husband about her husband Mm. Uh, I forgot about that aspect, and, and that's sort of like what kicks off the story of this movie and the and the and the plot line of what eventually happens. I don't know if that hooks you at all, but that is sort of the concept of the movie. I, is, I like that. Yeah. Have you ever heard of? I, I wrote uh, it down in my notes. This is something that's constantly abused, um, but it is a real thing. Schrodinger's cat. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. Okay. That? So mention that too. Schrodinger's cat. What the thing is? It's a thought experiment, and the guy who Schrodinger who posited it is actually Hank doing it as a parody of what it means to to uh, kind of for an, an impossibility to become plausible. Mm. And but people often cite it as like, "Ooh, this is what happens." It's not what happens. It's a thought experiment. But yes. the thought experiment is this, and I'm gonna. There's a way to distill it, but I'm gonna. You guys can get it. I'm gonna give it to you in a, in a. Uh, in the literal sense, you put a cat in a box. In a portion of the box, there's a radioactive isotope yep. that has a certain half-life. When that half-life expires, it will die and set off a mechanism that releases gas, killing the cat. But unobserved, we don't know when that half-life expires or, or you know, if that has happened yet. So unobserved, we have to... We have to we have to accept the fact that two realities could possibly exist. One, where it hasn't expired yet, mm-hmm. and the cat is still alive, and one where the cat's dead. And so the theory posits that until it's observed, both being equally plausible are both equally existing. Um, now, this isn't factual, because that's not what it is. The Schrodinger's cat thing is just a a thought experiment to parody what quantum physics is. Mm-hmm. But the question that it brings in is if two possibilities are equal, equally likely to hap- happen, but they are currently unobserved, we don't have enough evidence to say that one or the other is yeah, happening, so yes. we have to accept yeah, yeah, both. Yes. And this is a situation where a 
An event is happening, such as a person not observing this, such as a comet flying overhead that is extraterrestrial, Mm -hmm. that there are two possible realities that exist. But as they are currently unobserved, if these realities were to cross paths, could they affect each other and how? And this movie is an exploration of that. So it's not based in any actual science, right? But it's not pseudoscience. Right. It's just a thought experiment, just an idea. Yeah. yeah. And so for a movie to posit a thought experiment in a way that that is dynamic, because it's a movie, it's a movie, movie, really. It really um, is. It, it just causes you to ask those questions. And so while there is no ending where you can say this is what happened and this is how I feel, it's a jumping off point as a conversation piece. Mm-hmm. But it's based in sweet modern day gravity yeah. effects time science. So you got to dig and, it. And Sounds I will good. say, I, I think... I'm in, sorry, that was like 10 minutes. I'm no, it's sorry. Okay. I, it, it, uh, it is, I think, of... Uh, there if were, you're still with us. There no. were a lot of doppelganger yeah, movies this year. We've <laughs> still got at least one to talk about. I know this was my favorite. This one, I think, spoke the most to like what the idea of a doppelganger story is getting at for I gotta me say, personally. This was, although I think it's a goddamned masterwork, yeah. it was probably my least favorite. Uh, no, I would say The Double was my least favorite, even the, though I, I actually really liked that. I liked that. it. I, the Double for me. I wasn't was. crazy you know about, the, about double. the Double. is that it, it, it does say nothing. It's That's just, how I feel, too. It's just a literal, yeah. you know, how does this guy react to this situation of having a double? Which and it's I an respect, old story as well, isn't but it? But it's yeah. not as lasting as something as, say, coherent. Was the yeah. or? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's an old story, too, then. It's an I old mean. story. It's mm-hmm. just a fable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, the double's at the bottom. I would go coherence. Then uh, the one I love, I was just floored by. Yeah, but me too. We'll get to my number one, which you can probably guess yes, is yeah. what it is. Are we done talking oh, about uh, number three? Did we? Did everybody else? Because this is three, my number three. My number three is Birdman. So okay, that's that's later that's, for me. Yeah. My number three. Then we'll jump into this is Enemy. Okay, awesome. And I'm gonna say yeah. what I've what I wrote weeks ago. Is it higher on yours again. at all? Uh, enemy, I I, uh, I said earlier that I um, eliminated okay. by just because I said, oh well, it says 2013. That frees up a spot for okay. something else. Although it was on, I was like number five on my list. This is a number so seven on mine. I loved Enemy. Yeah. Well, Enemy is a doppelganger movie. Yes. Um, the reason why Enemy is on my list, and this is going to sound awful, and don't judge me as I can relate to it uh, through and through. Mm-mm. No, I'm, I'm, I'm totally, I totally relate. You, yeah. We are animals. Yeah. I have certain desires that yeah. that need to be satiated. Be they addictions, be just be they anything. Mm-hmm. And even if they are not socially acceptable, you have to satisfy them. And you can fight it, you can beat it, but nature always wins. And in this movie, this is a man who is fighting his nature and eventually, albeit being kind of a a downer, accepts it. Yeah. But it speaks to the nature of addiction and the nature of obsession, yeah. and the nature of drive in yeah. a way that that sh- that really, you know, when you're doing a doppelganger movie, you really risk this being obtuse and being just battering you over the head with it. But instead, due to ambiguity and smart filmmaking, yes. it becomes a thriller. Yes, it becomes a horror movie. Yes, it becomes a mystery. Uh-huh. But at the end of the day, it becomes a question of who am I? Mm-hmm. What do I represent? Mm-hmm. And if I cannot resist my most carnal and most evil desires, does that make me culpable for my actions? Mm-hmm. And the answer is whatever you want it to be. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I loved yeah, I love the the whole fact that, you know, he he is, you know, the enemy, obviously refers to himself as he as he is the enemy. 
And I loved how I I kind of got it, and then I texted you and uh, our other friend. Well, I sent you that video, right? You, that no, video I didn't. Well, you, you sent me the video. I don't know if it's the one I watched. I watched two of them. Mm. I watched like it a five, was. There was a five two, or eight like, minute version. And I watched like a twenty minute one. That was the one. So yeah. and, I sent that to you too. And that I was like, a lot. and they they had slightly different uh, like varying ideas. Um, and I, I think I, I honestly think we should just go ahead and talk about it because that's fine. Uh, even if, even if the person hasn't seen the movie, I think this helps and and would make a, make the movie more accessible to people who might not like it because oh, they yeah. think they f- might feel stupid because they didn't get it. But it's um, the story of a man creating an ideal that's against his nature but is socially accepted. It's it's, it's about a cheater. And they, exactly. Really, yeah, and well, they cheater. talk about how uh, what was the I forget the spiders who the are they women, did, which was spiders uh, are women. Like that's really what. I it don't is. even think the spiders women so much as Commitment. it is that urge. Eh, the no, spiders no, 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 the monkey. No, no, I think the spider is 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 a, a committed relationship. Oh, um, see, I think I, the spider no, is is I, well, your desire I, well, to do something against you, what your moral code is. I think you're is. both right, and not like I think in the context I, yeah. of we're, this, we're going opposite. Though. No, no, no. I think in the context of this movie, you're right. In the context of this movie, a spider is a, rela- a committed relationship. For oh, this but man. I don't yeah. think that the spider is the committed relationship. But I think you're on the right track. I think because I what think, it is is that spider is his urge to break. No. From that committed no, relationship, I, I see. Because even in the middle of the movie, when he's starting to go, I'm going to do the straight and narrow. It cuts to this spider just looming over the city, just yeah. waiting for its moment. But I think, and at the end, when they hand him the key to the sex club, and he's committed to staying with his wife, and he sees the sex club, and then he sees the spider, he goes, "I can't deny yeah. my nature," and he smiles. No, 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 no. Because the first time around, it's a tragedy. And the second but time why around, did, it's a farce. But why did he see the spider? Because he told his 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 wife or girlfriend no, that he was going he, out. He I accepted the, spider, the urge. No, I think the spider. It, it, to be completely honest, I think the spider represented because you know a spider traps you in its web. And, and I think is, that's I don't what think you're wrong. I that's think the thing, I think the, there's so it's, it's such a wide interpretation. interpretation. And I think what it is is the spider represented um, being almost trapped in a relationship or trapped with somebody. I think I don't think the spider see, was. See, I'm his going urge. bigger though. Pull the lens back one level further. Is that his relationship is probably what's best for him? It's probably morally, ethically, and but he even wants to be away from the, the best web. way to go. He wants to be away from the but web. But I don't though. think that it's the web of his wife that he's that he's I th- hiding I from. Think I think it's it the web of his urges that he's trapped in, and that's what the spider represents. Uh, to I don't me, know, I which think... is why I think the ending's so scary. Because one, it's a jolt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. two, when it sets in the connotation, it's heavy. I, I, I feel like he feels trapped in this web. But the reason he smiles at the end is because he's accepting that fact. And it goes to show that he is he's a weak I don't want to say a weak character. He's a, man. He's a strong character. He's a weak person. Yeah. No, I, I, I But at the end of the day, I think there's enough edu- evidence to argue your point yeah, very yeah. strongly. And that's and, and that's, that's what, the beauty of it. It's so ambiguous. And, and, and hasn't the director hasn't the director come out and said he doesn't even know? Like he just The director said that And Joan Hall said uh, too either. The director said, said that it was a story of um and it's funny, we're gonna go right back to upstream color. It's fine. Yeah. The director said that it was just it's the sto- it's the story of a of of a of a difficult to break cycle. Mm-hmm. But I think he said something and I'm not going to quote it, but it's close to this of a man battling himself. He, yeah. he well, and that's that enemies to enemy. all of our yeah. points. Uh, it's his enemy. He, yeah. Uh, I'm actually almost positive. The specific thing he said is if you asked Jake, Jake would tell you. 
it's the story of a man who has to excise his own like desires. Exactly. So, like, like and he, I think and ultimately fails. Yeah, but Gyllenhaal, so. Gyllenhaal said he's. I, I think Gyllenhaal said he doesn't know exactly. Well, what right. And my point is, this is the director saying this is what he. <laughs> this is the director saying this is what Jake would say. So it's it's really at the, the end of the day, it's saying, based yeah. on a book. So it's what yeah. what he says. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's it, it was. And I haven't even rewatched it yet. I'm sorry. I, I haven't even rewatched it yet. Um, and, and I, I love it. Mm. Um, and I've watched it like four times. Yeah, I, 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 I want to rewatch it. It I, just it, it gets me. I mean, even like when you think of something like quitting smoking, yeah. and you go, I do not want a cigarette, mm-hmm. and then you see one, and you go, All right, just one. It'll, that, be, I mean, it'll it'll be a blast. That's why I think the spider is just the the monkey on your back. You know what I mean? Like it, it, in a really I mean large context, he's trapped by yeah. his urge. Yeah, but why? Well, I mean, we could go on and on about this, but I'm saying like, why was um you know the 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 spider appeared over the city when it yep. was his mother mm-hmm. leaving a voicemail and the spider appeared ooh that's interesting because his mother was urging him to be like you know so she's the big good. spider yeah. like she's yeah. the overlooming spider mm-hmm. looming over his whole well then there's being. the question of just and Toronto's like, a big city no. maybe it's just pressure you well know, and, it's just pressure however and you I take think, it and like when he walked into the room and it's you know after oh hey you know hey baby I'm gonna go out like she knew what the fuck he was doing and well, where's that again it's the, the upset spider counts. the yeah. upset spider yeah, yeah. cowering away yeah. from him saying like you know I, I don't know I think the web I think think his perception was um that the the web that that you know women are the spiders trying to get you into the web and i think that's a very Do you think it's all women male. are his woman well here's where i all wanna... we- well i think i think that's a whole thing because Hashtag that goes back all. to and that's <laughs> yes all yeah, spiders and, and and i don't like to i don't like to yes voice... both jill and holes yeah <laughs> i don't i don't like to voice uh th- th- this too much but i think it comes down to the point where like you know with women it's it's um guys can just fuck as many girls as they want and knock up as many girls as they want and and guys are less of a commitment and we we have, and like it's nature and it's shitty nature it, you can yep. reference it in music you can reference it in anything but really what it comes down to is is nature and women you know you can only be pregnant with see, one person spider represents to me is nature is that he can't deny his nature even though his nature is essentially a bad thing well, for Well, and no, him but isn't there another thing that creature? spiders bite off the head of the male after they um, are... That's pretty pre- I think. Um, I'm the, sure there are some spiders yeah. that are cannibalistic. I, I think we I should really just uh, look up spiders I actually have a question for you, though, right just because you brought up something interesting. You said in music. Can you come up with an example if I put No, you because spot? I'm going to get made fun of if I do. <laughs> no, no, please do, because I'm actually... Um, I think that's uh, a valid point, you know, but I don't like, have uh, a... Of course, you're a fucking asshole. You're going to say Portugal? Yeah, I am going to say No, but that's fine. No, dude. I am going to say Portugal as a joke, but Portugal no, 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 okay, okay, okay. Band, so um, but but when he says uh, it's it's in uh, in the mountain in the cloud, when he says uh, go uh, just like our mothers uh, made us our home, just like our fathers go out on their own, and that really is and that's nature. That is nature. Like you know, the husband left the home and did you know did his thing, whether it was hunting and gathering for the spreading his seed, yeah, yeah. spreading his, his seed. legacy. And and just you know whether it's it's bacteria or viruses or any animal it's, it's exactly Life, even uh, even seeds of bushes. Well, can I like it's just real quick? I feel like I can marry your your two points together with a quick key, which is just that you you. Said I don't s- want to be married. This is the whole point no, of the no, thing. No, I, the sa- spiders. No, I'm just kidding. You, you said something that I think is the key to it, which is just that from Hall's perspective, the woman is the web. The yes. woman has pulled him into this. Did, web. He, did he explicitly home, say that though? No, no, no one said that. Okay, no, no, no. no, 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 no. Oh, from the I'm, character's I'm trying to say from the character's okay, yeah, perspective, okay. which is what you were trying to say. From yes, the, 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 the web is the home that 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 life that, that right. he doesn't want to be involved in, and the spider. No, but the thing is, though, is the, the web woman. is a trap. 
That's what exactly that, that okay. exactly. And and I think that his character I think the is Scott's perceiving point, his it character perceives the women as, to be yes, women. that's what I'm saying. Yes. So the woman's the trap but the spider's his urge. No, 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 no. No, because the the thing is the spider we takes the trap and I know this is going to I would love to do a whole episode of an interview yeah. because I'd like to watch we it should. the fifth time. Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah. I'm I'm saying in in Gyllenhaal's per- percept uh perspective um, the web is is uh, the rela- is the committed relationship, and the spider is the woman who is in that committed relationship. He wants to he wants to he wants to leave that deserved. web, and I could be hundred percent wrong. But that's but. where I think these things are married: is that you're looking at it from the bigger perspective, which is accurate. Totally that's why I think accurate. they're both valid. Yeah, 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 it's totally accurate. Which is from a larger perspective, he it's this addiction, right? We could look at it as a much more general thing of this addiction that keeps pulling him in and and, and attracting him to this thing, and is always going to eat him alive, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, but, but I think in, nature but is you don't want to be eat, in a uh, more specific. Alive. That's why the ending's so important, where he smiles yeah. because he realizes like this is unavoidable. So I'm just gonna fucking like yeah, it. Yeah, I, th- you know? I see. I disagree. I think like I think that, that the whole thing is is he doesn't you know nature is you don't want to be eaten alive. You don't want to be caught in that web. And I think to him, it you know to him that web is the committed relationship and the spider. Well, then why is, does he smile though when he sees the spider? Because he's I have clearly to, I about, see, he's see, clearly now I have about to, to betray his relationship. So for me, it's he sees the spider and goes, "I'm going out of town with this guy." Yeah, uh, yeah, can you do the for smile for me? Term. I don't remember the smile. I don't. Maybe that was. Yeah. Just, I, I don't remember it, and uh, you know, it could always. Smiles be something. We could dance around this forever. Yeah, yeah. We should move on to the next yeah. one. But I want to say this: uh, well, uh, I, Dennis Villanueva, he did uh, Prisoners. Which oh my god! I didn't see so it. A Hugh Jackman career best without a doubt. He was great. B, Everybody was great in that. Jake Gyllenhaal, outside of a movie we're going to get into later. Career best. Yeah. So this is a man who obviously has some sort of a personal relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal and really evoked is two he the very spider? different but no- very notably different. similar. Uh, there's a duality between these two characters that are clearly different people but are the same person that I, I think speaks to the relationship between director and actor. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a trust there. But then when you take it down to a technical standpoint, there's no dividing line. That looked like Jake Gyllenhaal had a twin. That was fucking yeah. impressive. There's, there's just on, on a straight, trite totally. level, that is it. Well, that's. I wanted to bring up two things before we get off of this movie really quick, which is actually how it ended up on my list more than the question. What, what's that added on yours? I'm sorry. It's like number six or seven oh, okay, or something. Okay. Uh, the the w- It ended up on my list more, more than what it made me think about and the story and all of that. This was one of the most beautiful movies I saw this year. Oh, it's Chris. This you would like Prisoners. This movie is gorgeous. Oh, yeah, this mo- I love the way this movie looks. It reminds me of French New Wave. Like it really like it was shot in a very specific way. Uh, it also features Toronto as Toronto, which mm. never fucking happens. Yeah, Toronto it's played Philly and Devils. Some other fucking city in every movie I, you see I, it I in. It's well. I'm gonna nerd. I'm gonna nerd out on that because like I forgot it took place in Toronto, and I I just went to Toronto uh, back in September, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. that was the first time I've been there. And I you know I'm I'm driving up the highway, and I pass by. I think it was the building that Gyllenhaal first goes to visit Gyllenhaal. Oh um, yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm like that that's 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 to, that that enemy, and yeah. then I'm like oh my god, I forgot it takes place in Toronto, and. Uh, Toronto's a great city. Have you ever been? You've been there? I, I, I've never been to Toronto, oh, but it's, it's a beautiful city. Great like city. I, you know, I've seen a ton of pictures and stuff. Yeah, it's a great city. city. I'm just fascinated. You stop with. by Niagara on the way. It's an eight-hour drive. I'll go up the summer with you. <laughs> yeah, I would love take to. my car if it's still on the road. <laughs> it's just, it's one. It. it uh, I love that it's a city. Part of the reason I'm fascinated with it is it's a city that is in movies all the time. Mm-hmm. 
it as is, Chicago, yeah. as Chicago, as New York. Yeah. It, it serves as other cities all the time. It is so rare that a movie is shot in Toronto that is actually yeah. supposed to take place in Toronto. Well, and I think there's only one reference to when he gets a letter and it says, you know, Toronto, Ontario, and then that's L- L- letter number, letter number, letter number, zip code. You know, that's true. Uh, but part of what I really like about it being set in Toronto is that one of the features of Toronto is the trolleys in Toronto that have these web-like uh, yeah. uh, wires all over the city. Mm-hmm. So you have really? all these. See, I, don't, I know nothing of Toronto. Yeah. So it, uh, so you have yeah. all these great shots of those like webbing-like. Uh, uh, wires of her. It was just a beautiful movie. It was like really gorgeous, and his performance was fucking fantastic. Was yeah. the other reason this should be. You on should really lists. see Prisoners. It's a long movie, and it has a a couple third act problems. But they're not even character problems. They're just plot problems. Where it's like I Prisoners. Oh yeah. Where yes. it's like ah, you know, they're, they're just trying to finish the movie. Yeah. And it's one of those things. But but the thing is, like the the connotations of the ending, even if it seems trite, they stick with you because it's it's really good. What's funny is I actually remember I was watching this. Uh, uh, in between presentations at the Wit In Awards last year was when I saw Prisoners. Mm-hmm. So it's just funny. This is the first time I've thought about it since then. <laughs> Wit Ins are back. And um, it, it's just a really good movie. And, and in, a, in a weird way, you can see... I don't know if this is the proper comparison, but but I'll say it. Mark Wahlberg is is a great actor. When he He's a also director. a terrible actor. Yeah. Exactly. When he has a it's, great it's, director. It's all about the director. When yeah. you put David O. Russell with Mark Wahlberg, it's it's magic. Mm-hmm. I would even argue when you put Seth MacFarlane with Mark Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> it's magic. Uh, I will always defend Ted. It's not perfect, but Mark Wahlberg really hands in an inspired performance. Uh, he's not just a dumb guy. He does a weird pathos which, with it, which is interesting. But... Uh, I feel like there's that relationship between Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, uh, Villa. I, I'm not going to get his name right. Villa Nueve is how it's pronounced phonetically, but I don't know what the yeah, proper yeah. thing is. Yeah, you're saying um, that. Th- they seem to have this trust, and when you have that between a director and actors, there's this wonderful thing where, you know, you have the direct director using the best of their talents to essentially direct. And, um, you have the actor who has to put some of their self in the role without explicitly putting themselves in the role. And so when you watch that dance together, it works perfectly. And sometimes it, it, it works brilliantly with The Fighter, with David O. Russell and Mark Wahlberg. Sometimes it, it, it works, but it kind of it seems like a gimmick, like Mark Wahlberg in uh, I Heart Huckabees. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he's funny in that, but like, you know, there, there's... There's a little bit of waka waka. Play me off, Tommy, and uh, so so that's there. But I I just feel like in in prisoners, and then even more so a a you know just an evolution of that in enemy. It really works there, and it just excites me to see these people work together. It's there's a trust there that that is essential to making a movie that doesn't like very rarely happens. I mean, when you think about it, even when you look at Interstellar, you know you see that movie and like. Matthew McConaughey does a good job and he disappears into that role pretty well. But at the mm. end of the day, you went because you wanted to see Matthew McConaughey go to space. In Prisoners, there's nothing space. about it that is Jake Gyllenhaal. In Enemy, there's nothing about it that is Jake Gyllenhaal explicitly like that. But if it was anyone else but Jake Gyllenhaal or a different director, that magic would be lost. Yeah. I don't know if I'm rambling, but that's... that's no, Prisoners... Enemy prisoners, just sat with me like I'm, that. Like, I'm, that is I'm, some... 
Oh, Gyllenhaal is great in it, but I think what you said too, as far as this director, this director is 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 awesome, and he's I can't, great. I can't wait to see what he does next because the I, problems I said, with Prisoners were were not in the direction at all. It's just the script. No, and it's still good, but any issues yeah. I have with that movie are script. based Well, and my whole thing with Prisoners too is is I swear Prisoners that Two, <laughs> Trouble in Jamaica, Prisoners <laughs> as well. No, that's Aruba when uh with the chick got I don't know. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, Anyway, no, my, my whole thing uh, with, with Prisoners is I, that would have, if that was in a different language, that would have been probably, wa- it probably would have won Best Foreign Picture. Oh, yeah, that right? And it was so funny because I watched that movie. I actually, you know and what? I can picture that. I never thought yeah, of that, but that it, makes sense. It's so yeah. funny because, like, watching it, I'm like, this takes place in Pennsylvania, and I don't know where the hell it takes place. But at the same time, I'm like, and Melissa Leo's house. In yeah, Pennsylvania. this is this is a it, it, to me. It was a foreign movie. Like it, it, it I could clearly see watching this movie. I in, feel like Enemy definitely has that thing too. And, yeah, it, yeah. Well, Enemy French. is a foreign movie. It takes place in Toronto. Yeah. Garrett and I just discussed that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, no, but I mean, I, like, I, I don't want to derail this too far. But we're at three hours. Could, let's get oh, off shit. of movies that didn't happen in 2014 and start talking Ayo. more right, about right, 2014 movies. So we're getting down to movies. two. <laughs> Well, now we can all cross cross paths here. What my, my number three? Oh yeah, what's yes. your three? Birdman. Birdman. Okay, well that's my two. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, that's not my. Do you have Birdman higher? You don't. I know no, I don't. Mine was three. lower. Let's yeah. do it. Wait, your Birdman was. It where? was lower. Yeah, it was like a eight or something. Yeah. Birdman's my number three. Birdman. So Birdman two. said so much about. What's your number three? What's up? What we already number? did. Enemy? My my number three was enemy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Was it follows the enemy. enemy. Yeah, kidding. we just yeah. Birdman as a creative person. Also, as a person who is a critic, it spoke to so many things about the culpability of what you say about art and what you produce as art and your motivations for producing art or producing criticism that it just left me feeling so flabbergasted and impressed, but just sparkled over with funny that it, it I just loved it. It was great. Yeah, I this movie was like... It, it, I had a weird experience with this movie of like it got so hyped to me. I think the hype may have hurt it. I for think it you. did a little bit because I think I, it was overhyped and I still loved it. I as sat much. through it and I was like, this is great. You know, like there was nothing about it to complain about, but I was like, I don't know if I see what everybody else sees, like how just like great everybody's talking about it being. And within 24 hours, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I had like 12 conversations with 12 different people about it. Everybody had different ideas about what the ending might mean and and what was really going on in the story and i and i think that maybe the reason it's n- not higher on my, the only reason it's not higher on my list is there's so much going on in this movie I, it has so I many totally things agree. it's trying to talk about that it it it's a little bit messy it's a little bit hard to crack but that's okay you know what i mean like the it's thing a, is i feel like part of what it's doing is like trying is to that, be messy I think. Exactly. yeah like, i think it's trying I, to have a scrappy that's appeal what art is a little bit too right like it's it is all of these well, things that's the that we're thing, trying to make sense um, of the, the I, I think you were the one talking to me about the interview with the actors and yes. how they had to actually really like you have to consider down to literally counting your paces where yes. you're going when you're dealing with a movie where there's a lot of visual sleight of hand going on there are a lot of effects in that movie and so few of them are post production right. a lot of them are just almost everything it, it reminded me of Michelle Gondry yeah. Um, where it's just a lot of uh, when, when Jim Carrey did uh, Eternal Sunshine, he was on Conan, and he said that like Michelle Gondry would be like, and then you move here and you move here and you do this and action, and I would go, I can't do that. And Michelle Gondry would be like, Well, how do you know if you can't do that unless you try? Yeah. And so I feel like this whole movie had that attitude of just like go 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 go, and what it felt like to me is, and we produce a show together, so we understand this. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've done live things before. 
when you're running a show and you're the person that has to keep everything together as opposed to just performing, it, it's a juggling act. Yes. And this whole movie, even though it's about a guy performing a play, our lens, because of the whole conceit of the quote-unquote non-cut camera and long mm-hmm, takes, mm-hmm. it's just supposed to feel like a live production. Mm-hmm. A- and I think it captured that perfect the urgency the panic but also just like the trust like even if this fucks up it's it's at least going to be interesting that that played through and and i get that and as a producer that that resonates it's another thing i think that that, you know like you said even if it fucks up there's that and i think that's what slaps you over the head the most is because like even even if this the movie wasn't good it was still uh like the camera work in it was is possibly Oh, it's technically impressive across the board. I've ever seen. And my only, my, the only reason why it wasn't number one with me is kind of what you said, where I'm like, I was so, I I thought the acting was great. The story was great. The fact that it was kind of slapping you in the face. It's like, Hey, you know, this play is, is reflecting the movie and what he's doing and is reflecting real life. And, and and like, you know, there's, there's a very, there's several layers of the movie and, uh, you know, just everything about it was so great. The story was very original. Like the whole idea is like, is this guy a superhero? If he's a superhero, then, you know, what a great thing. Or is he crazy? You know, who knows? Like, and the ambig, uh, the ambiguity of that was like, just, just brilliant. And then like, uh, like, okay. And then he's got this fucked up relationship with his daughter. And then you got, you know, everybody's fucked up when, you know, on stage, they're, they're one thing off stage or another thing. And, you know, around this person, they're completely different. And there was so many, so much, so I'm many, just, I'm, as I hear this, I'm just like, my, my love is affirming for this yeah, movie. That's what I'm saying. Like, like it was not, it was my number one. And then I was second guessing. It was guessing. my number one for so it was, long. I, was, I started second guessing myself. Cause I'm saying, was I just distracted by the brilliant, beautiful camera work the whole time right. that I ignored uh, flaws in it? And I right. don't know because I've only seen it once in theaters. I so bet I you can't... do know because you know what I remember about that movie? It's amazing. Not the camera work. I, when, I think, I, when I dwell upon that movie, yeah, I'm impressed by the camera work, but the stuff that sits with me are the questions that I ask fuck, about yeah. creativity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's my so number like, three that right now. I think it's, it's probably... I run a parallel to, did you read American Psycho? Yes. There's the scene in American Psycho where he's in a chase scene. And what's so funny about it is you don't know if he's in a chase scene. He's being an unreliable narrator. He's running. So the whole thing is there's a threat because he feels threatened. Mm. We don't know if there's a threat. And there's five pages where it doesn't take a sentence break. Oh, yeah. But there's never a point where you you notice it until it's over and you go, (sighs) he made it home. And then I'm going, I'm out of breath. I'm exhausted. Why was that? And it was just because of a technical uh, oh, device. Yeah. There, there was nothing about the actual prose of it that, that, that made me feel that way. It was just the technical of it. And that, when I think about that and I think about Inaritu's directing of this movie, it creates that. The whole movie is breathless because when you're producing a show and, and running a mm-hmm. show, until those curtains close, you're you're on point because yeah. anything oh, can happen. Really you really captured be ready. that, yeah. and you got to do that. And then when that movie ends, no matter how ambiguous the ending is, one of the things that softens that is the fact that you just go. <sighs> yeah, I took the show I, is finished. I'm kind of <laughs> slapping myself now because, like it's I said, beautiful. up until about yesterday, it was my number one, and then. Um, because I started second guessing myself, saying like, was I just distracted by the camera work? You know, was there flaws about this movie that I didn't see? I haven't seen it twice. I saw a lot of these movies more than like most of these movies more than once. Um, and I said, you know what? Let me just let me just put it at number three to be safe. 
And now I'm like, you know, uh, well, then again, my number two, which, you know, you guys have already talked about it, but my number two uh, is, is Nightcrawler. Um, I haven't That's seen my number one. Right? I haven't yeah. seen I haven't <laughs> seen that twice, and I'm I'm kind of saying the same thing. And I, I in my notes I put that for both. Wait, of them. Wait, your number two is Nightcrawler. My number two is Nightcrawler. We're on number two now. Wait, what was your three? Uh, uh, Birdman. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. So yeah, okay. Sorry, so yeah. yeah. So um yeah, I guess that is a good segue into number two, unless anyone else has you know Birdman because I I'll just say this uh, one of the levels of Birdman that that was the initial appeal of it and has almost been forgotten about in the review of it is just the fact that like Michael Keaton was Batman yeah. and Michael Keaton is a talented <laughs> yeah. smart yes. man and his character in the movie is having a personal crisis of am I more than Birdman mm-hmm. or am I just Birdman and the way I read the movie is that he ultimately accepts like I'm Birdman and that's good enough that's actually great but Michael Keaton <laughs> has has done better then his character mm-hmm. in through Birdman has proved that like we kind of always thought he was better than just Batman. We saw that he was an eighties comedic superstar. He was a successful stand-up, but like nobody gave him that respect. And now he's got it. Did you see mm-hmm. Dream Until Team? It I mean, ran. No, actually, it's and, funny. You know, we ran I, with that. I, that's, for some, that's fucking cool. For some you know? crazy it, reason, I think he actually has a very real chance. He will definitely be nominated for Best Actor, yeah. but I, I think he, he actually is. has a chance to win. Mm-hmm. And even though there are a million other things that I would say are equal uh, contenders for Best Actor, if he won, not only would it make me happy, but I think that it is inarguably deserved. And it's I just want to see his acceptance speech and like just look at it like a... <laughs> By like, oh, well, first of all, but but actually, I, he goes to the Oscars dressed as Beetlejuice. You know, it's funny because like I just I just realized this that yeah yeah like I remember he played Batman and and, and that was resonating with me the whole time, but then w- the voice of uh, of Birdman in Birdman like of of his alter ego is the new Batman voice. Yeah, like, yeah. Ah, that like I that just dawned on me, which it is made, brilliant. It made a previous cultural comment yeah. and just like a modern satire thing. Yep. It was so relevant. Yeah, in a million ways. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, with let's uh, talk about my number three. Think about Michael Keaton's career, though. Like our parents understand Michael Keaton as he was that funny guy, and they're gonna make yeah. him Batman. Yeah. Oh, he's pretty good. Yeah. But then our generation is like, he's our Batman. Oh, he used to be a comedian. He used to be a funny guy. Uh, okay, a yeah, Beetlejuice, blah, blah. Like, so it's a slight delay, and this actually draws that all to a close, and it just says to the world, like. Michael Keaton, whether you like him or not, like do not deny his talent. It's oh, oh he. I mean the the performance in this is just incredible in my mind because this is the way I watch movies. Because not just because it's like such a great acting role, you know, he's like he is acting yeah, yeah. and it's a great role, and he's really and all these other things that he brings to it by being Michael Keaton in this oh, role, yeah. you know. But also the fact that it is this crazy fucking movie oh, where yeah. there's these long takes. He's he flies. He flies around he, the city. He flies. He's the camera. He's the focus of every single scene except for two. So the camera is always around him for these really long takes where he never accidentally looks in the lens. And he's oh, always yeah. playing this character. He's and classy. sometimes he's not just playing this character. He's playing another character oh, yeah. that this character is playing on a stage. He. I heard in an interview, you mentioned this a little bit. They had to count footsteps in their head to make sure they landed on their marks because it's still a fucking movie and where still they have act. to light things. Uh. So they have to land in the right place to be lit properly. So he has to count footsteps while acting, while acting as that character acting. It's 
unreal. Unreal. Well, from, yeah, from 30 seconds, uh, about 30 seconds in until about five minutes till the end, it really, I mean, I know there's cuts, but, it, you know, they hide Oh, them. they're clean. They're oh, yeah, clean. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're clean cuts. And, and so I would it's, say so for it's, essentially it's one, essentially it's one Take, it's a stream but, of consciousness. Yeah. It yeah. goes, goes, goes. And, and, it's and, a even, and, and come on, when, when the, the scene where he's running through Times Square, how yeah, hard was that I to know. pull off? We're watching a performance that knows it's a performance yes. but frames itself as real. Right. And it, and it plays. And it's as far crazy. as Inaritu as films go, his movies are excessive. They're They're good. But they're, but they're so superfluous to the point where they're exhausting. And this one didn't. It, it, if anything, I, I wouldn't say rushed. Rushed is a strong word. But it felt pop, 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 mm-hmm. pop, You know, like it was, it, was, it was a consistent pace all the way through. There was never a point where I stopped. Partially because of the framing device and just partially because of the urgency of the characters. Mm-hmm. But as, as far as his movies go, it is hands down his best. Oh. And so... That says something because he's a phenomenal filmmaker, mm-hmm. and for him to learn, yeah, he's a dude that's already made great movies. He's made great movies, yeah. but they've all been excessive. Yeah. And for him to take probably his most uh, colorful and at least content-wise excessive movie and exhibit restraint, but still have flash, it, that's a good exercise, and mm-hmm. I think it's it's worth noting. I also like how uh, Ed Norton, like, because he is man, a, he was good. In he's movie. he's such a he's such a known. Um, actor and and a lot of people. I mean, it's it's almost it's Who, almost Mike Shiner. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's almost known now that he's he's difficult to work with. I mean, that the 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 uh, you know the cat you know, out the, of the bag on that because they. I mean, the Incredible Hulk. Like people kind of well, even say, said, I like, love his his difficulty because it gave us Ruffalo oh, playing Hulk. Well, that's what I'm saying. So so the cat's <laughs> out of the bag on that. Mm-hmm. And and but he plays a, a guy who's difficult to work with, but he's yet brilliant at the same time, which is what Norton is. And also Norton, he's got comedic chops too. Oh I well, mean, Norton, like Norton's a theater. Great, Norton, you know? Norton is a theater. Uh, I think like he went to University of Maryland mm-hmm. or something. So he is he's a theater a, major. He's an actor snob. Yeah, yeah. and but it's, that's it's a good and, thing. He, and he plays himself. And he I don't gotta hang out with him. Yeah, and he doesn't. You know, he plays himself and he plays himself. Oh my! And then just this. You know his dialogue with the uh, the what's her name? The, oh, the, well, my favorite yeah. scene in the actually my favorite scene in the movie is him and Emma Stone on the roof the first time, and that's oh, the okay, only yeah, time yeah. that it movie. breaks the point of view of yes. Michael Keaton's yeah. character. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the whole thing is told through his panicked yeah. kind of overseeing everything, and what I like about that is because the the relationship that develops between them is just something that he doesn't really know about, but he can't control. Right, you know, and and that's. That's cool. That's outside of his scope. And at the end of the day, the best part about Birdman is it's it's really entertaining. Yeah, and it's so funny. It's it so funny. Yeah. funny. Dude, uh, also, I can't wait to rewatch. It that. gave us a great Zach Galifianakis performance. I think. Oh yeah, oh, something we've yeah. not seen from him before, and is really like entertaining yeah. to watch. I believed in his professionalism yeah. as an agent. Yeah, and then he just used his manic insanity to be, to, to be the reaction to he, he re- how he can't yeah. have control. What did, what did he call Scorsese? Oh, Emma Stone. Like, I will oh, actually fantastic. say this. Uh, I've seen The Help. I loved The Help. I didn't see that. Birdman is a career best. She was great in this. She was great. I mean. Spider-Man 2 was complete shit, <laughs> but Birdman, career best yeah. for her. Uh, I, 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 I haven't seen all of her movies, but I, I'm going to put a stamp on that. The best I've seen Emma Stone was in Birdman. I, I, when she's yelling about how she's just smoking weed, that was that was scary. Oh, what's, yeah. what's, the was line, what's the line when like Keaton uh, like wipes his mouth and she's like, you just wiped humanity <laughs> off your face or something? Oh, like that. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, with the toilet paper. 
So I don't know. Whatever. It's a great line. That no, I, no, no. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, it's Dad. You just wiped the entire existence. You just you just wiped the human race. It's yeah. Out you're of close existence. enough. Yeah. That, but, yeah. Um. So that was uh, my three. Your two. Which brings what, what was your two, two? Garrett? My number two is Under the Skin. Uh, okay, okay, okay. That was my number six, I believe. That yeah. movie. That was one where I just saw it on a whim. I, I forget what my other choice was. And I was like, you know what? I hear this is good. Everyone always recommends a Sexy Beast to me, and I, I haven't seen that, but I hear it's good. I'll just watch it. And then when I left the theater, I was like, all right. That was pretty cool. And then that night, I was sitting in bed and just shitting myself with fear <laughs> because uh, that movie just haunted me. It was beautiful. Uh, Excellent movie. It, this movie just fucking like rocked my world, I feel like. I, I, like I, uh, I saw a lot of great movies after seeing this movie. I saw a lot of great movies before I this saw this movie. This hit me the way Calvary year. hit you. Yeah. For, and, and even now, I'll think about it sometimes and just feel ill. Yeah, it's see, I don't. It's interesting because I don't have the same experience you seemed to have with it as like a horrifying experience. I, I get that that's there. There that are level horror of elements there, yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, that's faded with time. I think the thing that gets me most is that I'm like, she would have got me. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the thing that really sits with me about this movie uh, is a few things. One is it. It was hands down the most beautiful movie I saw this year, and it's simple. It it, it is. Gorgeous. I want to know who who is the cinematographer. That yeah. was that was like it is you talk gorgeous. Uh, and it, one of the ways in which it's it's gorgeous and really interesting as as a movie is, you know, uh, spoiler alert. When you get to the end, uh, and it's you find this out earlier, but it's fully explained by the time you get to the end. You're watching an alien in like a, yeah. some oh, yeah. human skin, right? Okay. Um, one of the ways in which it's beautiful is it does actually imply the idea of an intergalactic story without really showing us any intergalactic imagery. And it imagery. is based on a book that, from what I understand, has more of, if not a lot more of, that intergalactic yeah. story. Well, it, I think the the I think it's like a graph a long graphic novel. Well, is it a graphic novel? I think so, and I'm I think sure. uh, the graphic novel. Uh, shows you or it goes more into detail of what she's actually doing to those people sure um my whole thing what yeah, i, I don't really need liked, to know that though yeah what i what i really liked about the movie aside from scarlett johansson's uh breasts mm. uh that was awesome finally mm. um yeah uh was slight spoiler alert um at the like towards the end you know, when some guy was kind of doing what she was doing to everybody else, you felt really bad for her. Yeah, I actually and really... you uh, felt real... I felt real... I'm like, no, don't let this happen. And I'm thinking, like, she did this same fucking thing. Well, this plays into exactly what we were talking about as a theme. It's like, this crisis. is someone who's not even human yeah. having a, who am I, how do I re represent myself, I and to what end is that? But to, to think... To what you said, and I think we actually talked about this on air before, is that this is a movie that very, very easily could have been like, this is the one, ladies and gentlemen, where Scarlett Johansson shows yeah, that sweet pussy. Yeah. And there was quite literally none yeah. of that. I, I didn't really have. Yeah, it, to it totally could have, uh, it totally could have been it's like. It's sexual uh, without being exploitative. Yeah. But it's. Like, cause you sit there and go, "Oh man, she looks good," and I'd fall into this. Mm -hmm. But you're not sitting there going, "Like, yo, check out those sweet titties." Yeah, I don't. It, there's none of that. It's weird. Yeah. And it doesn't go back and watch it. I'm the first to admit say, that my first inclination okay. would be to react classlessly and react like that. But it never happened. Yeah, that's an incredible film because. 
I, I would have reacted like know. that, and I never did. I don't know. I mean, if, if a really hot chick pulled up to me in a van, and like if I'm walking back to the train tonight and a, a sexy chick pulls up to me in a van, I'd be like, there's like a camera crew or something in there. Yeah. Right? yeah. But I think the movie actually does like, play a little bit. Scarlett Johansson? Well, I, from the Avengers? That's what I think the movie plays on a little bit, though. The it, no, is her being... I think it does, is, is her being beautiful in a way where you go like... Wait, I know you from so you're familiar to me. It mm. plays on the fact that she's not just beautiful, but she's like classically beautiful, and not just classically beautiful. She's like a movie star, and right? Her you know name, what I mean? like it, but here's the thing too: she's Black Widow, which is a spider, and she's, she's luring these people in her web. It's all enemy. Like that. I, oh my God. She's only newly regarded as that when Scarlett Johansson first came out. She was the the anti bombshell, right? When she was in Ghost World and all that, it was like here's a girl who looks natural, right? Right. And so it's partially because they beefed her up to be more sexualized and partially because beauty has changed from sexualized to more natural recently. You know, one one a good thing, one a bad thing. So it was actually quite plausible for this girl who is the picture of what we view as beauty, but is a much alternate view of beauty than what was classically accepted so much as seven or eight years ago, that it, it made her believable. Whereas if I saw her pull up to me, my first thought wouldn't be like, shit, that's Scarlett Johansson. It would be, you kind of remind me of... Uh, that's hey, what whatever. I mean. Do you ever yeah. tell you this? Yeah. and That's what I mean. There's a familiarity to her that makes exactly. me believe guys would get in her And band. in that level, I think it's actually quite another... As we're saying, a lot of movies are more progressive towards women. Yeah. I think this movie's a huge thing for that, partially because the non-sexualization of her nudity, mm-hmm. uh, you know, society-wise, but also just because we really have changed our definition of beauty and the fact that she was more plain helped that. Well, it's also, I mean, it's also her preying on these men. Like, to oh, speak yeah. to that, it's her preying on these men, like, using her sexuality. Absolutely. To prey on Well, and on these men, men are falling victim to predatory is a exactly. strong word, but more uh, affrontive. Uh, they kind of think know, approach, they're, yeah. they kind of think they're the predators and she's the prey. And, and, and it turns too. out it's the other. Because when know? when they when she first comes onto them, they all have a moment of like, oh shit, yeah, she's out of my league. But then it switches into that, and like, I still think predator is a strong word, but I, it's I an do. appropriate agree, word yeah. where it's like it turns into like, all right, yeah, I got this. I'm gonna plow this one, yes. and then it's like, no, you're gonna get sucked into well, a viscous yeah, liquid and, of darkness. But the first thing she does is strip them naked, and I think like that's oh no no no. The first thing she does is make sure that they have no connections. Oh mm-hmm. uh, well, well yeah. I'm saying, but like when she gets them, like when she gets them back, like the first thing she does is, you know, okay, strip naked, and like it's like you said, it's kind of the opposite where you know it, now now they're in the nude and vulnerable, and right away, you know, they become. She the does pri- make them chase her a little bit. Yeah. yeah, she just keeps walking as they. I was sing. gonna say yeah, she does the strip tease and make them take their clothes off. I was gonna say she I also do a strip tease though. That's not really. I think I all. Mean, of, I don't know. This is all being a little misrepresented. I don't think she ever says you have to strip, take your clothes off. I think she sensually moves backwards while taking her clothes off, and, they and just the strip. men strip as they walk towards her. She entices them into that, but I don't think there's ever a moment of her saying, like, you have to do this, do this. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I'd say eight times out of ten, if I'm in a situation where I'm with a lady and we're removing clothes, I remove her clothes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I remove my clothes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think that, yeah. It's it's very I usually, I usually very leave the rarely. shirt on because I'm a little chubby and I don't like, I hide it. Oh, the shirt's <laughs> the first thing to go because no, I'm super me. sweaty. Yeah. I'm a gross person. 
But I did. I like that. I leave my right sock I'm on, real farty. <laughs> I like that though. I think you're right. I think that is. There's a bit of empowerment in that in its own way. Uh, but I, I also, you know, it's it's this gorgeous movie. The way everything she's is shot is really beautiful. She's shocked by that empowerment. She though. is. And it's only when she starts to learn of that empowerment that her pity turns into empathy, turns right. into love, yes. turns into doubt. Yes, yes, yes. And, and well, and then suddenly she becomes the actual victim too. Yeah, like she suddenly yeah. understands. Oh, what she's very literally other, raped. Yeah. She, yeah, she understands what it's like to be on the other side of this spectrum. That she's what a playing. fucking remarkable Dude, movie. I thought this <laughs> movie was really incredible. It really, I mean, here, here's the thing. You know what we're talking about right now? We are talking about putting ourselves in the position of the victim in a situation where you and I are generally, almost exclusively, never going to be. I can tell you 100% that up until this point in my life, I have <laughs> never been in that situation. Right? And, and you're considering it And even it more now. so, I have never even been in, in fear of that situation. Right. You and know, now you're relating to it and considering yeah. it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it, this is a powerful, incredible I'm, movie. I'm primally scared of it. Yes. Which is completely against my nature. It got under my skin. It, that sounds trite. That sounds trite, but it's no, something. It's true. It's it's yeah. something. It's true. And <laughs> there hasn't been there hasn't now, been a fear of of uh, of like this magnitude in my life since like you, you we were lured in there. Well, there the people scared us and like don't get in any strange vans with promises of candy. Well, don't get in any strange vans with promises of Scarlett Johansson's pussy because you're gonna that, die. Don't you're go. Be, don't if you don't know if you're, if you're a woman. Don't go home with some dude. Because he's charming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know who else is charming? Jeffrey Dahmer. He was yeah. great. Uh, I, and then and he I, ate you. Before we move off of this movie really quick, I just want to talk about how beautiful it actually is. It's not just oh, the it's scenery great. and where it's, it's technically I mean, it's wonderful. in Scotland, I think, and it's beautiful. It's, uh, the other thing is, like, it look, we were talking about the opening scene of the uh, guy on a motorcycle going backwards in traffic. Uh, looks a lot, invokes the images of 2001 A Space Odyssey going through, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, hyperspace or whatever they call it. And that I don't remember. Interstellar. Yeah, interstellar. You, when they drive through Interstellar yeah. <laughs> in the third act of 2001. Yeah. Yes. Quick, uh, uh, they, it, it looks very much like that. So they invoke these ideas of like, you know, a bigger, larger intergalactic narrative without actually having to show us anything like that. It and it tells cool. us about his character without even yes. saying anything. It's uh, great. And the fucking sequences where she brings these men into whatever this thing is she's doing. Terrifying. Terrifying and gorgeous. And the music. I, I have oh. not seen... The, these are, I think, the pra- tones. practical <laughs> effects. And I the, think, the question is, how? How did they do that? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> and it's beautiful. And, and it looks practical. It looks like it's in the camera. This is... I really liked this movie. I really, really liked. You know, this it's movie. crazy too because you could take the sci-fi element completely out of it. Yeah, and just have. Uh, oh yeah, even that first one where she picks up the guy and then it just cuts to her driving around again. Yeah, you yeah. don't know what she did. That would make an equally compelling yes. movie if less. You well, know, and sci-fi. it's funny because, like I said, like because you know if if you exactly if if each guy when she took them back to her place. Um, there was some kind of creepy trap waiting. I mean, and and classically, y- you think, well, what's the trap? Does she have a guy there waiting to mug him? Like, yeah. like I mean, like in Bruges or something like that. Or you think of anything, a- a- anything where that plot is. You you think, well, the only way she's gonna get this guy is wh- you know if she has another guy waiting or if she's a fucking alien so yeah. there's no there's no sense that she can as a just a normal woman overpower the guy and, and get him into a situation that he doesn't want because a what he wants is is sex yeah, yeah. and b well, she, a woman can't physically possibly overpower a man so uh, so yeah. it's so it's so funny because this movie almost couldn't 
I mean, you could make this movie with, you know, without that, uh, the whole sci-fi element, but at the same time, you couldn't because you know, we would have to suspend belief. Mm-hmm. So they easily do that by saying, ah, oh, she's just an alien. That's all, yeah. whatever. And then, and then at the end, she gets raped, but you know, it's like, okay. Yeah. Um, and then you feel for her, but it's at the same time, you're saying, well, the tables are turned. So I don't know if it is, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe the whole story is, a, a, you know, uh, a, a, just a kind of a, hey guys, how do you like it kind yeah. of thing? Like, you want the sex? Well, you're not going to get the sex. You're going to get, uh, you know, not necessarily death because we don't know what that is, but something you're going to regret mm-hmm. just by just by being enticed with, you know, by something. So yeah, um, that's uh, I b- b- just before we move off of it, I feel like it a really great thing about this movie is that this movie is so good. We just spent a bunch of time talking about it and didn't bring up the fact that one of the most interesting things about this movie is most of the men you see in it are real men they picked up oh, yeah. on the street just dudes. and then yeah. got to sign paperwork later to be in these crazy sci-fi scenes. Oh, yeah. Like, the fact that this movie is so good and says so much that we're not talking about that, that it was made that way, which is a really weird, specific thing they did. Is crazy. Like, what a great movie. Yeah, but are I read Scottish article, people actually, actually humans? Uh, no, no, there's... Uh, I, re- I read this article the other day. There was a bunch of Scottish movies people, that... Uh, I don't have it anymore. There's a... It was a documentary festival that was honoring movies that were of documentary... They have documentary elements. Mm-hmm. And one of the ones that was most highest praised was Under the Skin. Yeah. Boyhood was in there, but Under the Skin was the main one that was just like... There are documentary elements. And like... So because of that, there is truth to it. You yeah. know, there, and with the truth comes the relatability. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what scares me and resonates most and pro- produces that fear that that we had talked about of, you know, I, I right. never experienced that type of social fear. Right, like, 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 it produces that in a, in a way that's visceral that when I first saw it, I was just like, ooh, what a good horror movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then here I am a year later going like, I'm understanding an aspect of a, of a woman's outlook that I've never seen before, and it's because of a movie I saw in March. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, that's impressive. It's really impressive, and I'm a close-minded fuck, <laughs> so that's fucking good shit. Yeah. You know, that's really good. Oh man, I loved this movie. I'm so I'm uh, yeah. <laughs> we, what are we at? Eight hours now. We got to get to our ones. I, I know. It's, we got to do it. Although time. at the end of the day, our this is the classic. This is the the holiday party. So I really don't care if we oh, go it's long. Fine. If we're good, yeah, yeah, we got the bandwidth. Yeah. What? Uh, wait, wait. What was everyone's number? two just to recall so my number two was under the skin okay cool 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 my number two is what i'm sure we're gonna just talk about as everyone else's number one um is nightcrawler so my number one is not on anyone's list yeah do your, and neither do your, is mine do, actually yeah my oh, two i'm sorry Birdman, i wasn't leaning in the so. microphone i don't know cool, if uh, so everyone Birdman. heard me. my number two is nightcrawler which i, I think is 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 your it's my. No, it's actually my number four. So. Oh, okay. It's and, my number one. Okay, so we haven't talked about Nightcrawler. I'm sure we're going to talk about that forever. So I'm going to talk about my number one real quick. That's I'm not on either either yeah, one I of your lists. About this. I don't really know um, much about the rover except that Robert Pattinson's in it. And even though he's got Twilight points down, he's got every po- uh, points up and uh, Cosmopolis. Yeah. And if you, even God damn it, I want to see that movie. It's all right. It's good. Really? Okay. It's good. It's not I wasn't, great. It's weird. Yeah. But I love Cronenberg. And if you love Cronenberg and you love I the like post-Cronenberg Cronenberg, mm-hmm. like the post-existence mm-hmm. kind of thing, um, you know, Eastern Promises and stuff, yeah. uh, it, it's definitely... It's fun to watch Cronenberg flex his muscles, even if he's dropped the weights a few times. I, it, uh, it's sure. it's cool. I, I heard... And Pattinson uh, is... 
the best part about it. So uh, he gets points. Quick, quick side note: I heard recently from Brad Easton Ellis on a podcast that he was Cronenberg uh, was originally supposed to do American Psycho back in the late. 80s. Yeah, I could totally see so, that, uh, yep. and I could totally see Cosmopolis being based on a book written by Ellis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but okay, uh, Rover. Um, it's the same guy who did uh, Animal Kingdom. Uh, <sighs> God damn it! Did you see Animal Kingdom? I didn't. Oh, it's, good movie. It's just it's a it's what a, was the, the the lady's name that actress that, uh, that got nominated Australian for Australian Lady Number One and she's been in so many great things. Uh, anyway, so I'm sorry. Um, well, I'm just I'm kind of just reading my notes here because I'm 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 neither of you guys saw it, so I'm gonna and it's my I number think one. You're so the I feel only guest we've ever had that brought notes. So go crazy. Uh, so yes. I, no, I just feel that I have. To, it's not even notes. It's shit I wrote on the train. Um, that's so, notes. <laughs> so. Uh, no, it isn't. Oh God, no, it is. Uh, so anyway, uh, Rover was is is great. It's uh, you know set in it's it's another one of those movies where they say like, oh, ten years after the collapse in Australia. That's it. That's that's. The, is, does it play like a western? In my yes, head, I picture it as a western. Exactly. That's, and I don't. I've it, never seen a trailer, exactly. but I just picture it as a western. And and I'm a big fan of uh, you know uh, the Sergio Leone westerns, mm-hmm. and it's just a very modern day western. And I've been recently watching Last the Man Mad Standing, Max. the Bruce Willis butt Fuck movie. You. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been recently watching uh, the Mad Maxes for the first time, oh, yeah. yes. and, and it's crazy because they play out as westerns too. Yes. Oh, dude, and, the original um, one is totally a western. Yeah, it, 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 it they He's are. He's an westerns. indescribable outlaw hero that doesn't really have a background, but we're on board. Yeah, but at the same time, it's it's so. It, uh, you know, they introduce Guy Pierce, and it's just very somber, and he's you know kind of the man with no name. Of course, uh, he's and in it. and if, he doesn't even have his first bit of dialogue for you know ten minutes into the movie, just like uh, you know Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And um, it, it's it's great because he's just you don't know this guy's story, you don't really know anybody's story, but he's not. You, you, he you could sense that he's not an outlaw mm-hmm. like the other people in the movie. And uh, they introduce you right away to the Outlaws, which is uh, I want to say Scoot McNary, but I might be confusing him. Oh, um, he's in. Uh, he, he's in Killing uh, Him Softly. Killing Him Softly. His final scene in Killing Him Softly was heartbreaking to me. Oh God, that yeah. movie's amazing. That, that was, was my a, that was my number one two years good. ago. That, it's on that Netflix was, right now. Yeah, I watched oh, it. that's yeah. a really good movie. Watch and Killing Him Softly, everybody. It's, okay. it's the best mix of like Guy Ritchie's two. Str- uh, okay, it's the best mix of of Layer Cake and. Uh, it's gonna sound weird, but like saw. Okay. It's but but it, there's no traps or anything like yeah. that. But honestly, I could the watch. I could watch real. Brad Pitt and uh, Richard, uh, the guy from Kind's, Step Brothers. Yeah. Yes, just discuss. Oh, what's his name? I could just watch no, them discuss. Richard, discu- Richard Jenkins. Uh, Richard yeah, Jenkins. Yeah. I could like watch them just discuss uh, shady business in a car yeah. for hours, and yeah. it would be the best that movie. Was so cool. that was such a great and cool. then, uh, what a great. Uh, America's not a country. It's a business. Now give me my my fucking money. And Gandolfini, that was one of his best last roles. Okay, anyway. And actually, that was when when Gandolfini first popped on on screen and killing him softly, my first thought was, he is going to die tomorrow. (laughs) Um, He looked so unhealthy. So getting back to the rover, I mean, they they introduce you. um, uh, Guy Pierce is just such a... You want to say badass because because he just he has it's a it's a world where it's like gun toting cowboys you know but it's it's such a beautiful bleak uh, just dark dreary you know set in Australia but then the scenery at the same time is gorgeous and then uh, you know Pattinson comes in and the first time I saw it. I'm like, is Pattinson trying to do an Australian accent? Because I know he was British. And I said, he sounds like a Southerner. And then, like, later on in the movie, they mentioned that he's from the South. I'm like, oh, okay. And then as we, re- like, rewatched it last night, and 
Pattinson's fucking brilliant, and I, I I think he deserves the uh, best supporting in this. Like he's I'm just about a to simple, blow your mind. What's that? The guy who wrote and directed it also wrote uh, with the director of the movie, Hesher. Did you ever see Hesher? Oh, yes. And on top of that, so he he wrote Hesher with the director of Hesher. He wrote and directed this, but you know who his his script was based on a story. The script for the rover was based on a story by. Joel Edgerton. Yes. Look huh. at that. Why wasn't he in it? Because okay. he wrote it. Uh, don't read too much. Li- don't read. It. Don't read too much into it. But anyway, these characters in it are so unredeemable. I mean, there's every character is so unredeemable. Uh, I, I don't want to like say any actions that they do because nobody's seen this movie. Everyone should see the movie. Uh, both fucking see it. Yeah, I know a little um, bit. About same it. cinematographer as Under the Skin. Nice. Daniel Landon. Okay, so that actually sold. makes me want to see it. That sold. actually makes me want to see it. A crisp shot western is yeah. is yeah unmatched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's a gorgeous movie. Like I, I mean, said, it's it's just it's because it has that shitty tone to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, But yet it's gorgeous scenery. Well, I've heard a little bit about Pattinson's, but like I know what the he's hook of his character it. is. Yeah, I, I heard he's very good. But and um, what I was saying is that is every character in it is is unredeemable. Yeah, 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 like they yeah. just do wretched, Westerns, horrible shit, yeah. and then yet at the same time these scenes. They act the fuck out of them, yeah, and, yeah, and they and you you feel for every single. Take main that back. Character. Not the same cinematographer as Under the Skin. Wrong click. Drunk. Okay. Good job. Got it. Good job. Uh, anyway, that's pretty much I mean, without spoiling anything. All I have to say about Rover, um, and uh, I mean, I guess. So what's, uh, uh, my number one was the guest actually, which was why I kept. Let's uh, talk about yeah, the I guest. Kept, I kept holding off on saying anything when you guys were talking about it earlier because it is my number one movie this year, and I I, I have not seen that. Actually. So I was saying before that like Captain America was like the most fun I had in a in a theater this year, and that was how that ended up on my list. Uh, I saw the guest three times. It's the only oh movie I saw this year that I saw uh, over and over again. Um, I, I, I meant two. I, I, yeah, I went out uh, of my way to see it that many times. You know I wish I, mean? I saw like it in the I, theater again. I, but I, 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 I did, yeah, actually, yeah. which was great. Uh, and here's a really interesting thing, too, is I've now also gotten to see it with a few different people mm. and also had a, convinced a few other people to see it, and they've gotten back to me. And it seems universally people, like when they do decide to spend time with this movie, really like this movie. Like yeah, People yeah. seem to get it, you know, it, but... I don't know what it is about this movie, but I like the last time I watched it, I was literally grinning from <laughs> ear to ear the entire time I was watching it. I think because it's for a movie that's so violent and hardcore, it's it's fun. It's really fun. That's I mean, your next was the same thing. Like there's shit in your next that. Uh, I want you to fuck me on this bed next to your dead mom. Yeah. That should be something that ruins a night. Yeah. But instead, you're just like... <laughs> yeah. That's how I felt through uh, The Guest. Uh, it, okay, so we, we saw this... And that, that first experience really uh, helped it because uh, the writer was there. That's what I was going to say. And we, the we, stories he related were very inspiring in terms of how, like... Even though this movie kind of resulted from just a bunch of compromises, the cream rose to the top, and it's just yeah, talent I, is talent, man. This who, who is it? So uh, Simon Barrett and Adam Wingard. They did your next. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. yeah, we so we saw it at a screening where Simon Barrett, the writer, was there, and the one the, there was one thing he said specifically that I think is the way I've, I've been selling this movie to people, and it's the easiest way to sell it. It's almost a spoiler, but I it's think not I know really. what it is. Is it the two movies? Yes. Yeah. He he was like Adam Wingard came to me and was like, Hey, you know what I did this weekend? I watched Halloween and then I watched The Terminator. Oh. I want to make that movie. 
And so he wrote, and and so that, and so the, I gotta say, I think that's totally like they nailed it. They the, definitely that did is that. The yeah. perfect way to describe this movie, and they did it without like if I watched that without that cue, yes, I wouldn't be like, this is the fucking Terminator, right? Or, this is no. fucking Halloween. I'm like, oh, the guest is good. No, it, but then when you see that, you're like, oh, those informed it. it oh. They really do, and it the the, the reason visually. The audio, the the yes. music is totally into that. Just the whole vibe, the it, spirit of it is even. It, it is one of those movies that is just singularly its own thing, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Even though we're saying it's like it's these two things married together, it 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 knows exactly what it is. It has a very specific tone and a very specific identity. It knows what that identity is. It knows what that tone is, and it fucking swings for the fences with those things. It it, it just. It reminds me of a lot of movies, but there are no other movies like it. Right. Yeah, I, that, that's where uh, I and stand. And it is fun. It's funny. It's so it's, funny. It, it, I can get money. That is my favorite line in a movie this year, and this won't make sense why it's so great unless you see it in context <laughs> I, would, I forget how it goes for, like... Uh, oh, yeah. I know exactly what it is, uh, but these two characters, the main character sits down at a bar with, a, like, a teenager... Uh, and orders a bunch of drinks and puts like $200 on the table, like two crisp $100 bills on the table. And the kid looks at the bills and looks up at the guy and goes, so what are you, like rich or something? And he just looks down with a smirk and goes, cash is easy to get. And yeah. then like moves on to other parts of the conversation. And you like, know it's weird? It's such a throwaway, but it tells it's, so much about the character. It's never even explained no. more than that. No. He can get cash. Oh, But at the end of the day, like... I totally believe that totally he's that guy who's it. capable of just getting some I fucking totally cash. Uh, yeah. And my uh, classic question on this, is it on Netflix? It's not. No. Uh, not Fuck. currently. Um, no. I think it's still kind of hitting like short theater circuits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think it might be available on like demand, video maybe? on demand. Yeah. So I, I think you might be able to like I Comcast it. on it. demand right now. It's, uh, man, is it good. It's really fun. It's just, it's a fucking... Here's Talking about it is making me like hurt that it's not on my list. And I stand by that it's not. Yeah. But I will say this. Out of all of the movies that are on my list, I don't think there's a single one that I'd buy. I'd buy The Guest just so I could show it to other people and watch yeah. them react it to it. Is, yeah. It is just a joy, and it's the kind of movie that it's I... It's a joy. It really and is. And it's fucking dark. It is. It's really <laughs> dark. But it's the kind of movie like Die Hard, like The Terminator, like Halloween. I know I am going to go back to this movie throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're I'm, gonna do an episode for I'm The Guest. I'm really going to enjoy it. Every time I do that, like Jaws, like, and I'm not saying it's Jaws, you know what I mean? But it's like, like those movies. Oh, that's apples, oranges. Yeah, anyway. like yeah. those movies. I'm going to go back to the guest. I'd say I'd watch this more than Jaws. I, and I'm yeah. going to love it every time I watch it. And uh, to speak to that, one of the things that is great about the guest is a fucking outstanding lead performance by a guy whose name I don't even know. I don't know his name. Daniel something. <laughs> yeah. uh, Daniel Downton Abbey is his He's name. from Downton Abbey. Yeah. This dude, it is... The character he plays and the way he plays him is just Han Solo level. This is a movie <laughs> character where it's like, I love this character. I love watching this character. I Every time he does something, it brings a smile to my face. It, it, this is a great performance. It's an awesome oh, yeah. lead character performance. It's great. I, I really, really fucking loved this movie. It was just a... a, a it, but it, it's also it's very specific to me. I The reason this movie is number one on my list is because I enjoyed this movie. But it's like I enjoyed this movie. Yeah, you know, yeah. It feels oh, very yeah. specific to me. Yeah, I feel case. like this movie was like it's the, it's a hard movie for me to recommend because as soon as I saw it, I was like, this movie is designed for people that that like the things I like. It feels fine tuned. But to if, like me, if my like my if like uh, I don't know, if my sister was like, can you recommend me a movie? I'd be like, 
I, I wouldn't even consider yeah. uh, this, you know? And that being said, that's one of the things I've found a joy about it recently is I've recommended it to some people and they've come back and been like, that movie was good. But you know what I will say this? I that bet if my, sister, if, my sister, <laughs> if my sister caught it, she would probably like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, think so. if, yeah. you, if you caught I would have a hard time recommending it, but I think it's universally likable. Yeah. It kind of reminds me in the way uh, just without the... There's no promotional material for this. It's yeah. It's a niche movie, yep. even in its release. But it reminds me of Drive in a way mm-hmm. that uh, it e- totally is designed to for my take, for yeah. my my you know my tastes. And whereas I wouldn't recommend it to everybody, there's a lot of people that you wouldn't expect to like it that would probably watch it and go, "That was fucking good," you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. That was your one or your two? That was my number one. So let's get to your number one because we... I think Wait, our, what was your... Oh, yours was, was the rover? The rover so yes, it's time uh, yours, have we is, gotten... I mean, I think I went over everything on my list. Oh, yeah, we did. We're about to hit the last movie to talk my about. My number is, one. I'm excited to talk about this. This is a movie that I never expected to be my number one. Yeah, this is my number two. Not even... This was like my number four. When I first saw the movie, I thought it was fantastic. It's Nightcrawler. It's Nightcrawler. We're talking about Nightcrawler. But when I left the theater, I never would have thought it was my number one. Yeah. But yeah, Nightcrawler. And, I uh, agree with that. When I was watching it, I was like, "What? This is good, I, but I, like, why does everybody think this is such a big deal?" Fate felt the same way I did with Birdman. And again, twenty four hours later, I'm like, "This movie." It, is The one thing I, I have to say is like, I was so tired because uh, I didn't get any sleep the night before, mm-hmm. and I saw it at like eight o'clock at night on a Sunday, and I was like, "I, I love this movie, but I'm nodding off." So I had to go pay seven dollars for a like a coke <laughs> just for the caffeine to stay up and i missed the scene but you know I, I still loved it and i still like i said i still put it at my number two which in retrospect talking about Birdman, it probably bumped a little bit to number three but yeah still still fucking fantastic I, let's talk about this I'm, yeah. I'm ready well uh first things first uh we'll knock this out of the way because you want to talk about this i want to talk about this and this from what we talked about in the past, may have hurt the movie for you. Maybe I'm being presumptuous. But the immediate comparisons were to Taxi Driver, yes. um, where I think that they are completely apt yes. and appropriate uh, yes. comparisons. But you were telling me earlier that they hurt your your they, view well, of this. Or, well, just to say, yeah. And I have explain. further thoughts now, too, is the other thing. But, yes, I, I upon initial watching, really the first 20 minutes, all I could think about was Taxi Driver. Because it was so immediately apparent to me why people were yeah, making yeah. that comparison. I just couldn't – I for some reason, I couldn't separate myself from that. Mm. And I wasn't really concentrating on the movie. I was just, like, living in this weird space of, like – yeah, okay, I, I get why everybody likes this, and it is the same thing as Taxi Driver, because it is. So is it good then? Like, what, you know, suddenly I was like, well, what am I supposed to draw from that? I wasn't I wasn't letting the movie live on its own terms. Does that make sense? Mm. Which I do think is problematic, you know? Uh, but w- I, I di- the movie started to live on its own terms then, which speaks to the movie and the quality of the movie. Absolutely. Gonna... I, I separated myself pretty quickly from that feeling. Oh, you know what? I just realized I forgot my sweet line that I wrote for this episode, it. and it's going to be cheap. I was going to say when we were talking about Enemy oh, yeah. that Jake Gyllenhaal had three of my favorite performances of this year, and hey, two uh... of them were in this movie. But I missed that opportunity, so you can take um, that for where you will. But the third one was Nightcrawler. Well, discuss. Night, Nightcrawler. Probably better than discuss both amongst yourself. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely better. Than with both. Nightcrawler, like uh, with the, I, I didn't even hear because I, I get. I think I saw it the like Sunday of opening weekend. I, sure. I didn't. I didn't hear any of the uh, comparisons to Taxi Driver, but I immediately got it. Like I immediately oh, said, yeah. it's Taxi oh, Driver." But I want to go. Well, I want to go above and beyond that because if you look at a lot of Scorsese, specifically Scorsese writing De Niro. 
he always writes a, a spe- like almost a mentally challenged or and it or me of king crazy of comedy more than a king of Driver, comedy actually. is a king of comedy. Yeah, I would is say exactly, that. Yeah. that's exactly what I was. Well, bring you know up. what though? That raging bull. I mean, he even writes raging bull. He, you know, he's a little slow. I taxi think it's driver, appropriate to king of comedy. King of comedy. I was gonna say well, because taxi driver. Driven, yeah. His reason for doing what he does is because of a skewed sense of justice. Yes. King of Comedy and Nightcrawler, the lead character's reason for doing what they do is for ego and power. Exactly. And I was going to, yeah, I was, yeah. thanks for stealing my thunder. I'm sorry, I just, see, how I dare knew, you? I, just, I never I even it, thought it, to compare I was going to say, yeah, comedy, and that's what and I was that saying. Spot Scorsese, yeah, yeah, Scorsese, the way he used to write De Niro, and I'm trying to think of another example, but the three, the three that stuck out, you know, it was Taxi Driver, but then, like I said, I was going to say King of Comedy, Comedy. and then even, uh, you know, because he always wrote Scorsese, and and like I said, I'm trying to think of other movies where he writes them, like, either mentally challenged, a little slow, or, and or crazy, because, you know, like you said, like a skewed version of, you know, what's right and wrong, or just, they have their codes. Yeah. They have their fucking black and white codes, and certain shit that is black and white to normal people is gray in their book, Yeah, and uh, that's what Nightcrawler was, and Jake Gyllenhaal nailed it i mean not since and and that's that's how you can i mean that's the big comparison to, towards taxi i'm gonna driver. compare this to Locke in terms of where that character was not jake gyllenhaal oh yeah there was oh, not God, a moment yeah. where i thought it was jake gyllenhaal but if anyone else played him it wouldn't have worked he those eyes he, he was those himself. eyes yeah. i mean oh, yeah. the, the, eyes and... the one scene um that really got me uh when he's standing over somebody i'm not going to say too much but Oh, that's Those. the scene that that made me pick this as number one. Yeah, that haunts me. That, that yeah, exactly oh, oh yeah, about. yeah. yeah. It, it was yesterday. haunting. It was it was haunting. And like, correct me if I'm wrong. I said this to Gary yesterday. Yeah. Neither of us could remember clearly. Is he looking at? I'm pretty sure he never even makes eye contact with the person in the stretcher. No, he just no, looks in the has. viewfinder. No, I think he's. I think he. I think he. I think he looks at the viewfinder and then looks down. Like does the the quick eyes. I I think he does the quick eyes. And that guy's no. What and that guy's terrified face and like that was the whole thing like. This guy's not a tough guy. He's not a big guy. He's not. Uh, what? You, you come across him. He's not a scary guy. But this guy has no qualms of fucking ending you there's, for his own there's benefit. So or, an animal. He's or if you piss, or if you slightly piss, if you rub him the wrong way, look well, the it's fuck not out. Even rub him the wrong way. We were talking about this Go yesterday. It's that just he has a yeah. goal. Yep. And if you can help him get to his goal, yep. he's with you. But if you're if everything's a transaction, it's if you know. If you, if you can be discarded and it doesn't, you know, you're discarded. He, he, when when his partner has his situation at the end mm-hmm. or even you, – it's never like he wanted anyone to die. It's just that oh, person Ruffalo was in the Jr., way. By the this way. is how it happened. And so I'm just going to – he just uses every immediate situation to his benefit. Yes. And that's cold, but I, he does it. If he sees – it's all transactions. If he sees there's a benefit to him in a situation, well, he negotiates with everybody. The whole movie; those are some of the most joyful scenes, even though they're cold. Is when he's just negotiating with people for you know for his price. He wants to come out on top of every interaction. Every mm-hmm. social interaction is actually a transaction that for he can, power that he can come out on top of. So, and which is illustrated in the very first scene in the movie, which is a very chilling scene where we don't exactly know what happens. There's another beauty of this movie, which is that it doesn't overexplain anything at all. Uh, uh, we don't know if he kills this man or beats this man up or whatever. But in the same moment that he's realizing this isn't a cop, this is a security guard. So I don't have to be as worried about him, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't have as much power as I think he does. He also sees his watch, 
So now oh, there's yeah, also yeah. like an actual something He's to be very gained, opportunistic. Some yeah. sort of benefit from this interaction. So he capitalizes on it, right? And that's what the whole movie is, him capitalizing on it. That's why I realized the more I thought about this and why it really grew on my list. This movie, I don't actually think is as much an indictment of news as it seems to be. Mm-hmm. It is, because it's in that world. We can't... We, we I can't, think it's, it's, it's more an indictment of... It's an indictment of capitalism. Yeah, well, I, I think it's an indictment of. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess capitalism is the. It's word an indictment for it. of capitalism. The it's idea an indictment of, the movie, of just stepping on people to, to get to your yeah, things. Yeah, and it's. It's. I mean, it's not that it's not about news. It's definitely not that it's not about that. It takes place in that world. It has to mm. be. But what it's mostly about is a man who has nothing. Right, starts mm. from nothing, and literally is running his own business by the end. Oh, this yeah, is yeah. the Wolf yeah, of Wall the Street. Yeah. This is. Uh, there will be blood. It is the same stories. It's as, exactly the world. It, it's it's the same stories, and and but what is really fascinating about this one is this character is somehow relatable in a weird way. I don't know how to explain this, but they. Well, made, we're all part of the rat race. They made a relatable sociopath in this movie, absolutely, and that it makes it all the more frightening and interesting and terrifying because he's charming. He not just that. It's not even that. It's 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 that basically what this movie is about. I almost feel like okay, so the, I'm cheating a little bit because I actually heard the I I, I listened to an interview with the writer and director actually first time director. He was saying that the movie is it has a uh, the main character is both the protagonist and the antagonist. Oh, absolutely. And the movie in no way is ever trying to paint Lou in the light that Lou is actually that sociopathic, although he is a although he is a sociopath. The mo- he said he was actually sh- he was actually trying very hard to make sure the m- to make sure you couldn't as an audience member go well he's a sociopath yeah, yeah and that would be the end of the story he wanted there to be more dimension to it than that and I think I, I'd say he succeeds I, I mean I'm, he's a sociopath he is a sociopath he's a complete sociopath but what yeah. he, but I think he does succeed at is this is what I th- is sort of the point that he was trying to make in this interview and I, I think I see this in the movie is that the movie doesn't necessarily condemn Lou. What the movie condemns is a system. That oh yeah, where Lou can thrive. Lou. Yeah, is a system that yeah. makes somebody like Lou. Well, it's the same system that makes Rene Russo's character the top of the news thing. I mean, the the reason why their characters end up connecting. Yes, and we, and we had talked about this when we spoke about it. Is like th- there's never an explicit sexual connection. It's suggested. Yes, it's hinted at. Yes, I would say it's pretty much there, but yes. it's never explicit. Yes, but there's some sort of connection between them. And whatever it and is, they're both gaining none something of it, from none, it. Yeah, exactly. None of it is based in in terms of getting off. Right. It's based in power for him. Yes. And receiving the documents from him that give her power over her network for yes. her. It's a complete transaction. It's a transaction. And even when he negotiates having sex with her, where he's like, "I think we should go out to dinner," and she's like, yeah. "No," and he's like, "I have these tapes." Yeah. And it's just a thing where they yeah. just eventually meet in the middle. And and every character he interacts with is is just a, yeah. a, a you know a, a transaction, and if something you know by chance of someone getting shot or a car accident happens or someone's brakes are cut, and it just skews the transaction in his direction, he feels no guilt cashing in his chips and walking away. Yeah, he's also, you know I, he's, he's going to go with a, it. I think he's also a swindler in the whole thing. But at no point, I mean, does he actually lie at any point? Well, the only time, and that's another thing that's almost likable about him. He's not; he's a very honest person. But at the same, you know, that's what makes him likable. He likeable. bends the truth because yes, he alters exactly. the crime scenes. Yes. But he doesn't. But he does cut the brakes for the competing, you know, newsman. Yeah. That's explicit. Yeah. But he so doesn't that's lie. The one yeah. time that he does something that is actually, well, you know, 
the movie no, opens with yeah, 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 him yeah, murdering him. Yeah, when he like attacks. that's the one Maybe. thing to never forget too is like yeah. it actually opens with him committing a, like even if he doesn't murder him, it's an assault. A yeah. pretty pretty heinous act yeah, is how it absolutely. opens with him. You know, well, it's a it's a, an attack and a robbery. Yeah. Uh, so it's there is you know there's there's definitely a a, a, a monster right inside of this man. Oh, yeah. There's something there, uh, and and he taught. I mean the way he taught. I I told you part of my my problem with this movie initially trying to get into this movie having a, a wall up in this movie was that this dude is the guy I used to work for. Oh, the the way he talks in these like self help book terms oh, and God. these just like. Like the Fortune 500, just like speak that you would read in like Business Insider magazine every month. Oh yeah, yeah. that is. I I worked for a guy that was this guy, mm-hmm. that was this story. You know what I mean? That was just a dude that that lives, just literally in capitalism, right? Like that is what he lives in, on, thrives on, just oh, yeah. exists for. But within. at the same time, until this movie started, was a victim of right. You know, just kind of a guy yeah. who's just scraping by. Yeah, it, yeah. It it this mo- the more I think about this movie is just fascinating to me. And I wonder too. He seems a bit of an obsessive. Yeah. I feel like there's a prequel and a sequel to this movie where some other money making scheme catches his fancy and he just kicks that ass we for for a couple this, weeks and he, then just burns out. And he yeah. says at some point in the movie, right, a bunch of times actually, like I am a hard worker and a quick learner. Yep. But he's, you're a thief. Right, right, right. But he's being honest when he says that. That's true. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He is a hard worker and a quick learner. He just doesn't have. Um, actually, I was when I was listening to Serial today. One of the things they were talking about when people, uh, you know, somebody who who interviews murderers and mm-hmm. psychopaths, he said, you know, a psychopath is a term that's thrown around like this person's without reason. They're a psychopath, but the definition is just essentially they they cannot understand another person's empathy, mm-hmm. and in that definition, uh, they they cannot feel empathy. Is what I meant to say. Um, they 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 cannot understand what another person's feeling. They can't empathize, and I think in that respect, uh, uh, Lou Bloom, Jake Gyllenhaal's mm-hmm. character, he's intuitive to the fact of people understanding others' emotions, but he does not care. Right. It's not a real thing to him because the most important thing is his own success and right. his own power. So in that definition, like it's pretty well established right off the bat that he's a psychopath. But what makes it so scary is. I know a lot of people like that, uh, uh, and there's a little Did bit. You of just him look in my you? direction. And there's a little bit of him in me. Uh, and me, uh, I like, have I that drive. You, but I mean, like the general and, you. And I think in a lot of anybody people, that which has is drive, this movie that has a had, little bit of Lou in them. I think, absolutely. You know? Does it? Does this movie end with an American flag, or was that, I'm thinking? <laughs> there, no, I'm serious. I think there was there was one movie that was. Oh, it was Transformers: Age of Extinction. That's right. Well, of. It opens. I think yeah. it was killing himself. No, the, I thought I thought in lieu of trailers, like in lieu of one of the trailers, they do the Pledge of Allegiance. And I remember this cutting to credits pretty cold because I it, yeah. it had that Michael yeah. Mann like there's like, some there's something L A there's gene. something that cut there's something that that was kind of message that that I think ended like with an American flag and I forget what the hell it was I don't know I don't remember um, I want to say shout out to Riz Ahmed Riz Ahmed was his partner yeah um, he oh was little Mark in, Ruffalo little he, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. He was in a movie that no one saw, which is one of the best movies I've ever seen, called Four Lions. I believe oh, it yeah. is available on I like Netflix. That movie. He's the lead guy. Yes, he you're was right. the lead quote unquote. Do you terrorist. know about this dude, by the way? I only know about this because I just listened to this interview with the writer. This guy is so the guy that plays like his assistant guy, mm-hmm. right? Is uh, Richard or Rick? Depending. Yeah, on who he has at. a yeah. so in real life has a thick British accent. Yeah, is uh, an MC. Uh, and apparently a very like w- like a world renowned MC, 
uh, is like a super well educated, like well spoken dude. Uh, and the, and like essentially plays this character that's like I'm so innocent and like don't really know what's. I get like, the feeling in the movie that he's supposed to play a recovering addict. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, I kind of get that. Even yeah. a like still partial I think addict I get that, that yeah. like is starting to feel. I can feel that. He, There's some implied storyline there. I, I don't think, think yeah. he's necessarily stupid so much as he's naive and just oh, really stupid. Like he's desperate. To everything. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's desperate. desperate. But I did know all that because I loved Four Lions so much. Yeah, and that was just part of the press of it. Was like I've, this guy is actually not an actor. Yeah, he's just a face, and it turns out he's he's an actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah I feel that that's the way with like most most like British people though, because like you know you look at the MMA fighters and anyone who has any British person who has a band and they're all a DJ on the side. Oh really? Oh, yeah. Arctic just, Monkeys. Franz Ferdinand. I just thought like, it was fascinating it, when I heard that because that's cold play. Does he have like a British a accent or, in in Four Lions? I don't remember. Oh, he might. Yeah, I think he, he does because he's supposed to play like, you know, middle class British yeah, man I, who I just happens right. to be. It you know Muslim, Muslim extremist yeah I think yeah. so yeah. I I it's funny because like this whole the the whole time during um, Nightcrawler and even Foxcatcher, I have this feeling um, of such tension where the whole time I'm like. I know my blood sugar's not low, but it feels it because your adrenaline kind of kicks in. Uh, and I had that feeling throughout both movies that like almost like low blood sugar, which is, you know, the only way to describe it is your adrenaline kicks in. Oh, yeah. It's like you're ready for a fight. And like, so both movie, both of the movies, like Nightcrawler, the whole time, I'm just like, like, you know, almost breathing heavy, like something, you know, something's about to happen every freaking minute. And it and the way it's just directed and shot and acted and everything is such a you know just such a testament to that where you know you're on the edge of, like that's literally on the edge of your seat the whole oh, time yeah. with Foxcatcher it was a little different because you're like almost like an awkward like oh like you knew something was coming. What's weird is Foxcatcher is is part of the charm of that movie is that it keeps you at arm's length. Yeah, that's like this is bad news. Just watch, just watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Nightcrawler kind of like involves, makes you implicit to these Grabs crimes you by the collar, and then and pulls when you when in. shit's going on, you're like, I don't even trust this movie. It's gonna kill me if it yeah, if it if yeah. it gets the upper hand. Well, the you know it. The couple other things to talk about with this movie. Are, uh, one thing that I just found fascinating was the way they shot the driving. Uh, was oh, yeah. just yeah. was amazing to me. I don't know what it was. And directorial just, debut for Dan Gilbert. Uh, yeah, first just, movie. I loved the way the driving looked in this. It was something about the way he shot it was like really. I was very reminded tonally. The, honestly, this felt like a weird mix of Drive, uh-huh. Heat, and Lock. Yeah. Um. And there, there was a lot yeah, of there's that. There's a ton but of just only, in only the car. tonally, I'd say. Yes. Not in yeah, terms yeah. of just the yeah, way yeah, it, it looks. Very, but tonally. It was very Michael Manny, and then very at the same time. But that's also time, like, uh, is that just L.A.? Is that how L.A. is? Yeah, that, well, I've never been there. And the oh, and the uh, other one I was going to compare to is like, uh, is it Goyer or yeah, Goyer? Uh, is it no, not Goyer. Uh, what movie? He did. He wrote Training Day. Air, Air. Oh, David, Air. Oh, David, David Air. Air. Yeah, yeah, not David Gordon. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's and it's like, oh, wait, like, that's L.A. too. Um, the word is, it's smoggy. Yeah. yeah. You know, it sounds weird, but that's actually it's, the most legit way to describe you know, it, I'd a- say. Another thing I really loved about this movie um, is, uh, and I think th- it captured the movie well, is the fucking poster. Is like some, oh, yeah. it's it, the poster, just that creepy, you know, un, like under, you know, from the bottom or from like the neck of Gyllenhaal, and he's got the glasses on, which I don't remember him wearing at all in the movie. Um, and it's like almost like he's wearing too much makeup in the, mm-hmm. in the poster, and it just looks like some 70s, yeah. you know, a 70s. You wonder movie if it's poster. just his view of himself, yeah. <laughs> 
but the, uh, I think the other thing that's interesting to talk about this movie is the soundtrack. Did anybody pick up on like how? Oh yeah, weird I shazammed a few songs out of it. Interesting, it was like it, it. It literally is like almost out of place or seemingly out of character with what you're watching on the screen. But and once I'm, again, though, I I would say that it was very in tune to just like a modern dubstep inspired version of the way Miami Vice sounded. <laughs> Uh, it's Michael Mann through. We and don't through. talk it about really Miami Vice. My point is more that the the actually it's it's drive. Yeah. It's drive. My point is more that it, it actually has an uplifting sound to it. Like it almost mm. sounds like the soundtrack that. Um, uh, I, I would actually. Explode, I'm going to go ahead and say drive. Explosions in the sky did for uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Friday Night Lights. It has that. Same they did soundtrack. Friday Night Lights yeah. because they also did Lone Survivor. Yeah. Well, the which their soundtrack was great, but that movie was Pe- shit. Yeah. yeah, that's because Peter Berg is the one who brought yeah. them. He. He, they uh, break broke oh yeah, through. He was Friday Night Lights. Yeah, they oh, broke through on explosion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, My point on, uh, is, it sounds Friday like that. It's very Peter uplifting, Berg. and it's uplifting in scenes where He's it shouldn't in all be. His movies. It is. Did you there's, see Drive? There, yes. There's I feel movie. like it was so close to Drive in terms of because that movie had so many. The song was "Real Hero," and he's driving around being half stabbed to death. Right. You know. Yeah. I, I, yes. I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. But throughout this movie, in almost every scene where we should be very uncomfortable, Lou is doing things that like should make us like like feel detached from Lou. Yeah. Almost every time that happens, the music is literally like encouraging him. Yeah. Like yeah. like like it's tell- like this churning like kind of telling yeah. us that this is actually a triumph for Lou. Because in the context of this being capitalism, a system that is actually designed for someone like Lou to succeed perfectly. Oh yeah. He is actually triumphing. Oh yeah. He's it, actually like conquering This in the movie way is he nothing should. if not a complete success story of yes. Lou. You know, it's just the the ethics of it are, are fucked, and, but it's and, a success and a story. Absolutely, wanted that. Yeah, oh yeah, disgusting. The, I just can I throw out there just how like happy I was to see Renee Russo. I love Renee she's Russo. Great. She's so awesome. She's classy. She's talented. She's beautiful, and she's funny as hell. And she was in Lethal Weapon three and four, and she's never in anything. <laughs> and then for her to show up in this movie and not only just. And, and essentially not just be like, hey, it's Renee Russo. Like, she was a real character. Fucking great. If I understood the interview I listened to correctly, by the way, she is the wife of writer-director. Oh. oh I right believe on. that's how and why she's in this movie. Renee Russo won me over in the Comedy Central roast of Dennis Leary. Oh, I never saw that And one. Uh, what happens is she's not able to be there, but she's friends with Dennis Leary because they were in the Thomas Crown Affair. Mm-hmm. I believe they were on Rescue Me Together. I don't, I don't know what their connection is fully. But it's her. She's in like a fur coat. She's like super sexy. You can tell she's naked under it. And it's just a live, uh, you know, feed. And she's like, oh, Dennis, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? Our friendship's based on one thing and one thing alone. And she throws open the jacket and has a very realistic prosthetic dick. She's completely naked, but has a full on dick and is just talking about all the times she has fucked Dennis Leary with her dick. That's funny. And it's, it's of course, blurred out in the TV, but if you watch it on the DVD, it's just her with her titties out and a huge dick, and it's so funny. That's really funny. And she plays it without the wink and the nod, just yeah. straight up, cold, just drama. It, it's so funny, and I was like, this this woman is... I, I will marry you, <laughs> Renee Zellweger. All you need to do the, is ask. The dick and all, or just... No, Renee, the... Did I just call it Renee Zellweger? Yes, yeah. you did. Renee was... Russo. <laughs> I would also marry Renee Zellweger, but that's just. Did you have that five o'clock shadow when we started this podcast? Probably. Because I feel my beard was as thick as yours. Well, we're probably didn't have up on four or five hours. uh, We have surpassed four hours at this point. Holy God! We gotta close this baby out. It's turning into a Joe Rogan podcast. That was it. That was ten for everybody. That was ten. 
Right uh, on. This was a fucking good year for movies. That's uh, that, it was. Yeah. Hey guys, happy new year. It's a very, very different, Christmas. yeah, different year for movies. It yeah, was. I think, I think Christmas was last week. There were a lot started of signs, three weeks before yeah, right. the Christmas, and now it's. There, there are a lot of signs here that progressive trends that are both culturally important and socially important are starting to infect cinema, and the reason that's happening is because of you, the audiences, supporting the proper movies and denying the other ones. Yes. We are in a position as an audience to exercise power to declare what we do want and what we don't want because any form of ent- entertainment is on demand and free. Yep. D- regardless of your moral objections, that is the truth of it. So by demanding what we want and supporting what we do want and denying what we don't want, we are curtailing movies to be more towards our taste and to be more progressive and to be more forward-thinking. And it's happening, and it's not at the sacrifice of entertainment. So thank you, and keep, keep doing it. Awesome. Pay, pay for a movie movie. If yeah, you're gonna pay go for a see movie, a movie movie. Pay Absolutely. for a movie movie if you're going to go see one. When a director makes a movie, they plan it on the big screen. That is becoming less and less true because a lot of movies go straight to DVD. And it's not to knock them, but go see it. Go support it. Mm-hmm. If you don't like a way a movie is... A, I talked about this in my Exodus review. If you don't like what a movie is saying, don't don't pay to see it. If you, But at the same time, if you do like what a movie is saying, go send that message and go see it. And you, and you won't regret it. You'll have a good yep. time. Uh, 2014's a sign of that. It was awesome, and there's even so much that I haven't seen that could change all of that. I know. Great problem to have. Awesome. This is a good year. Uh, come see uh, Movie Movie Live on uh, on the 18th next week, uh, Thursday, uh, 8 p.m. Philomoca, five dollars. Uh, we are doing all uh, essentially Christmas movies. We tried to broaden it up to holiday movies. It turns out we've only ever made Christmas movies. Way to go, Hollywood. There aren't a lot of Hanukkah movies. Hebrew Hammer. I think they they listed uh, eight crazy nights. Eight crazy nights was in there. I'm fairly certain Schindler's List was on these Schindler's lists as well because that's, which is a sh- that's ha- to tell yeah. you how poor these lists. That's are That's like calling Passion of the go. Christ a, uh, Christmas a Christmas movie. movie. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's it's an Easter movie. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, uh, is it, but yes, come come see the the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have, we have some really fun, uh, interesting games planned for this month. Uh, it's going to be a good time. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at I like to movie move. Nope. Uh, on Twitter at I like to movie with the number two on Facebook.com slash I like to movie with the number two. Uh, and look us up on iTunes, please rate the show. Uh, subscribe to us. I like to movie movie. Um, at Dan Scully on Twitter. You can find everything else from there. Check out super crappy fun dot com. And uh, you got anything you want to push? I just want to say thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, dude. Thanks. Thank you for coming. Uh, my first pod- uh, well, good. yeah, my first podcast, I guess. Technically. Uh, we're at a point now where it doesn't matter if it gets any longer. Can I throw one more thing out there? Yeah. What's the worst movie you saw this year? I Dude, I was trying to figure this out. Uh, it it might have been Spider-Man 2. That's, that is a possibility. Uh, uh, what else was bad this year? I think I'm giving mine to Dumb and Dumber too. Ah, uh, that is in there uh, for sure. And what's weird is because the more and more I think about it, I go, why? Why did I expect anything yeah, different? Yeah, I know. But I, I, I feel like my trust in that creative team is not unearned, and they betrayed it. So yeah. I'm giving it to that. Spider Man Two is definitely Spider-Man up there. Spider Man Two is there. What? There was a. Oh uh, yeah, Dumb like, and Dumber takes it cake. There was one or two other things that I. I was actually I was doing obsessive uh, uh, flick charting over the oh, last right like on. two days to just see if where my list was because I would say even Amazing Spider-Man Two had like a few merits that were at least worth having looked at once. Yeah. There was a lot of good Spider-Man action, like when he's swinging around the city. Yeah. But I won't call it a good movie. Whereas oh. Dumb and Dumber, every moment of that offended me. Yeah. So even if just by the slightest margin, Dumb and Dumber was worse than Amazing Spider-Man. I heard a guy in my office say, 
no, I heard that Dumb and Dumber sequel was kind of mean-spirited. I was like, that's a problem. Yeah. If, <laughs> if the dude in my office is, is hearing that from other people, that's that, a huge problem. That movie's got problems. Uh, oh, yeah, you saw it. We saw it together. That yeah. was, that had, uh, that was one of those movies that it was like a symphony in terms of any time there was a problem, we would look at each other and be like, that was a problem. That was a problem. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that it was just broad enough to offend everybody at the same pace yeah. was pretty offensive <laughs> you know like that's that's some heavy shit we I, I think our commentary on that movie was it had a really great fart joke in the middle of it yeah. like a really funny one but when your funniest joke is a, fart, a fucking joke, fart joke yeah that's a problem well but then again to to counter that remember watching spider-man when that stupid plane sequence and oh i remember i looked God. at you looked at me and i was like this is retarded yeah. you were like this is retarded <laughs> and then it was like oh good there's only three more hours left to this movie Let's just sit here and hope that the high doesn't die down. Oh, my God. That was... Oh, I'm sorry. So this was the other movie that I considered for my worst movie this year. Uh, did you know that Cheap Thrills got made twice this year? There's another movie this year called 13 Sins that was easily one of the worst movies I saw this year. I remember and you telling me about that. essentially Cheap Thrills. And I did not see that. Oh, my God. Is that movie bad? It's on Netflix. Uh, it is a 2014 movie. And it is really I've seen bad. the poster of it. Like, and I don't know what about it made you decide to watch it. I, because I, I just dismissed it immediately. I saw the trailer at some point this year. And it just, I was like, oh, that's a concept. You know, I was like, "That's a I, that's a movie. I'll see that movie." Yeah. And I and I like uh, Mark Weber. I think is no, that's that director I like, that well, made yeah. that uh, that Spider Man movie. No, what's his name? Something Weber. I think he's a uh, uh, Stephen Weber. He was in uh, Scott Pilgrim. I like him. Uh, it, oh, it's a bad movie, but it's like laughably bad. You know, so maybe I give it a, a little more credit. Oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was super bad this year too. I uh, yeah, I'm gonna go bad. ahead and say there because I just looked at the, my the whole list of shit I watched this year, and uh, I'm gonna have to go ahead and and say it's a tie between. Uh, Sabotage and uh, Expendables Three. Oh, I didn't see Sabotage of for was good bad. Yeah. And here's the worst part about Sabotage is that the the new school of Arnold, ever since he stopped being a governor and started making movies again, I'd say it was one of his better performances. Yeah. And that movie was fucking garbage. You know, it's funny <laughs> like that 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 redheaded girl in it. Uh, oh, she looked like a crack de- crack addict. And I was attracted to her for some reason. Yeah, I would do her. Yeah, <laughs> she was oh. like I didn't I didn't like her in the show she was in. Uh, that she did stupid shitty AMC show, The Killing. Um, and then I, I, you know, she was all right in World War Z, but it was like, why is Brad Pitt with that? She was. Oh, and then this, yeah. I was like, that crack. And that's horse funny because she didn't look trashy in World War yeah. Z. Now that I'm thinking about it, she looks. She comes off better. Maybe as a sabotage was good. Yeah. No, I, sabotage was not good. Yeah, sabotage was bad. I did not dig that at all. I, I watched Escape Plan the other day. That's my favorite post Schwarzenegger Schwarzenegger really? movie. It's not a great movie, but watch it. Should we tie this thing up? Yeah, I think we should it? tie this thing up. Movie, movie, live, December 18th. Peace. <laughs> All right. Uh, my name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie, movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie, movie. My name's Scott Pagnotti, and I guess I like to movie, movie Yes, you well. do. And we, we all know, know that, that you, you like, like to movie, movie, movie because, because we like to movie. movie. That was as long as Apocalypse Now Redux. <laughs>